Hey there, fresh get fresh crew. Do you want to me be on episode two hundred? If you do, tell Eric and Eric and Jim. Whoop whoop. <laughs> Welcome to the event of the week. That's right. We're talking about the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I am Jim Warner. And this is episode number 189. 189. That is crazy, Eric. We're getting close. We're getting close to that 200. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my what goodness, What are we doing with Eric? that 200? I don't know. I hear uh, that Wrong Turn wants to be on that episode. People have already heard that. Uh, what are the chances of that? What are the chances that likely. Wrong Turn joins us live well hello he's got to figure out how to get on the internet yeah, and do something true. well welcome to the weird science dc comics podcast the official and official podcast weird science dc comics.com for the week of august 19th 2018 we are proud members of the comics podcast network the batman podcast network and the tangent bound podcast network eric proud Proud indeed. We're on Facebook at Weird Science DC Comics. I'm Podbean at Weird Science DC Comics.podbean.com. We're on Twitter at Weird Science DC. And we have an award winning website at Weird Science DC Comics.com. Eric, we also have a Patreon account over at Patreon.com slash Weird Science, where we have a lot of shows, including this week's Patreon Spotlight which was Batman number 53, continuing the King's Corner spotlights, oh, yeah. and Pearl number one, the uh, debut the of the Jinx World books over here at DC. Yeah, Pearl number one indeed. Uh, Eric, part of the thing that we like to be uh, talking about, uh, I'm trying to go through this. We're, <laughs> we're recording these different, so I have to go through four different windows to get the things and try to extend things as I go. But Eric, this is the badass roll call oh. for the badasses of the Patreon account. Here we go, Eric. I- I'm telling you, I'm all over the place with this. It's even worse than when I say I, I need six monitors now, but we're going to start with Speedy's Collectibles by Ron Saunders, Nick Adams, Mark Yeager, Kenny Vengeance, T-Funk, Josh Vermillion. We have Aldrin Stoja, D-Man, Havlin, Batman Beyond Mark, G-Man, uh, Adjacent culture, Eric. We have Scott Manship, B. Murray, old uh, Brandy Murray. We have Bobby, Reggie, Jolly Drew. Jolly Drew's back as a badass. Thank you, Jolly. We have my man, Pete from NYC, but after talking to him on the spotlight, he might be our man, Pete from NYC. We have Bill Beer, Polly P., Zach Davis, T. Fred, he reads comics. We have Eric G, Cellar Dweller, Danny yeah. the Street, Luis, uh, Luis Ramos. We have Ulysses Jones in the Ulysses Jones Show. We have Akeem, Double A Ron, Monty, Simon, Swanee, Anthony G, Dave J, Ian, Missy T, our man Rob <laughs> Lewis, Lone Wolf Marv, Jazz, and Ruben, Eric. We have <laughs> Ruben as always. We always have Ruben. That, they are the badasses of the Patreon account. I'm surprised at Ruben. And, and we salute you, badasses, and also just tell everybody to go over and check out our Patreon. And we also thank everybody else in all the levels. Uh, but yeah, no. go and check out some things. We have some other podcasts, not just that spotlight that comes out every Thursday. We also have a new show I do every week. We have a sales and solicits show that I just did the sales one this morning. Me and you How do a twice monthly. Eh, they're, they're fine. Yeah, Batman right. 50 sold out the wazoo. 
but we'll see. I talked on it there. We'll, we'll have see. to see what this issue number 52 and 53 sold because 50 was like 440,000, something crazy. It's the second best selling issue of the year. And then it dropped back down to like 110 for the next. But that was also ordered before yeah. the 50 hit the shelf. So we'll have to see how that goes. Uh, but yeah, I talk all about that stuff. Start yelling uh, about certain creators and getting angry. But we also have a pop culture podcast uh, that we do twice a month. Stuff like that that we really enjoy doing amongst other things. Just go check it out. You don't get charged until September. So you still have a couple weeks there. And just if you don't like it, you bail. That's what I say, Eric. I do that with you. If I don't like the way you're acting, I bail. Uh, you That's seem awesome. to, if you don't, if you don't like work so much, you bail. Yeah. But we're going to go now to the wrong turn game uh, because this is one that seemed to have stumped a lot of people, Eric. Uh, there was nobody who got there, this. There's and no I didn't reason expect that anybody should have gotten this. No, th- this is so off the wall. And you'll see by the end of the podcast when we set up for the next one for next week to guess, we're, we're going to give you a softball one because this was so hard. But uh, if you remember, Eric, <laughs> are you ready? This oh, is yeah. what he said. Joseph Snake killing people and there was a fucking helicopter took it away and he fucking bit the helicopter and the guy blew up in it. It's fucking awesome. He blew it up in it, Eric. Uh, Eric, tell uh, the people at home what movie that is. Why, that movie that Wrong Turn was talking about was none other than Piranaconda. Piranaconda. So was, it was a snake that did it, but it happened to be not just an anaconda, but a piranaconda. A piranaconda. Nobody was ever going to get no, that. No, nobody ever heard uh, of that. I had to look it up to was, make sure it was a real movie. It was the movie that he watched, so that's just how it goes. Though, maybe some people would know this. This is a joke that Wrong Turn uh, gave us. Here you go. This is a joke. Get out of your car. If you see a monkey on the tree jacking off, walk away. That's the joke. Does this rhyme? It it does not rhyme, Eric. (laughs) It does not rhyme. I just love when he says, and and the monkey's jacking off. That makes me laugh every time. Oh, yeah. I don't know. At one point, remember when we did that a while back, he ended up saying that the joke seemed to be that you had to go back to work. But then when we recorded it, that kind of disappeared a bit. So I don't know what's going on. It's like him going around different comedy shops, stuff like that, trying to fine tune his his set. Yeah, he fine-tuned that one all right. But we're going to go off now to the books. But before we do that, uh, Eric, I know that you love morning zoos. This is something that we did a while back, and we're going to do it again this week because a lot of people listen to this podcast on Monday morning when they get to work. They're depressed. They kind of need to pick me up. Oh, yeah, you listen to it all right. (laughs) They they have to get a pick-me-up to get ready for the work week. So we're going to go off to the Monday morning pick-me-up song, Eric, the psych-up song, right now, and then we'll be back with the books. Where DC Dahmer books? The Wolfman. I hurt myself today. Freddy Cougar. To see if I still feel Jason I focus on the pain Jeepers Creepers The only thing that's real See you on the seventh. The needle tears a hole Fatty The old familiar sting Try to kill it all away but I remember 
everything. Sliders. What have I become? You hear me, Tim? My sweetest friend. Have fun. Everyone I know. Segregation, Reggie. Goes away in the air. Who is laughing? I hate them. And you could have it all. You were right there at Santa Prisca. Sitting on a pile of bones You had diplomatic immunity You were naked on your throne You had the psycho pirates Medusa mask of and came and took it away And then you told us that you'd go to Gotham You'd go to Gotham and you're so vain I bet you think the story's about you You're so vain I bet you think the story's about you Don't no. you? Here we are for uh, the reviews. Oh, my goodness. Here we go. Not a lot of reviews tonight. Uh, it's Thank not going to be that long a podcast. Poop. Poop, poop, indeed, Eric. But this is the start of the meat and cheese. It's time for meat and cheese. Oh, it's time for no, meat no, and no, cheese, no, no. is it? Uh, and that means that you can also go to our award-winning site, WeirdScienceDCComics.com, and read the reviews for all of these books, as well as a lot of other reviews for things such as Archie Meets Batman 66, Eric. I, I did reviews that. for both uh, the number one and two issue of that this week. It's okay. I like uh, it. Uh, it's okay, folks. Well, it's okay. I like it. It's actually fun. And it's one of those things that if you're a little down on some of these books, it's a nice little distraction, a nice a little, little palate cleanser that you can read. Yeah, you, you have a little Reggie action. You got your art. Reggie? You got, you, got, you, you got your Batman 66s and things you like that. You got your mooses. 
Yes, you do. But we do not have a lot of books tonight, like I said, uh, which is odd because that's usually like a annuals week, which, which is, is coming, coming up, up in yeah. a couple of weeks. We're, we're going right. to have two. Best yeah, month have, ever. Yeah, really. We have all these. It's like a day off here, Eric. But we're going to start with two of your books. I should have had the Eric Ding song, but I used the, you know, traditional review song there. Because we're a traditional type well, of podcast. Well, that is. We are very traditional. Eric, what do we start? Starting with Justice League number six, written by Scott Snyder, with art by Jorge Jimenez, Alejandro Sanchez, and Tom Napolitano. Everything is coming up Millhouse for the Legion of Doom, and every step of the way, our heroes are just getting their asses handed to them. Thankfully, by the end of the issue, they get on the trolley about how to turn the tables, and while I don't quite get it, there was at least some fun moments throughout this issue to keep me satisfied. Oh my goodness! Are you saying you don't get it, Eric? Is that what you're telling me? I don't get it. I actually like some big. I liked it a little more than you. I actually did. Uh, I think that because I'm not writing the written review, I'm kind of just sitting back and I can go with the flow. Uh, And I think I'm being a little more patient than you and not looking at this as, you know, set arcs and things, because this is going to continue. It's obviously not the end of an arc, though. I think it's kind of a start of part two, kind of, if you know what I mean, like a a part B type deal. Uh, I had some fun with this. Yeah, you're not getting a lot of answers, but I think the setup that we get in this issue is setting up to give us the answers. Things are getting put into place so that we do need, though I don't think the still force, I don't think we're ever going to find out what that is. And if if we are going to find out, maybe it will still be in the uh, the flash book, Joshua Williamson might tell force, us. Jim. But, well, we got to wait long We're for that. We're still trying to figure I, out I, the strength force. Yeah, well, There's the strength so force forces. will be first. The sage force we'll just have to wait for it's later for that. It's such a weird idea that we have that going on in Flash right now. And over here we have that we're really focused on the still force. But for some reason... The Strength Force and Sage Force aren't one of these hidden cosmic things. You know, it's it's such a weird thing, but this is all because the speed barrier has gone down on the Speed Force. Also, the Source Wall is broken. All these things converge, but it's such a weird idea because in the Flashbook, they act like all these different forces still, Sage Strength, they're all part of the same thing. While the Still Force over here, it's its own lonesome thing. It's one of the seven hidden forces of the universe. Yeah. Yeah, and with that, we're not getting many answers. And so far into this at issue six, also, Flash kind of already. I, I just think that they think we know what it is. Yes, and I wish entropy. they would know that I kind of get shit. the I, yeah, and we kind of get the idea of what it is, but we don't. We really don't know what it means or what it does. I've We're got a better grasp on Umbrax and the ultraviolet spectrum, and. I don't have the yeah. tightest grasp on that to begin with. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't really have a tight grasp on that either. Uh, what I do have a grasp on is I like to see Lex and Batman fighting inside a Superman. Oh, this body. is the best part of the book in and my mind. Is the you, best part. you give me an over-the-top fight scene inside the mind, inside the dome of Superman. You put a smile on little Eric Shea's face. Yes, yeah. Uh, well, you start off with a little Joker monologuing thing, saying that you know he's a guy who likes the punchlines of the jokes and the setups and things like that, and he's waiting to take his bow. That's fine and dandy, but with that, you also have Cyborg continuing to protect them from Umbrax, which is supposed to be helping Jon Stewart fight it off, but then we find out here that it's not really... Cyborg doing that, it's John John fighting it himself Uh, and that kind of leads into the ending as well but you have the big part that we said it is Batman fighting Lex inside of Superman's body and it's a cool thing and I'll stop a minute because 
this is where I was talking about, and I talked to you a little before we started, is the idea where I say, oh, I need a reality. I need this. Well, this is the reality. This is a comic book scene. I mean, for two sure people, is. we've already set it up. They're inside of Superman's body as little <laughs> miniature guys going around connecting to his brain and things like that. So as you go forward with this, I can go with this reality that they're fighting each other. I, I Though I do that, think like, they need masks. But I would, that, like that's you beside. To, I would like them to have masks at least yeah. as well. But the thing is, like, you know, you don't know what's inside. In my mind, it should be all kinds of liquid because the human body is yeah. gross as far as I'm concerned. And, and so. it seems like they're in his spine at one yeah. point. At least his so. brain, his eye socket. I don't know how the body works, but even set up the scene even more. We have Joker and Lex Luthor fighting inside the body of Superman, who's inside of a a domed dimension of something that exists as the heart of yeah. the source wall at the end of the year. Oh my, if you have to take this back as far as you can, it is so over the top ridiculous. It is over the top. And that's what I like. This it, is a thing. Over the top. Yes, and this is where people are, oh man, Jim, how can you say that? And yeah, oh, Jim. all roads lead back to a Batman, Tom King's Batman, where, yeah, I think that this makes more sense in comic book sense than Bruce Wayne being on a jury, though even this week they say that he bribed his way. But still, this is where when I complain about a reality this reality is set up as the comic book reality over the top fun type deal when you start adding real life things like a trial or a gun being shot off near a police officer things like that that's where i get a little upset at things so i can go with this though again i said i wish they had masks on uh but they're fighting and it's lex and batman talking shit to each other about you know and not even like it's so funny that they're so beyond even the fact that they're in Superman's body. They're just fighting. But I really do like the line where Lex says, you're a city detective. This is way beyond the shit. Now, it's funny because Batman has seen some crazy shit. I mean, you can't just say he is a city detective. But to Lex... That's what he is. And I like that. I like that shit-talking, shade-throwing. Apparently, Lex doesn't know that he's the wagon. Yeah, he doesn't know. (laughs) Giddy up. Hop on board, baby. But yeah, they're they're fighting. And it all leads to where we were wondering how Batman was even going to get out of that whole deal where he got swallowed. And he shows that he has kryptonite and shows Lex. And it's funny. Lex is just like... Man, you're a real you're what piece of shit, of aren't you? Are you? <laughs> like, you're you a real piece of shit. inside a Superman's body. Yeah, and so I'm having fun with this. Now, in the meantime, Batman's trying to get the doorknob. How from am me. I the bad guy? Yeah, really. Alex drops the doorknob and all this. And, and again, now we're going to start with a checklist of what we don't know, what we have. Not, and we don't really know yet what this doorknob really does, but no. Batman seems to. Batman seems to at least know that this is crucial and to try to get it. In the meantime, he tries to get a hold of Kendra, who does wake up. And we see what happened when she got hit by the chainsaw. It did have, you know, some uh, – she was put to sleep by it. There was toxins. Yeah, he was saying he was a toxins, special mix of toxins, but it didn't appear that Joker cut her with it. It just seems like he cut her. when you look at her, her. yeah. Yeah, so uh, maybe it had uh, – yeah, it, that, that's a little off. Uh, but yeah, he – when Lex calls Joker and says, listen, you, you got to help me out here, basically by having Martian Manhunter Rend walk up hand. to Superman and, and put the tentacles through his eyes. Uh, oh, God, it's so yeah, gross. It's oh, I do. You know, you have Joker in the mind of Mar- – now, here we go. We're going to break it down again. Joker yeah. in the mind of Martian Manhunter making him shapeshift into small little tendrils that can go behind the eye – the eye of yeah. Superman to get behind his eye into his brain to attack Batman. I'm like, 
Yeah, that's, that's more that over the top fun. Yeah. I, I would have actually rather it have been through the nose, kind of oh. like the Egyptian deal when they would, you know, suck out the brain and stuff. Uh, but yeah, they're doing that. Can so you, then Batman. All of a sudden, Superman, after all this, is now retarded from oh, everything that's happened to, to him. He has to be retarded. He ends up, though, that then Batman like counters the sons, that. everyone. Sure do, yeah. big guy. So then Batman tries to counter that by getting a hold of Kendra and says, you got to get a hold of John. You got to wake him up. You got to snap him out of this. And it's just, it's crazy comic booky fun. This is what I want. This little section here is what I've been waiting for in a lot of the comics where we're getting such misery and, and such just downers that you have an all out battle in the brain of Superman. That's pretty fun. And yeah, I think he's going to end up retarded after that. And, but uh, I'm saying, but it, it is it fun. It's in a weird way, though. Because it, so I'm saying, right, like we're talking about the forces that we have so far. We have, like we said, we have the still force and we have the ultraviolet spectrum, two of the seven forces out there. And now we have the knob. We do get a little caveat of information out of this, but caveat of information. I don't even think that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. We have a bit of a sliver, a sliver of information out of this that the knob itself is a part of the totality that fell yeah. to Earth you know, when it was phasing its way through time to make it here. Because as we saw before, it went through every piece of time as it went through space to get to Earth. It dropped off a piece which became the doorknob. And yep. so this is we're trying to like, you know, reattach so you got this. some answers. Exactly. Eric, you're in. You I don't know fun. what the doorknob does because at the one well, point when Lex gets back to it, he's able to teleport Batman away. Not only Batman, but Superman. Superman and Martian, Martian Manhunt. Manhunt. And that's okay. where I'm confused. That's why. Because he does grab it. They're both trying to get it. Batman and Lex. Lex ends up grabbing it. Boom. He teleports Superman or Batman away. And it's funny because you don't really notice right away until he does show up at the Hall of Justice. But if, when you go back that page, yeah, Batman's getting cracked into pieces oh, when you see that, and arms crack, are all crack, broken? Crack. at first when when lex got him with the doorknob i actually thought the crack was the crackle of the of energy, energy yeah. until the next thing where batman's legs are see, facing i didn't even see directions. those cracks at first oh, I yeah. just oh it's one crazy one. like he's a slump of a man in oh, the whole yeah. of justice oh my I'm god like, he's there he right I, I'm looking. I'm looking at him. He is Joe Theismann, Eric. He is, and Lawrence Taylor is running and yelling for help from the sideline right now. He is messed up bad. But again, I don't know what this means because of the fact that it looked like Lex and the Joker using Superman and Martian Manhunter as they were walking towards what I thought was the multiverse. I thought that they needed that, and they end up teleporting both Superman and Martian Manhunter as well. As Batman, and if you look, the, the telltale is they're, they're not being controlled anymore because no. of the fact that Martian Manhunter especially doesn't have that Joker-esque look. And so where why, we thought this whole is, time that Martian Manhunter was the key because of the connection he had to those monoliths. Yes. You know, and him they the even mention that at points, yeah, yeah, with that. And he even mentions it later, but it's and just an odd thing. Might be the yeah. key everything and that yeah. she was left behind with the joker yeah, and she's there the behind and why with there without any protection or anything like that i can't tell you like you know and i would think that basically yeah. all this just to get rid of these characters and, and maybe that so was integral. one of those things that uh, maybe there is something at play that they were there to distract the totality so that it let down because at one point but we didn't get that there's not enough setup of what's going on we're gonna have to wait to see what happens with them i'm guessing that kendra's nth metal is what the key is why she was left behind but really right now well, not you're only that, maybe guessing. even the whole idea of space and time like you know we saw in hawkman's book where he's reincarnating through space and yeah. time yeah maybe and that the totality is. moving through space and time on its way to earth 
But, Maybe there's yeah. another connection to that with them. Maybe, uh, but we're going to have to wait. Uh, Batman's screwed up, though. If, if Superman's a retard, Batman's an invalid. He, he is never going to walk again. He is. Uh, there are, at the Dude, one point, I don't this know. This is like the end of very bad Holy thing. moly. It, it, yeah, I don't know Batman what that means. going to have to lose her mind taking care of them. <laughs> but yeah, they're they're trying to figure out what's going on. And this is where basically it's like, everybody... Let's get back to the ju- the Hall of Justice, but the Hall of Justice is kind of getting destroyed as well because Sinestro is trying to break in and, and just all rip his it apart. Ultraviolet core members he has yeah, all right yeah, from the and actual they're, they're attacking you know, all so, the previous one that Umbrax has had and all the new people of Earth showing up for the party. Yeah, and basically you have this where it is, hey everybody, uh, we're we're losing, we're we're losing, we're, we're still losing fighting. Bad. This, this is where. Uh, yeah, really. I'm telling you, and this Superman's is where drooling. then yeah, you get the idea that you get this switcheroo, and it is kind of like one of those cliches of just a statement. Hey, if you can't fight them, join them, and it's like, hey, maybe we're not supposed Ooh. to fight them, and this is what we keep getting with. This like, is no actually a problem that actually remind me so much of last issue of Batman that bothered me. It's almost like Bruce Wayne going around. Well, what maybe if you not. Didn't type of thing. Yeah. Exactly. Like, you know, we're fighting. Well. What if we didn't fight it? You know yeah, what? Yeah, we're that's what something. they just come I'm up like, with. And like we're on to something. Again, they're desperate, so I can go with that. But while this is going on, too, you do have Sinestro kind of throwing it at John. Like, listen, you destroyed a planet. I can tell your, your, your grief, your shame, whatever. Come on. You're with me. He's still violet, fighting it. Of all. Yeah, and then this is where you get the idea that the big group plan is that Martian Manhunter will connect to the world. Tell them that, you know, we're not the greatest things. We kind of weren't the be all end all while John Stewart gets into the Speed Force car, drives it around the world to try to fuel the, you know, emotions and maybe set up their own little core. You know, he's going to show them how to use the emotions yeah. to like, you know, to strengthen it's themselves. Just weird. So the whole idea, while, like, you know, while, while we yeah. have the whole thing where he's driving around the world in the Speed Force car, it almost seems like. He's like Santa Claus, and he has to make stops to physically talk to the each and every person who's been affected. But yeah. we never see that. It's just him racing around the world like Superman at the end of the first movie. Yeah, and while they're doing that, though, then then uh, Flash has to not try to fight the still you gotta force. you got to slow down, baby. But slow down, and you see the people leading. And to me, this is showing, and by the end, what happens, It just it's a weird thing, but it's showing me that they're trying to – Get Earth to like not rely on them as much. Again, it kind of goes hand in hand, unfortunately, with Batman, with the listen, Batman's not God. Let's make our own decision. That's what it seems to me. And because Umbrax is fighting, you have the speed force going around with the emotional spectrum, all this nonsense. It seems that Earth deciding and maybe the people deciding that they are going to take things into their own hands, not rely on the Justice League, but join with them to do things on their own ignites the white lantern well, it just seems I, to I, me it, that if they like you know the way that john's telling them and what martian manhunter is telling them kind of thing it's like you have to let your pain go because yeah. if you hold on the pain this is what's actually killing you in the long yeah, run yeah. but you have to let the pain go because even john ever since i told you about zanchi about how i felt i was able to you know hold this you know yeah, this, that's uh, why he can hold back. it in he yeah. is it's almost basically what it seems is it's a planetary therapy session to allow everybody like. to release their grief and and go and say, basically, like I tell my wife, my wife has a mental illness. I tell her all the time. It's very hard. Maybe I should get her in this book because 
there's a lot of things that hold you back. And a lot of the things are your grief and your shame and all the things of things in the past that you cannot stop or do anything about. Now, that's what it seems like as if they can learn to do this, the planet as a whole can go forward and fight off Umbrex, which is and we can learn how to live, Jim. And the grief. And they can. They were dying, Eric, to be a planet, but they never lived. But no, I think that this is be a planet. Yes, they birthed itself, Eric. It was just dying to be. They were dying to be a universal uh, humanity uh, of things. How about that? Was that a good one? No, I I just think this is almost like a planetary therapy session again. Is that more along the lines of hope and legacy and things? Yes, it is. Because it is the hope and legacy. But the thing is, like, we go into this. And while John's racing around in his, you know, speed force car, he's re- for some reason he thinks him doing this will make everything it glow green. green. Like will yeah, he thinks it's going to be green? That like he's going to give them the willpower to we, fight. We have such weird ideas though, because we're using so many different kind of color I schemes. Know. Like you know, I know. As, as the knob itself is filling up with like a, a purple like power of barometer to show how much you know Lex is accessing this whole thing. Out of nowhere, when our heroes start doing this. Then it starts glowing blue in certain places. Like, what's that? Yeah. And then yeah. John expects it to glow green. But what it does instead is it glows white. And we have a white yeah. lantern symbol on the earth. And I'm like, I, you, you completely lost yeah. me. We, we I don't, think it, lo- we, I don't, I don't think it got lost to me. I actually think that that is just the cliffhanger. And then, like most cliffhangers, we right. go to the next issue and try to see what's going on. I mean, if we go to the next issue and it's not explained, then there's an issue. The cliffhanger, though, is always the, you know, if we go – to try to explain every cliffhanger, understand then every five issues, there's uh, Batman being killed. And then at the next day, Oh my God, he's alive. We know. So I can go with this. And like I said, I'm going with that. It is a planetary therapy session that when you have this and they're going and they're trying to get rid of the shame and the grief and whatever to show people. But in the meantime, you have Martian Manhunter also showing them, listen, we're not going to be able to protect you with everything. We're wrong. We we didn't we we lost. We did not win. So please don't just rely on us. So I think it's the combination that gets it. And when it says, you know, that's life, I do think that all of them going and somehow tying again, I can't tie it into the emotional spectrum. I wish that this was just something where it got a little too much. I'll admit that. But I wish it was something like they just said, hey, guys, the way to fight Umbrex, which they say is to let it happen. But I wish it was more spelled out of, listen, to fight Umbrex, we have to let people let go of their fears and things like John did. It gets a little wonky to that end. And yes, at the end, all of a sudden, when you see the White Lantern symbol – and maybe it would have been better served to just show that Umbrex had to retreat or it didn't yeah. have the power anymore because of it. You have this life. It is supposed to be a big cliffhanger, you know, a wow moment. So I'm not going to go too and much that into wow that. Wow moment has lost me because for well, everything up to it, I don't know. My, I, I never would have seen that cliffhanger coming. I really no. would have because it's and just like a white said, though, someone, All right. You have to remember, and I know that you especially want a lot of answers here. A cliffhanger isn't where you get answers. A cliffhanger is supposed to set up a mystery. It's supposed to set up something to go forward with and find out. Again, we go to the next issue and we don't find out because that's where you're going to stand on your soapbox, you son of a bitch, and say, we haven't learned anything. So why do you think that that will? We've moved right past the point where Black Manta and Sheena have, you know, we had the two forces that we've already discovered. Now we have uncovered artifacts, which may or may may not be also horses. 
which is the key to the graveyard of the gods and the tear of extinction. Oh, not is the it the tear, Eric? It's not the tear, is it? You, said, you told me this because we laughed at you about that before yes. with the tear versus tear. I'm reading it. I'm, I'm reading it as tear. I'm like, oh, Eric, you, you screw me up, you <laughs> jerk. Uh, oh, we no. have these things here, the artifacts. I'm like, these seem to th- be the things that Cheetah and Manta are going to use like Grodd yeah. and Sinestro use, but now they're artifacts and not forces. Yeah, we'll have to see if this is the artifacts that lead to the forces. Maybe right, their things maybe, are yeah. a little bit different, but I do like that they are going to. You're seeing a little crack in the armor of the Legion of Doom here, where you have Manta. He he's not going with the Wu Tang Clan. Ain't nothing to fuck with, Eric. He says, you know, why aren't we first? He wants yeah. old dirty bastard to have the first album, Eric. He ain't going to wait for Ghostface Killer to, Didn't to, use to this do joke anything. Last issue? Yeah, I'm saying that's what I'm saying. I'm continuing with it. That's why you see the cracks. He doesn't want to go with that. He does not want to go with the plan, or at least he's upset about it. So you can kind of see, and that's one of the things. You have these villains. They really don't care about each other. That's why the Justice League will always win. The villains agree, again, are some of the best parts of this issue, like it's been for a long time. Even the whole narration, we started like, you know, talking about the Joker and who the Joker is and yeah. will we ever find out what would be better if you knew, if you didn't know, to the end part where the Joker, he's he's actually, you know, done his part of the plan. He has not screwed yeah, yeah. up anything. Yep. He has no, done he's his actually gone for to once. the letter. Yeah, he has. And he's just <laughs> at the Legion of Doom headquarters, just smiling, thinking to himself, you know what? We have finally done everything. We have destroyed the world completely. Do I take a bow? What do I do here? It's just a thing is like, you know, where the heroes then begin to win out of nowhere because the Justice League have been kicking their, I mean, the the Legion of Doom been kicking their ass nonstop since the series began. And then out of nowhere, they start coming back Rocky style. And then like, it's like the, the narration goes, it's like he's been hitting the gut because somebody has come on after him and told a better joke and this is driving him nuts. I'm like, this whole progression at the end of the joke, I'm like, I really, I think this is my favorite part. The whole Joker, like you know, narration it's really discusses good. about like it. It works yeah. so well for this. With what's yeah, and when on. it ends, when it ends, we didn't even say. Yeah, I have Luther. Then kind of, it's kind of funny. It's almost like a video game thing where he's hopping between rocks yeah. uh, to get to that sphere, and then all of a sudden, it, the the knob turns blue as Kendra then goes to attack him with her, you know, badass, you know, wings that are lit there. And she's about to hit her, hit him with the mace. And then, then you see, like you said, Joker, all this and leading to the planet going white. Uh, but yeah, I, I liked it more than you. I, I did. And I think the art's great. I oh, mean, the, the art is stupendous. And I, uh, I'm just excited to have a book that I can read. And it's, it is over the top. And I kind of like it because of that. But yeah, we do need answers. Well, and even now, I, I'm like with Scott you Slater with the said answers. the answers are going to start coming at issue eight and nine. Yeah, so we have one I'm more like, issue and, and then answers. And it is a lot. I'll, I'll tell you, it is a lot to have people have to wait till eight and nine issues uh, in a series. But as we go, this one really, and and really, because it's so over the top, you also don't realize, or you realize, but it's not really in the forefront that this is really a setup issue. We don't move that much forward, though a lot does happen. But we're still there wanting answers, like you said. Uh, What was your score because of that, Eric? Well, I'm saying because of all that and the fact that I I really just had a hard time trying to follow what was going on in the book because we haven't been given any answers yet. So I don't know why one thing leads to another and if it makes sense or not. But in the end, though, I had a good time with the over the top fights and I liked the the, uh, dialogue of the characters. I had a good time with that. It's just the concepts thrown at us and even just the thing that really put my score down, just the heroes just saying, all right, we've been fighting. That's not working. 
let's not fight. And this like, for some reason, John Stewart in a speed force car, just going around while not ever really stopping. And just, it, it didn't feel Man. right for whatever reason, just felt a little bit too over the top, even for all the situations that we're dealing with. That's the thing that put it over the top, but I gave it a six out of 10. And that's with me loving the art as well. Yeah, I'm going seven, five and I'm going with the idea. Again, I wish it was a little more explained, but the idea where John figures out that he's fighting off Umbrax without even knowing, it's because he's already, instead of trying to fight Umbrax, he's actually just accepted what he had done in the past and is not as guilty. And it kind of was like having talked about it and having it come to the surface, it allowed him to not have guilt about it as much anymore. I like that progression of why it was let's not fight it. Though it got a little wonky. It did get a little wonky with that. But I, the art's so good that I am going to go that high. And I just had some fun with it. And I'm not having a lot of fun with a lot of other books. So uh, I hope that the answers come. I'm, again, it's going to have to explain some of these things to continue being, you know. I and again, answers, baby. I, I so gave it a 7.5. And I, I think I have to defend myself for being so positive. It's still a 7.5. You see people with 10 out of 10s. Again, they, these people... It, it's Halloween. They're giving out fucking scores like full candy. size candy. I don't understand. It's full size cars <laughs> going in that neighborhood. But yeah, seven five. I'm still on board with this. I'm still having fun. I, I do like that analogy. Just to stop here. Oh, yeah. Just the stop of, you know, the fight with Batman and Lex was at the dialogue was really good. And that I just I had some fun. So I'm going to be a little more positive. Uh, maybe not so in the next book, which is what, Eric? Green Lanterns, number 53, written by Dan Jurgens with art by Marco Santucci, Hi-Fi, and Dave Sharp. The battle between the Green Lantern Corps and the Ravagers is on, even though there's still storms going on in Mogo that no one seems to care about anymore. With that, yeah. we don't know anything more about Eon. The rings aren't acting as wonky here, besides for Simons, which is telling him to save Superman, who's trapped in the Fortress of Solitude. Poop. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a weird deal where they even mention those storms out of nowhere here yeah. again. But, just we're not dealing with them. them. Everybody is like bailed on the storm idea, even though it took an entire like issue to make one dome that failed. Yeah, and then it just it, Dan Jurgens tries to make it that. Uh, you know, Simon's like, hey, what about those storms? And his ring's like, well, Simon, go to Earth and we'll figure that out. These are all connected. Okay. Okay. And, really? goes, and really, the, the thing that I find the most uh, hey, odd. Will you call me Jaybird too? Hey there. Hey, can you call me S-Bird? <laughs> no, that, that's my biggest problem with this issue. And the whole deal is all of a sudden Simon's ring is talking to him in a way that we've never seen in this entire series. It is being very standoffish. It's being very demanding to Simon where Simon's like, hey, you know, ring, let's say, you know, I, I think I better go back. No, you shouldn't. You oh, go okay. with your ass hit. And, and he, has, he, <laughs> he has no reaction to it. When it, Boy, it is acting, you. it's Rick, acting you are really so talking weird. strange tonight. Uh, Simon, go find me the biggest switch. You're going to get your tent. You're going to get your hand. hand. Oh, no. It's the Joe Jackson. It's the Adrian Peterson ring. Oh, no. Uh, but, yeah, it just is so weird that he just continues. And to the point where he's just about to not Circle follow back. it yeah. until it says one more shade throwing thing. Like, huh, you aren't so good, are you? Oh, my goodness. It just you seems get very off, weird. Ring. I'm going to and, Earth. Just because yeah. I want to, not because you yeah. told me yeah, to. Yeah, I don't care what you say, Ring. Yeah, according to plan. What'd you say, Ring? It'd be funny if the Ring starts somehow <laughs> virtually rubbing its hands together. <laughs> little construct hands come oh, up yeah. start rubbing. The little Mr. Burns comes up rubbing its hands. He's <laughs> like, what you doing, Ring? 
but yeah, while this is going on, you continue Jessica and Hal uh, mentioning Penelope's 18 times. Oh, no, but, but what about Penelope's? That like gets them fired up again. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Let's and, do this for Rudy. I mean, Penelope's. Yeah, yeah. There's so many things going on because you have so many lanterns in this book. There's so many things going on, but yet nothing going on. Well, you the end the up- big action of the book, besides for Guy Gardner taking on Eon, seems to be Kyle Rayner and Kilwag said, you know what, guy? I mean, well, you know what, Kyle? We should take out the communication ship. Yeah. You're right, Kilwag. I think it's over there. You're right, Kilwag. You're right. And and is it not just the same thing that they just did in the Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps to get rid yeah. of the it, – it, it's the same thing. It's get rid to of the communication. We didn't have a giant Hank Henshaw – I mean, not Hank Henshaw, freaking Hector Hammondhead there. No, but at least it's the same thing as get rid of the communication. It's the same plan. It's the same plan they just did. Eon becomes Darth Vader now. Eon's there, who ends up being whoever the commander, you know, hey, uh, the emperor or whatever, he wants this and ends up telling this guy he's in charge, that guy isn't. It ends up being very much, Eon is so much less than what I thought he was, that he's hanging out with the Ravagers, just telling them, okay, we got to destroy this ship. You're in charge now. That's how they want it. It just is nothing to me. And he ends up fighting Guy just to have Guy do something. It really doesn't do anything. He, he ends up getting bigger. Guy makes a big construct. They fight it out. You and have then, Guy and call then him Eon a hippie. grows to fight that construct because he's yeah. an energy being and he can yeah. do that. Yeah, it's just at, while Kilowog decides that uh, there's a big fleet. I love to, though. Kilowog is, all right, I got to find out which the, which one the communications that they're all coordinating with. So he has his ring. Hey, which one is it? The ring's like, oh, it's a drone ship. He's like, oh, that's good. You know, almost like he's saying, that's good. I can kind of take it out without killing anybody. And then all the ships crash into each other and all die. I'm like, Kilowog, Kilowog wipes his hands of that. He's like, hey, wasn't me. Wasn't it wasn't me. me. God did yeah. that. Yeah, it's it's almost as if you go and change like uh, a, a stop sign to make them yeah. all green, so everybody crashes. I'm like, stop they signs were fated to crash. Stop signs. <laughs> that was fate, Jim. Wasn't yeah, me. It was. It was. It was all that because yeah, they have that, and while that's going on, then it's the like when we were like, kids and we held a lighter to a park, you know, like you know, plastic park playground, and it was yeah. raining outside. If it if the if the rain didn't put that fire out, that was on that the means, rain. Yeah, yeah, that's on the rain. Uh, but uh, yeah, you have this going on. You have. Eon, no, it didn't. And some people in your crew got in big trouble. Eon then just basically says, we're, we're getting out of here. I got orders. We're going to go. And again, Eon throughout this whole thing seemed like the this. The judge didn't like it was like, the rain's defense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, the rain's fault defense. With, they didn't go with that. The rain was not put on trial, Eric. Uh, that's this, the is fact. Not, there was no, this is not Quakertown versus the rain. There was no Bruce Wayne there to, to sway the jury either. <laughs> but what if it wasn't us? <laughs> what if it wasn't those kids? And it was the rain. Those kids aren't the rain, are they? Uh, but Eon, to me, seemed more Blame of a bigger, the mystical rain. energy. I tried doing it's some Millie Vanilli. The judge yeah, was not called Ray. That didn't Couldn't work. Well. The rain, Jim. To me, Eon me- meant more to me. And then all of a sudden now he's just this right-hand man of some entity that uh, possibly appears to be by the end Cyborg Superman. And, and how this ties into, I don't know, because the rings are telling Simon or his ring is telling them to go to Earth. They end up going to, you know, the, the uh, North Pole. And while this is going on, I thought to myself, wait a second they better not be going to the fortress and it does have it does have <laughs> and the then editors, editors this takes place before the man of steel miniseries yeah it throws it in 
in there. And so he ends up like the ring. I was the same thing. Like, why, why are we going where where are the we going? used to be? Oh, yeah, I'm like, where are we going here? And what ends up happening? Back. Yeah, what ends up happening is the ring saying like, oh, Superman's in trouble. He's trapped inside. He even makes up a phony little communique uh, that makes or maybe is, not. I, I think it's real. That's the whole thing. It's like, I don't think it help burps, burps, you know, trapped and, and like, did I hear that right? Like, you know, oh, we've authenticated. It's, it's Superman's voice. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, authenticated sense. the ring that's lying this whole time. Authenticated. I don't think that's real. I, I actually think that that is a false deal. And in fact, because it's so blurry, it may even be Cyborg Superman just right there because you can't really see. And well, yeah, well, I'm saying it's a communique. I don't think it's really from Superman, though. I think it no, might no, have I'm been saying, Cyborg I think Superman. it's legitimately from Cyborg Superman. Even oh, yeah. if the ring went to commute, like, you know, you know, oh, this ring out, knows what it would they're show doing. Superman. Yeah, I'm just saying the ring knows the ring is being controlled to go do yeah. this. I don't think that it thinks it's on the up and up uh, because then there's Simon busting down the door of the Fortress of Solitude, which seems a little beyond what should happen, but he does do it. And then there is the king of cliffhangers, Dan Jurgens. There is Cyborg Superman who wants to be free. And, uh, and this is something uh, I've been complaining about for a long time since Bendis took over Superman because one of the last things we saw in Action Comics was Superman releasing Cyborg Superman from the Phantom Zone because he doesn't believe it to be a good prison. So he's yeah, going to yeah. let him live out his, you know, sentence in, you know, the Fortress of Solitude so he can communicate with Superman. So he has a, he also had a yeah. tele, like a telepathic crystal whatever they call to it. Yeah, allow yeah. him to like, you know, go and, uh, to uh, like, you know, have his best memories ever and whatnot. Yep. And, and since, he seems you know, to have that there. The cri- yeah. There is a crystal and there. And somehow so we'll I think he used that to contact the Green Lantern yeah. ring yeah, somehow or whatever what it is, but. It's it's really cool just because I'm telling you I I don't like this issue. Dan Jurgens, King of the Cliffhangers just, yeah. himself, really got me excited though because yeah, it's the problem I've had since Bendis took over Superman because nobody's addressing Cyborg Superman except yeah, for good so old that's King cool. of the Cliffhanger. I, I'm, I'm in. I'm in there. I'm in with it, but it doesn't. A vote for it, Dan Jurgens is a vote yeah, for good. It, it, it doesn't though erase the fact that really not much happens. No, no, this in story this. is bullshit. It's yeah, terrible. It, this whole thing on <laughs> nothing's you know, going on. Penelope, Eric. Penelope. Uh, but yeah, this whole deal where they're on Penelo and just fighting Ravagers, who are and in the meantime, you did have uh, Hal and Jessica trying to save the people of Penelo. They're going to put him in arcs, take him to suitable worlds. And it's just again, you have this big story, but it ends up being Ravagers you know, getting minerals. Mining, yeah, it's almost like the beginning of you know <laughs> the, the prequels. It's not a where trade I, dispute. Come on, I do not need it's a trade dispute. It's about I, no, mining minerals, it, Jim. At least it's something that leads to action. But it's the same thing to me. I don't need the whole core in full out attack mode because there's minerals being mined from Penelos. I That's don't the weirdest need thing that too, because we have the Ravagers and they keep talking about man these guys are no chumps like they used to be. I'm like, did Eon do this? Is, or yeah. is he working for Cyborg Superman? And, but and even that's if the that's thing, the case, yeah. Cyborg Superman has only been locked up in the fortress for a little while. Yeah, so how yeah. does all this take and place? And they have a I lot. They have a big fleet. Now, the thing yeah. that I get from it is it seems that Eon maybe was supposed to be something a little more big. And it's all of a sudden he's just become smaller in my mind of being no the, almost like the, grow, he's always going to yeah. be small, but yeah, it doesn't matter if he's <laughs> 80 million feet tall. It's just the idea that he at this moment is what appears to be the Darth Vader in the second in command of the Ravagers fleet like that. I thought he was more, I thought this was going to be something that tied into possibly the mythos of the green lanterns and something like that. And now he's just become 
Darth Vader. It's just Eon. Really. It's just yeah, Eon. It's just, it's just Eon. So yeah, I can't I can't go any further with that. Uh, but what did you give it? I gave this issue a 5.8 out of 10, mostly because I like the art, even though the majority of it's just more fighting that really leads to nothing. But I got so excited about, you know, the whole cliffhanger, Cyborg, yeah. Superman and stuff like that. And this being the connection, maybe the, the wraparound, the story that makes this whole thing worthwhile that I actually went up. That's me being excited with a 5.8 yeah. out of 10 because yeah. of that cliffhanger, because the majority of the story, I'm like, it's just more fighting and it's not really exciting at all. And like, you know, where I thought that Dan Jurgens had the voices down is like, you can't really have the voices down when all they're doing is fighting and crying about penalops. Yeah, yeah, that's all they're doing. As, and there's just not a lot for them to do when the major part of the story was Simon just flying towards Earth. That, what that you was the about, whole Rin? basic thing. I said, and go again, to Earth. Like I said, at one point, he even says, back, at that one, he even says, you know, hey, what about those storms? I wish the ring's like, nobody cares about them anymore, Simon. The readers have gone past that. What about Why that dead guardian? You? Takes a lot yeah. to kill a guardian, but we don't. We're moving on. Yeah, we're moving on. But I'm going to give it a six. Six out of ten. Uh, the art was really, really good. And the cliffhanger was pretty like cool. was the pig face of Kilowog. Yeah, he, you know, Kilowog. He's there. He's going to take out the uh, the communications uh, right. drone. Yeah. There, no, there you go. But uh, that is it for the first section of books, Eric. In and out. Quick and easy. Lemon peasy. Mm-hmm. We're going to go like off night with now. Jessica. Oh, it is. Oh, yes, it is. Uh, what is there the begging from her first and the crying from you after? Is it was there any of that for this section? I yeah, had I didn't a blindfold on all the way through this. Oh, really? Oh, my goodness. Uh, my guy I work with, Big Bob, who was like a 600-pound man, he met a woman online, and he told me that she was so ugly that after he had action, he had relations with her, oh. they were laying there. And now, again, this is a 600-pound man, but he did have high standards, but he had to cover up the clock radio because just the little LCD light was making him almost vomit. He ended up covering it up. Uh, Big Bob. Uh, we oh, love you, Bob. He's we miss now. you, buddy, up there in heaven. Uh, but he's we're going to go. Uh, he's I know a terrible, he terrible person. I know he's not. He was terrible. But we're going to go off now to uh, some mail. Yo, it's mail call. It's mail with Jim. Yes, mail with Jim. And if you want to be part of the mail sections on our podcast, just email us at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. Eric, Eric, you like this? Blame it on the rain. Who See, I want to like play that? now. Oh, I want to play. I was trying to get something out. Trying I was to get just a point to my kitty now. I'm, I'm done with this. I was an informer then, not a performer. Now I'm a performer. <laughs> I'm in love with you, girl. Girl. That girl. was my favorite. Not. Nah. I'm in love with you, girl. Oh, my mind. I don't know. <laughs> Blame it on the rain that was on her hair. 
There I was, just, I was like, you know, in between the breakdown, I went out to go get a drink and talk to Jessica. But I was like, blame it on the rain, kitty. Don't lip sync your songs <laughs> or they'll take your Grammy away. Oh, my goodness. Blame it on the rain for that playground burning. I'm talking about, about Millie that? Vanilli, kitty. <laughs> it's Millie. It's the <laughs> Millie Vanilli no. defense. That's the new defense. <laughs> the Millie Vanilli. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. The Millie Vanilli defense. We're going to start off this mail section with Tony, who says, Hello, Weird Science, Jim and Eric, and the Get Fresh crew. Beep, boop, boop, beep, boop. Poop, 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 poop. Eric, longtime listener, first-time writer, and newish member of the Get Fresh crew. First things first, Jim, what the fuck is wrong with you? A lot. A lot. You went to a fast food joint and chose Burger King. Oh, no. Them's fighting words for Eric. I love Burger King. Hands down, McDonald's is 10 times better. Now, I will tell you also. I'll tell you also. The thing is. This is going to be a town-to-town type of thing because I actually prefer Wendy's over both McDonald's and Burger King. Our Wendy sucks. It is terrible. terrible. I won't go back there again, yet that's what I would prefer. Better burgers and better fries. Better fries by far. That is definitely the case. Still can't get over that splash page with Arsenal helping Red Hood. The art is truly underrated. It is. It is great art. It's underrated to the point where Dexter Soy isn't doing more work because of how great that that art is in that book. Yeah, it is. Uh, I've never been a fan of Roy with Dick. The buddy relationship between Roy and Jason was has always felt natural. With Artemis and Bizarro gone, HQ destroyed in Gotham and Batman want to rip him a new one. I really hope this comic doesn't end. I have a bad feeling uh, soon this Scooby Apocalypse and Sideways are going to end. Scooby I Apocalypse. Poor Scooby Apocalypse. Oh, no. <laughs> ah, as much as I love the comic, I can't Why see Scooby lasting long. Get taken? But here's the thing, and Tony, I'll tell you. Uh, me and Eric, you can tell, not, not big fans, but. What are you talking I about? I read that I, first issue and maybe something other yeah, than that. No, the first issue. I give them the full backup, credit, though. though. That, that book lasted way longer than I thought it was, kind of like my marriage. And same with Sideways. Even That's with so the annual. Well, with the no, what sideways or my marriage? Both both yes. are heading for cancellation. Even with that annual with the new fifty two Superman, probably won't draw enough. It, it's not just new fifty two Superman. It's it's Grant Morrison is the pull. And again, it's not really the new fifty two Superman, as Dan DeDio has explained. It's more of a dark multiverse deal. And I thought that it was funny because I said, Derek, are they saying that the dark multiverse version of Superman is actually somewhat similar to the new yeah. fifty two one? That's yes, making it are. kind of funny. He'll even make uh he'll make him be a duo and a pair him up with static vibe, blue beetle or signal. Static down. Signal. We're still waiting for static and that whole deal. That imprint seems to just be heading. And then he says being uh been seeing that static might get his own comic this October. Uh that has been delayed. As far as I know, that whole deal has been delayed. Saw two different articles. One said it will debut October, next one said it will not debut October. If it does uh come October, it will be bi-monthly. See, this is what happened. The artist that was gonna be doing it announced that. Hey, uh, you know, it's coming out in October. Uh, it's bi-monthly. I didn't know this, all this stuff. And then DC came out and said, no, Milestone is not uh, starting then. So shut your mouth and it's not happening. So we'll see when it does. And not happy Milestone about that. Milestone comes out. Yeah. Uh, Doomsday Clock is slowly being a comic I'm forgetting about because of that reason. That is true. Yeah, bi-monthly and being uh, once every two months. 
That's not a schedule to me. <laughs> it really no. isn't. That that's an Eric Work schedule. I uh-huh. don't go by that. Eric. I get all upset. You know what? I'll blame the it on do. the rain. Yeah, they do. They just yell at me. Do you <clears> remember? <throat> and tell me how much you love me. It, it got very uncomfortable when I was talking to the boss, and she just set, kept saying, "You know, he loves you." I'm like, "Oh yeah, yeah." And, she, and I'm, I'm like, kind of. And she's waiting to talk to jimmy the other jimmy the melding man he's yeah. on the fork truck he's down the other side of the warehouse so she's waiting for him to double back while standing just next to me while i'm working and just keeps repeating that you love me and i'm loading up some stuff and she's like yeah he, he really does you love so you i'm much. like i don't know what this is what's going on here i, I really don't know what you're getting at and then she, like, i'm doing some stuff and then she's like you know no she you. says you know he really does love you. And I stopped and I'm like, I don't know what you're doing here. But it's making me uncomfortable. Do you remember the show Lunatics Unleashed, Eric? I, I do. I have, it on, I have it on DVD. Hell would love to see if DC brought them to the Hanna-Barbera universe. Uh, my son, Zach, loved the, the Lunatics Unleashed. Even just do a 6 to 12 miniseries to see if people would be interested. Stop doing these Hanna-Barbera DC crossovers and get that Lunatics Unleashed up and running. I would say that you'd probably start Just with a one shot. Just stop doing Hanna-Barbera crossovers. Just stop. In general, yeah, they're starting to run to the bottom of the barrel, even though T-Funk says that's not the case. He gets mad anytime I say that he loves the Hanna-Barbera. Anything Hanna-Barbera is his. Uh, well, that is everything for them. He says, that's for now until I read on Wednesday, Thursday. Boy, does it feel good to only have five issues this week. Last week, I had 14 DC issues. Uh, Yeah, not a lot. Me and Eric are going to be in and out. Well, Gator93, just like the art of Red Hood and the Outlaws, I am out of here, he says. And thank you, Tony. And thanks for joining up on the Patreon. That's awesome. And next is is Paulie P. Paulie P says, hello again, Jim, Eric, Reggie, wrong turn, and all of the GFC, Eric Stray. And he wants who? Poop, poop. I hope Again, he wants that. It's a few it's weeks. the only one you have loaded up tonight. It is. Well, that's he says poop, poop. Luckily, <laughs> damn lucky, I have that one. Again, it's a, this. This is a very constricted uh, soundboard that I have on this new way to record. I'll figure out something. You mean Again, not it's saying I got weeks. you? No, I'll just end up saying that I'll do my human soundboard coming up. So there, now you, you've just done like it. Just like Buffalo from the there Fat we go. Boys. Again, it's been a few weeks since I've been uh, 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 a chance to write into the show. What, you As just run up a flight of stairs? What are you doing over there? <laughs> As per the uh, stick them. There you go. As per the usual, I wait several weeks and write a long-ass email. This one will be the same. A quick life update. The neurosurgeon doesn't recommend surgery at this point, which is great. I've ch- They've changed around some of my medications and the nerve issue in my face is finally mostly under control, which is oh, that's great. Awesome. That's probably Eric has a nerve issue in his face. It gets on my fucking nerves. That's his thing. But that's boom, your boom, nerve boom, issue. But the thing I've gotten back into my fitness as well. And it's a long process. He is a marathon runner, Eric. 18 months ago, I was running marathons and now I can barely run 5K. Yeah, me and too. Eric can't write 0K. But I'm more I'm interested like in. Yeah, I'm, I'm more interested in using it as a way to bolster my mental health and burn off some anxiety. I've been playing some music with a few other guys, a folksy bluesy group with a, cool. a guitar, banjo, drums, double bass, and a keyboard multi instrumentalist, keyboard saxophone, guitar, and me on oh, trombone and guitar. The hell? Who's on the harmonica? What kind of music is this? What the nonsense? Uh, It's fun. We're hoping to play a few gigs per month once we get we gel a bit better. More news and footage when it happens. I'd like that. I work with a lot of millennials and I'm the token old guy. The guys I work with convinced me to get Tinder for the first time. And I've been swiping away. 
Swipe or no swipe. I am so afraid of that. I don't even know why. I don't have a phone, yeah, so no, I couldn't you, play you if should I wanted be. to. You have a girlfriend that you've lived with for 10 years. What are you oh, talking about? You're afraid of it. Oh. You better watch out what you say. Is she there now? <laughs> we're going to have another episode 50 here. on our hands. Holy Christ. Is she there? She's always here. Oh, my goodness gracious. She, oh, my God. What are you thinking? Their secret plan, I'll let everyone in on Tinder. Swipe right on everyone and then only talk to the ones you match with you like once you know they like you. That feels a little sleazy. So I've been being honest and only swiping on ladies I actually like. I've had a few matches in back. I'll share a brief excerpt of my Tinder bio. Now, you tell me, is this a winning bio? Here's this first. If they can take penicillin out of moldy bread, then surely I can find a match on Tinder. Is one of his quotes on there. Yeah. Once you say penicillin, people start thinking about. I'm telling you, I'm immediately out as soon as I see penicillin. Yeah. Yeah, that's nuts. Looking for a girl I can mug an old lady for the last schnitzer's marble rye for. I, I don't know what's a going on. French well, horn for. You're, you're, you need penicillin, and you might do something terrible He's to this lady. Stealing things, uh, you know, kind of. I play the trombone, but that's not the only seven <laughs> positions I know. So he's got it's like yeah, trombonists do it in seven positions. That, that's say, a shirt. Are, that, are these that's the, a like, shirt nobody's bought, Eric. Are, are these the come ons that you have in Australia? These are. Well, this is why he's but on Tinder. Rye bread, huh? <laughs> Trombone. That's that's Australian for sex. Trombone. I can't. Here's the next. I can't promise you the world, but I can promise you I will buy you tacos and touch your butt. <laughs> that gets Eric. That's all You're in with me. that one. Right there. <laughs> I am so like turned on right now. <laughs> Plus, a picture of me dressed as Captain America and one with a pencil up my nose. Ladies, please line up now. Should be uh, that's pussy the right now. It's, hey, ladies, do you want to see my trombone? It is the least effective line you've ever heard. But back to the meat and cheese. My word. DC Comics are annoyingly mediocre lately. Yeah, yeah. Stepping to our shoes. Batman and mine stink. So don't. Yeah, they're gross. Batman, don't every time I come home, I come home. I have a long day of work. I come home and I take off my shoes and I look over. Every time Logan's got his shirt up over his nose, like it's the worst thing ever. It's like, pretty you bad. Son Jim. of a bitch! I'm like you, son of a bitch! I'm wearing socks now. You well, sock. you're wearing sock. Sock. I'm wearing sock now. My left, the my left foot. Man. I have a sock on my left foot. There you go, Batman. I'm the Michael Jackson of socks. Batman is boring. Dead. I like number fifty-one, but like most of TK's Batman arcs, they start interesting but fall apart by the end. Uh, like Eric's love making, Bruce Wayne sitting Ooh. around a jury table rehashing Batman's origin. Boring. You're boring, Eric. You're boring. Wonder Woman is one of the worst books I've literally ever read. <laughs> it's yeah. so bad. Terrible and plots. You go online. Like, I'm telling you, I always check out like fa- the, the Facebook preview and stuff like that. People, thank God Orlando's on here to fix this trade wreck that this series has been on my. Like, yeah, I, I, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what goes on when I go online and, and see this That's one woman I ever read. What? They, they say that there's a book for everyone, and I guess I've finally seen that it's true. Where's mine? Even, even blind morons, Eric. <laughs> Even blind morons. <laughs> I'm not supposed to insult people, am no, I? I've been told we're good guys. Terrible plot, so-so art, and the most god-awful dialogue I have ever read. Superman is yet to be determined, but I'm not super excited about Bendis so far. I'm not either. I'm not super excited either. Flash and the goofy new forces and a giant excited. strong trickster? Nonsense. Uh, the only thing I like in there is the giant strong trickster. Yeah. Just for the fun of it, though, I don't think that we're going to end up finding out anything. For the hell of it, indeed. Hal and the Green Lantern Corps, such a letdown. The Dark Stars were a huge threat until they conveniently weren't. 
Justice League after a fun start is dragging and there's way too much information with no explanation at any time. Now it will go super Snyder-esque with entirely self-referential plots and goofy action sequences. That's the thing. I think I'm a sucker for those. I like the goofy action sequences. I am the blind moron that goes for that, Eric. We proved it right again. And sure. At, At least Aquaman... And the Cornrath saga has ended. I wanted you to think he liked Aquaman. Sink Atlantis is like okay. He wants to. You're not going to get something like me yelling at anybody about what they like. I'm not that kind Neither of person. Did. I wouldn't do that either. No. At least there's no Cornrath to be found yet. I like, you know, yeah, Merck. You let him go. Yeah, he was a monstrosity. My highlights <laughs> he the past was a few blot monstrosity that couldn't move. Yeah, yeah. My highlight for the last few months, Sandman. The universe, Sandman universe was a blast to read. Takes me back to such a fun time in my life when I was reading Sandman and not swiping right, Eric. It was in the mid-90s when I smoked clove cigarettes. Oh, you were one of those guys, <laughs> were you? And drank straight vermouth and dated yeah. a girl who looked like death from the yeah. high cost of living. Or possibly just death. I thought Sandman was that. That's my type of look. I am actually, the goth look is, is definitely like one of the buttons that pre- I press there. Uh, but you would never know that. I'm a pretty much a normal, pretty bland guy. But that's why I like to live out my fun through the looks of ladies, Eric. I thought Sandman was the very pinnacle of intelligent literature and would often tell people, usually unsolicited. We're, we're getting a very good view of Polly P. Yeah. Smoking those clove cigarettes there. Talking down on everyone. How he would have been that talking about Batman the same way if he was that age right now. How awesome it was. And if they didn't like it, it was because they weren't smart enough to get it. This is despite me generally not is being smart enough to get it. Yes, I was also playing trombone in a beatnik hippie jazz band and a oh, bass the 90s guitar. Are so cool. And a bass guitar in a Smiths cover band. That's awesome. That 90s. Really cool. I was in just a full out cover band, Eric, rocking that house. Those were the days. Which I'm house? hoping the same man universe stays every house, stays strong because it's so fun. <laughs> anyway, I'll end it here after a little unashamed self promotion. Check out my Mixler Jazz Show Monday nights, which is actually like 6 a.m. for us. Uh, that's And that's uh, Australian Eastern time, I think, 8 to 11. I didn't know they had such a thing. That's early morning Northern Hemisphere time. So fun. I actually get up to leak to go to work and I get up fairly early and he's almost done a show. I see the announcement and I have actually, if you didn't know that, Paul, I have listened to your show on the way to work a couple of times. So that's cool. Catch you all on the Slack chat. But it sounds awesome. Yeah. And and just a little shout out. Reggie has kind of taken over the the Mixler deal. And if you go, it's Mixler. what is it? Mixler.com slash weird science DC. I think I'll put it in the show notes that there's a lot of shows going on there. And if you kind of subscribe to it, uh, you'll be informed when the shows start music shows, stuff like that. I actually went on last week and put our first show ever on the Mixler and bored the shit out of everybody. Uh, that was on Sunday. It was a nine thirty Australian Eastern time. I think I did that on, but yeah, bored right, the right. shit out of everyone, including myself. But you have that now. The next email. Uh, sometimes, Eric, uh, I will tell you that I get a Thank little you, upset. Uh, I get a little down. I may tell you that we are giving it up. Yeah, uh, yeah. That may have happened this week, possibly. It might happen most weeks. <laughs> I got you. It might happen three times a week, but I will tell you sometimes we get a mail and it does reinvigorate me. And this next one did. It's from Adam. And he says, hey, Jim and Eric, finally up, emailing you guys after listening for almost a year. Back then, I just started my first job and I wanted to get into DC Comics. I had, haven't been reading comics my entire life like one Eric Shea, but most I have general knowledge of the heroes. 
shows. I searched for a podcast to help transition me into the current continuity. You guys were easily the most enjoyable to listen to and provided thorough reviews during your beefy 10-hour podcast. Beefy. Thick. Even that's why <laughs> it was an easy decision to support you guys through Patreons. Ooh. As a South Jersey kid, go birds! He's an Eagles fan, so nice. he gets. I, where where's the ding sound, Eric? Ding sound. There you go. There I have that one too. I understand and relate to every Philly reference you guys make. Wawa stories, Power ninety nine FM, Quaker Town <laughs> being a shithole, etc. You guys can have Oh, yeah. Yeah, really. Aren't these universals? You guys have me cracking up at work constantly. Anyway, to the books, I finally subscribed to my first ongoing series with Justice League and Justice League Dark after reading a bunch of trades. Unfortunately, I wasted money on a few Batman Rebirth ones. It's not a waste when you, you figured out to yourself what you like and didn't like and you bailed. Picking up single issues or arcs periodically and listening to your podcast. I'm really enjoying both series so far, being Justice League and Justice League Dark. Just wanted to give you guys some love. I look forward to talking to you soon with lots of love, Adam, and lots of love to you p.s i can't believe i listen to a podcast where one host is a penguins fan and the other sleeps with his toys where did i go wrong you sleep with with my toys (laughs) i do you do don't you sleep Uh, isn't jessica your little your little boy toy here there are toys all around me but they're not just called jessica a boy toy i called her a boy toy i say sir all the time it upsets her i'm not a sir i will tell you adam uh i did I did like the Penguins before they became what they are now and became pretty much the Dallas Cowboys of the NHL for Philadelphia, uh, you know, uh, Flyers fans. It does kind of upset me sometimes now that I'm not a four for four guy, but I'm a three for four. I like three of the teams of the four, but I'll still stick with the Penguins. No, you don't watch anything. Are you kidding me? You're kidding nobody. But yeah, uh, just imagine, though, that my love of the Eagles goes beyond anything of all those others. So it kind of overshadows all that nonsense that you don't like. But thank you, Adam. And uh, like I said, I always like to hear from the uh, first time emailer and especially when they throw shade at Eric. That that is the key. That's the key to everything in life. Penguin boy. (laughs) There you go. But But he looks like the penguin. Oh my goodness! Yes, that, I didn't like that. I don't like the NHL team. I just like Penguins because I see myself in them. There, <laughs> I see it's like looking into a mirror because I'm always wearing a tuxedo. No, right? I'm talking That's about the Penguin. Oh, how dare you! Walking around with an umbrella, but that is the end. You can, of well, you can always that. blame it on the rain, Jim. I could blame it on the rain. I'm in love with you, girl. What's that? A wrap around? Is that your wrap around for the yes. end of the mail? That is the end of mail section so number good. one, and we're going to go off because it's such a short deal. We're going to end mail section number one and go off to Reggie's books. Now's the time to hear reviews and listen to what Jim will say. Just okay. Now's the time to hear reviews and listen to what Jim will say. We're waiting to hear all Jim's scores. We don't want to hear Eric Shay. All right, here we are. Here yeah. we are. Reggie has joined us in the second section of books. We don't have a lot of books this week, Ooh. Reggie. You are moving up. Moving on yeah, up like George I Jefferson. moving on up in the world. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Where's Wheezy? I'm strutting now. Where is Wheezy at now, that sexy woman? Uh, but we have three books of yours, and I would say that the first one is supposed to be big, right? It's, a, yeah. it's an event, right? An event going on. Is it on an now? event? 
It is kind of. It is an it's event. It's a crossover at the very yeah, least. I mean, really, if, if I end up showing it up at Eric's house right now and slap him right in the face, that's an event. But I mean, no, I don't not. know. That's a I, don't, brother. I don't know how many people want to see that. I, I'm not sure. How many people are in the Get Fresh that's group? That Everybody wants to see me do that. Just go over and slap him right in his silly, oh, sexy, handsome face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, but we're going to get into this. Uh, and as we'll see, I don't think that uh, the three of us, I think that the three of us are a little down with this crossover slash event. But mm-hmm. what is it, Reggie? It's Aquaman number 39, written by Dan Abnett and Rob Williams. Art by Joe Bennett, Vicente Cifuentes, and Adriana Lucas. A clandestine government-sponsored organization is trying to destroy Atlantis with a magical, tactical nuke. Now Arthur's got to tiptoe around her fiery temper and try to keep Atlantis together the only way he knows how, by being withholding. Don't tell the queen the baby killer's set, rated PG-13. There you go. go. (laughs) Yeah, we have this where you do get to see Mara is on the throne, but there's not much to do with that. You know, it seemed very uh well, I mean, lackluster. she's like purposely sidelined, you know, in order yeah, to make this, that's what I'm saying. Make this more so about weird. Aquaman. Yeah. Which and is, sidelined which is... out of nowhere actually goes against Merck's character because the whole point of that we had before where he was all about being the, like, you know, the protector of who's on the throne at the time. That's why he was willing it's to go, you know, yeah. At, yeah. exactly. He's willing to, you know, go against Arthur as long as he, you know, that's he's against Atlantis at this point. Yep. So why would he go over Mara's head to go talk to Arthur with all this stuff when that's the whole arc of the story for Rebirth was this is what you know Merc was. Yeah, and and with matter, that matter of fact, he kind of ended up p- pissed off at Aquaman. Well, that's at what I was going to say. And with that, know? it's even here though where Aquaman does go because you start off Mara's on the throne. It's just there to show you that she is because she really doesn't have anything to do with this. No. Uh, pretty yeah. much till the end, which she flip flops immediately within a panel. It's and so even nonsense. then, though, I mean, you know what I mean? It's 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 not yeah. exactly. No, it's not. She's that, not she, well, we'll get to it. But you know, yeah, but well, Aquaman goes to Merck and basically says, hey, what's going on? Also throws shade at him constantly. Like, you don't look busy. And Merck's there. He's doing his job. I mean, <laughs> look. And so then off. you go back and forth with, with Aquaman. Like, are you don't you look busy. Hard yeah. Hardly yeah, working, really. What are you, you know? doing? <laughs> uh, and then basically says, hey, you know, the U.S., they're coming with their planes and stuff. But I think they might do something covert, which Merck's like, oh, covert. But in the meantime, says, I can only feel slightly responsible because of that wish, uh, because of Batman's metal stuff. And it, even the way... It comes out, even the way it's explained, a relic of Batman's metal magic that came back to haunt me. And Merck knows what he means. And I'm like, what the f- How do you know what he's saying? It's like, yep, a relic of Batman's metal magic that came back to haunt me is haunt you, haunt us. Now, we're all air breathers. I'm like, how did you get from one step to the other? Because it makes no sense what he's saying. And then it's just Merck being mad at Aquaman but still going with him against his character towards going against the throne, it makes no sense. This I mean, whole this, thing, this metal tie-in is just so forced. It's I it, think it just annoys such, all of us. Like, I think it's the last one. Yeah, the, yeah. the story I, I, works fine without it. Just let it, you know, just let the, the story one, be. We did the Dark Stars and we did the Dark Gods. 
Yeah, yeah we'll we'll see. Hit, you know, Atlantis rising, and we're done, hopefully. And, and then yeah. it just basically, you know, Aquaman's like, huh, and Merck, like, huh, I wonder what the U.S. has planned. And then we go off to see the suicide. <laughs> when off we to see what the U.S. has planned. Them, <laughs> when we see them, I actually got a little bit excited because it did remind me of that crazy Revenge Squad type thing before, uh, that crazy Russian squad, just because they're oh, in right. that I armor. Them and, annihilation. Yeah, with them, annihilation yeah. for it was yeah, and it kind of reminded me a little above that so i was like oh man you know what maybe i'm going to enjoy this you have lord satanus and you know you have jail master jailer master, my yeah. favorite my favorite character ever i like i mean i really I, I like this team because it is very too, like uneven they start, and stupid you know they start, talking. So they start talking and now the whole thing just falls apart now Yeah, uh, where it's like it never was a team. You have, you know, everybody throwing shade. Ursula, all this stuff just goes wrong. And there's not much and of a what story. Is the the here. weirdest part, too, like we had the whole thing where, you know, Croc hasn't been himself since he was set on fire during the Red Wave arc. Y'all remember the Red Wave arc, right? Oh, but, yeah, who, who doesn't? And he <laughs> hasn't been himself as well since, you know, Enchantress died. But here, he just decides he's going to go like, all right, it's time for me to finally yeah, speak up. it's time up. for me well, to what? start doing things. Exactly. Yeah. And he's going to attack Ursula for like, you know, for her deciding to back out of yeah. the deal. And like, this is your fault too. And we're going to do it. We're like, all of a sudden, Croc is take charge. And he causes a fight because we need them to get caught. Yeah, because they so need to be caught. Nowhere for Everything's Croc to forced do what in he's this. Doing. It's so forced. And what happens to make it even more forced, Aquaman and his, you know, band show up. And basically... Each one squares off against the person they should. You know, yeah. you, you have the Beastmaster of against course. Croc, and you have Aquaman punching up. Mark Singer's going up against Croc. Mark Singer is. He's, <laughs> against Croc. He's the Beastmaster. But yeah, you have them individually going, and then, you know, you have Dolphin, Blind, uh, Harley, because again, those would be the two that you would match up. Yeah. And it's just, it, there's nothing to this. They end up capturing Deadshot and Harley. And don't really do anything Master with Jailer. it. All that is because like, obviously they're going to go up against Master Jailer. Yeah, <laughs> Master Jailer. You know, and what goes Master. up against him is the new character I just made, Padlock. He is going to fight him. Nonsense. And then it just leads to the them getting captured because now you have to get somebody captured, not but the whole team. Somebody yeah. has to get captured because Mara has to find out. And then goes against oh, Aquaman and, and is mad at Aquaman. Never get mad at Murray. Yeah, but mad at find out. yeah, and just and I'm telling we're almost done. This is a very quick yeah. moving issue. And she's just like, How <laughs> dare you? I'm the queen. You're not king anymore. And he's like, I know th- this is what I'm doing. You need deniability, he was like, all this. Baby, baby, baby. Yeah, I'm ba- just trying baby, to make it cool. Baby, you know, baby, hey. Boo. There's a little Justin Be Bieber cool for you. Now. Be cool. Come on, baby. Uh, but yeah, he basically says to her. Uh, you need deniability. I'm going to deal with this nonsense. You don't have to. I, I love it, too. I'm going to get King Shark and his guys down there. This now, is the you worst. You cannot do that. You yeah, cannot go get King can't. Shark and the ninth tribe. I will not have people like that up here to take you like yeah, vigilante. She doesn't want those well, stinking King Shark. Well, it turns, baby, baby, Mara, it turns out my queen, my love, turns out they sent a suicide squad and America's going to be able to deny all kind of get me that suicide give me that King Shark in this gang that's all it is I don't want King Shark yeah but they have the suicide squad get King Shark that's how it is I mean mean, for number one wasn't King Shark uh, integral in the great revolution against Coram Wrath of 2018 he should be right there he should have a government job 
Also, King Shark used to be a member of the Secret Six. It's not like, I mean, she acts like it's going to, like, shame Atlantis. And it's just like, <laughs> this is a, this is a world of, of beasts and monsters, you know? She's showing her Zebel roots is what she's yeah. doing. She don't want them. But, Racist, yeah, King Shark bigot. should have a cushy government job. He, he should, should be working on PennDOT, Eric. He should be standing there, you know, the crew of 10. Oh, to put a cone down. He's not doing it. And it's just such a weird flip-flop. I don't want King Shark. No way. Yeah, they have the Suicide Squad Call King Shark. That's all it is. And, and I really uh, hope when King Shark does show up and be like, Harley's like, oh, my God, King Shark, the last time we saw you, you got flushed into a cosmic toilet with Omac. Yeah, no, they won't. It's just – and oh. also they do. It's They have the Suicide Squad and a nuke. Kill King Shark. And it's one of the most non-exciting cliffhangers I've ever seen. It's just Aquaman swimming up to go get King Shark. Just That's all swimming. it is. This is if, like if, a cliffhanger. If it, if it were him like even swimming into the ninth tribes, if yeah, he even no, saw like no, King Shark, there might be a little more to it. But now it's just yeah, this a pretty would be good, like a pretty good a, shot of him, issue. I guess. Yeah, I guess, but it'd be like me and Eric. We have a comic. It's about us, and we're gonna. There's gonna be World War Three. We have to get a hold of the UN. And you guys say to me, Jim, you have to go get the UN. And the cliffhanger is me catching a bus. That's all it is. I'm getting on the bus to head there. Yep. It's so ridiculous. And it's I'm trying to get coconut radio just like the professor. Yeah, really. Well, yeah, really. Get that coconut radio that'll only get trans, uh, you know, transmissions that are integral to whatever plot we have going that day. Uh, Mine yeah. is a radio that only goes to the, to the UN, though. Oh, my goodness. How dare I know. you? That's it's not advanced how it coconut works. technology. That's a CB. That's a hey, CB. You, it's been a long time since Gilligan's Island, uh, my friend. That's a CB, coconut radio. Coconut yeah. broadcast. Coconut nice. radio is CB. <laughs> uh, but what, really, we, we've gone with this Coram Wrath for Dummy. what appears to be seven lifetimes. So we finally get done. You have a crossover with the Suicide Squad involving Atlantis rising. And, and now it's going to be tried to be sunk by the so This sounds like we're going to at least get, you know, popcorn over the top action fun. Why is it just as boring as everything we've got? And I'll, I'll tell you why, because it's the same writers as both the source. It, it, it's Rob Williams and Dan Abnett. They, they write boring stuff, and it's it continues yeah. here and proves it. Th- this well, they, is a they boring had, they had issue. Their big, they had their big, you know, mano a mano fight that you were talking about, yeah. and it really it was just. Uh, it, it there was never any real stakes involved in it. It no. was always going to end just with Deadshot and Harley and, being and, captured. Uh, and yeah, and, and this in a is a lobster trap, which I always yeah, think is this, fun. This for is just Atlantis. me. Do you get the idea that as they write, because you had a satin anus last issue from Rob uh-huh. Williams, then in this issue you have Harley with I have a bomb, I have a shelf, I have a bomb shelf, and I have the. It seems like to me that they're writing little notes to each other with this dialogue, like they're going to crack each other up, Probably. and yet not, neither of them can tell a story here. They, they yeah. have all these characters, and yet we have nothing that I would sit there and go, "Oh man, that's cool." And the, the coolest thing is when they're in their outfits, and I think of the Annihilation Brigade. That's it to me. It's <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh, what'd you give it, Reggie? Well, you know, as you go through this issue, I have a theory that uh, Joe Bennett was told, "Hey, man, you want to you want to draw a new book? Uh, it's got the Suicide Squad." And he was like, "Awesome! I love the Suicide Squad." And then they were like, "Oh, and also Aquaman and Mara." And he said, "Like, oh, oh because because right, cool. suddenly when the Suicide Squad part." <laughs> comes the, in the it's suddenly the art kicks yeah, into like great, it's in. never horrible but i think there's a big change for I'd some reason between between the aquaman and the suicide squad scene so i think he really really wanted to draw those as far as this issue it's exactly like we said you know it doesn't really move very much as far as where we left it last with the suicide squad except to kind of 
reiterate yeah. some of the facts. And we also now learn that the nuke is a magical nuke. It's so a magical it's, nuke, yeah. It's that, got that, two of the things. You know, plus, it's plus a magical also, nuke. Plus also the jailbreaker takes off with Ursel at one time yeah. and, and uh, what's his name? Uh, Satanus. Oh, Satan. Yeah, and they, so, even, they start their own deal. And they even say, like, from now on, yeah. uh, killing is on the board. Let's get going. He. Right. It seems like Satanus wants to impress Amanda Waller, so he goes with that. But as you were saying, if you do look, and even look at Croc, but also just look at the, the uh, Suicide Squad in general, and then go back and then look at the lack of detail in Aquaman's chain link. Out, it, it uh, is yeah, actually, it's, that's, it's that's night exactly the kind of thing it I'm is. talking about. Yeah, it's it's just like- and also, it almost seems the way that Aquaman's hair, and this is getting nitpicky, but his hair is so flat. Like he needs some volumizer and yeah. his conditioner. But it you almost need seems some like. Pert plus, maybe? It, yes, or something? possibly yeah. a pert plus. Mm-hmm. But it, it makes it seem almost like a color form that he was drawn and just inserted on the panel because yeah, it doesn't well, look to be part of the background. Well, it is a little odd. Digital, and I, I don't like that. It's drawn option. for you. Yeah, yeah but there uh, you go. Pert, anyway, pert pert but I, it is nitpicky. It is good overall. I mean, yeah, it's the art is good overall. Yeah, I'll go this uh but you know this the issue is boring and uh it doesn't bode well I, i'm still i still personally interested in this story but yeah i am still a lot in for me i gave it a uh, 6.5 out yeah, of i'm going yeah. my standard for the night it seems a six it's a six for me the art's decent i mean the art with the suicide squad is definitely a step up uh yeah. they look really cool aquaman just looks a little off the whole time mara looks fine to me but aquaman just looks a little there's, off he there's doesn't a look panel himself. early in the issue where mara has a bit of a five head yeah well, but, you uh, know. but again it's, <laughs> it's, it's I'm like we, we, we really are like that stuff really makes me dislike yeah. it how about you Aaron? I am going a 5.5 out of 10 because while I thought the art was fine all around, you know, the Suicide Squad stuff did, you know, it was better than the rest, but everything was forced to come to what we needed yeah. to here. Every character felt forced to be what they needed for this story, and it just didn't come along well. I'm telling you, Merc, he's going against his character. Croc's going against his character. Mara's all upset until she's not going against her character. It's like this... If you want to just write this like the way you want it, don't even try to put these characters in there. Just make it happen because that's all we're getting anyway. I So I'm not really happy with the story so far. And like the whole idea, you know, it's like for some reason, this Atlantis rising and America having a problem with it. I'm like, yeah, I've been here. I've oh, done yeah. this. You're just rehashing also, shit. And now you added the Suicide Squad to kill a bunch yeah. of people. Like, and doesn't it seem it odd? Me. Like Mara's just sitting there by herself. Now, Mother Satea comes in at first just to say, hey, that coronation. <laughs> what a what a time. Oh, eh? really? uh, I bet. I guess we better start worrying about this whole rising thing. And uh, there, she's just kind of there. But she's the queen. But nobody. She has nobody around her at all. But, she's just there. You know, she's also a superhero with that. Pushed aside. Uh but, hey, we'll move on to the next book, which is what, Reggie? It is Batgirl number 25. <laughs> So what's the credit? Tales of the inventory drawer. Oh, Jesus. There we go. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, 
I, I actually, I, I know I'll surprise you. I actually think that this is one of the I, better issues I that we've had. I think you and Eric like this better yeah, than I did. Yeah, I think we I do. do. Uh, because... And I, I can't say it's an inventory issue because they say they're going to deal with all these things no, going you're, forward. Uh, you're right. I, 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 the I last story having, is garbage. I was having fun. I know. The last story, I believe, is there's an inventory deal. There's two in here that are written you know, with the yeah. new writer that's well, coming yeah. out, Marguerite Scott, that's are. I mean, specifically left off to say continued in the future. Well, yeah, and so. the first one, the first story seems to be just here to be more of a tie up uh, to the lack of a wedding issue than possibly the actual wedding issue, uh, even to the point where we see the family of uh, the family that Joker killed uh, in those two issues before. I, I don't mind that. I actually I think it has some really good moments. The second story, and as we get through it, but the second story is actually the full out creative team that's going to go forward right. on Batgirl. It's going to be oh, I it was Marguerite Scott. Scott. It's, no, it's, it is it's, Marguerite Scott, the second one as well, and she's with Paul Pelletier. Oh, it's Marguerite, oh, no, Bennett, it's Marguerite yeah. Bennett. You're right. Uh, it's the here's the thing that is the first one that deals with it, but the second story yeah. is the full creative team, the Marguerite Scott and Paul Pelletier. The second story and the grotesque story is the story that she's going to pick up with yep. and it's okay it's not but i think and really you go by that first one marguerite bennett uh this is probably the best thing she's written in a long and I'm time like, why is she writing like this Mar- marguerite bennett is the second one yeah no that's the first, the first one, one is the reason by marguerite scott and, Tom and I, i'm telling you i'm getting them all mixed up then yeah you're yeah, right you're getting them all yeah, mixed the, up the way it the goes, first one is the re- I, yes. I got it all i got it all here here it's, we go Yes. It's the reason written by Marguerite Scott, art by Tom Derenick and Sean Parsons, well, which here begins is, with yeah. Batgirl in a church. Yes, yes. And uh, the, the thing, though, is, is that there's four stories here is where I yes. think I'm getting confused. The third story is what I'm talking. And the, the second one is actually the just Dick and Barbara in right. bed together and stuff like that. Eh, it's not, I, it's, I thought, it's, I thought that's that was okay. part of the first story. Now it continues no. on and she actually jumps in the way that they have the credits I see now is a big confusing because of it change you can tell by the art change but it's the third story which is to me when i was reading it pretty much the second story because the first continues from that one uh Mm. is the and this is all confusing is the creative team marguerite scott and paul pelletier which is going to be this grotesque story and that and that's marguerite scott and paul pelletier so and that's the story that they're going to continue in Batgirl number 26, and that's an okay story, but we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. The story that Marguerite Scott does is my favorite in the beginning there, and so I'm actually looking forward to Batgirl going forward because I was like, as it was going on, you know, when you're talking about all these different, because we have two Marguerites, and it's all very confused, but Marguerite Bennett, I thought, did this at first, and I'm like, God, why weren't we getting stories like this in Batwoman, and which I, was I just I don't know terrible. why they didn't put the credits in the beginning of that first story then because it is a continuation of you get the first story which continues directly into the next story it just seemed like there was an art credits there at the beginning yeah but but no i'm saying you get the credits at the beginning for marguerite scott you don't get them at the beginning for marguerite bennett you get it at the end of that story it's the end of that dick grayson Batgirl, Barbara, you know, and all you can go by is the art change. It is confusing. I'm telling you, it leads from it. I don't even know where it changes. I guess it changes at the Gotham Gaslight Hotel there when they go and meet mm-hmm. there at the hotel, though the Boom, end of the first bow, story bow. ends with them heading off to the hotel. So you end up with that. But the the first story, though, this is so confusing. The first story is the Marguerite <laughs> Scott deal that does wrap up 
the whole thing with the wedding and what happened with the Joker and, and the family. Well, I really that like that whole thing, you know, the whole best man arc, I believe that's what it was, uh, of Batman. I like the whole thing where this guy, the whole idea that, like, no matter what, Gotham's going to get you in the end. Do the bad people really yeah. make a difference? Because you have this guy who survived, you know, an attack by Scarecrow that Batgirl helped with only to be getting married and killed by the Joker 10 months later. And while I really like the concept of the story, the whole thing where we're at the funeral and Batgirl's kind of like just like, you know, peeping in to see like, you know, what's going on. And yeah. the guy's mother ends up seeing her and going and talk to him. Like, it just bothers me. I'm like, why, why were you she, at your yeah. son's wedding? Yeah, why wasn't why was she at the wedding? It doesn't make any sense. She should have been at the wedding. She was so into this whole deal. She wasn't, though, just to get it. Uh, though I do like the guy who did get killed. That he almost have been has, like a second cousin once removed yeah, who wasn't well, invited. He, he almost has the I ain't got time for you know to to bleed. He ain't got right. no time there. It made me laugh. But yeah, he ends up saving some kids during this attack uh, and ends up, you know, getting all these kids to safety only to die then at his wedding in uh, by the Joker in the best man arc. And I just wonder, I think maybe he went a little too in those 10 months. He kind of jumped a little too into that wedding a little too quickly. Right. He should have gotten a new lease on life. Now. Yeah, he ended up dead. And basically there's a weird deal between the mother kind of telling Batgirl that she can talk about it. Then Batgirl kind of seems a little off at points to him. You know, you're dead son. At one point, I'm like, Jesus Christ, Batgirl. Uh, but yeah, the mother tells her what happened. Barbara's like, I'm sorry what happened. And he's like, you know what? I think at one point she's like, ah, he might as well have died in the in the scarecrow attack. And she's like, no, no. He got all these other things. Terry, uh, where'd go. you get off, Batgirl? And then <laughs> she says, you know, oh, I'm having a you know, a cookout here type deal. You want to come join us? Ah, never mind. We don't need you there and she's like all right i'm out and then goes off and this is where it changes this is where we got all sort of confused it changes because she calls and the lady says you know everybody needs somebody got somebody to call or you know talk to it's always nice and she does call dick grayson and they meet at the gotham gaslight hotel and it's basically just them talking the whole time about the wedding and how they were mad that it didn't go through and maybe dick, dick ain't thrilled about that i'll tell no, you what. He looks, yeah, he looks ready to gizzo yeah, you know he's, what he's really pissed and he, 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 he hopped in that bed shirt yeah. off and he was like skins and skins yeah, yeah. You know so and uh, you know, I'm telling you, they they keep uh, it. Actually, this story actually infuriates me at points because they just keep playing with this. They just keep playing with the idea. This is the wow moment is Dick and Barbara, uh, you know, at this hotel together. Which and I we know they're not going to do anything together. Yeah, they're not going to. They Everybody wants them together. So this, they're this never going to This story happen. pissed me off because it's how like every interaction with a girl ended when I was 13. Yeah, was just man, fucking, the, yeah 13. Everything but everything. You guys but fucking, you know. Yeah, hotel room. Yeah. Right? He's a New yeah, Yorker. It's in New York. Yeah. yeah. Them, them yeah. telling me how they wanted to, you know, fool around with my friend. They'd be like, get yeah. the hell out of here. Oh, mine ended up with me waking up and realizing there was no girl. I'm like, oh, once again. <laughs> you know, hey. I was dreaming again. Who did I kill? Yeah, really. But yeah, that ends it there again. That was I mean, Marguerite Benet. I like this story a lot. I, I really thought this story was lame as shit, to be honest with you. It's uh, a lot of Again, are you talking about the first or the second? Because The, the second story. Okay. The yeah, first story no, I like, I like quite a bit. I thought it dragged on too long. 
The second is just fan service. It doesn't yeah, mean much I, to I, me. I, I, it doesn't. It didn't do anything for the me. The only thing I uh, liked it is that we finally get somebody referencing the wedding not happening. That, that's right. the only reason why. But the first part I liked. No, I liked that time. But the weird part is, it, it kind of like while it references, it's this along the lines where we don't go far enough. Like the whole idea, like why wasn't the mother at the the wedding before? Why so? Why isn't she dead? And then we go into this talking about, oh, this was you know Bruce and Selena's honeymoon hotel. They're gonna so since they're not using it, we. Could just use it for whatever my well, what about you know Catwoman getting shot because I was I thought I was led to believe or had to fucking look yeah, between the goddamn was, lines well, maybe that it was this was the second time Catwoman maybe it, shot. maybe they ended up when Alfred ended up when they said hey we're gonna do it tonight on the roof Alfred went and made the call uh, again who but knows I'm saying, this who is knows? right after the, the the funeral no I'm saying though but the funeral probably would have been days after yeah that's true it doesn't make sense the timeline does not match up so it's uh, very odd no, they again, don't go this could be the not happening the first time, but that wouldn't have been Selena leaving him at the altar. It would have been them not being able to have it, and then it doesn't make sense either. So, yeah, the timeline's all yeah. fucked up. Uh, so now my score goes down. Uh, but, yeah, then the next uh, thing, and why separate these two and have it so they have Marguerite, uh, you know, Scott, and then Marguerite Bennett? It's such nonsense the way they made this book kind of, you know, progress. But you do get... The most important story of this is the next one with Marguerite right. Scott and Paul Pelletier because this is the setup for what's going to continue in the regular book with Grotesque. This is the new villain that she's going to start off with. You do see Barbara at least being smart and being a detective. Yeah. So I'll give that some The most exciting part for me was her being a detective. Yeah. Her yeah. using her brain, using her photographic memory. I was like, yes. Yeah. Uh, even in the first part, she had like her gas mask, she's being heroic. I was like, yeah, this yeah. is I, I'm more down like with the Batgirl I want to see. You know it's what I so mean? Funny. Like- <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, I'm with you. It's so funny that she's following these intricate things. She's like, okay, they, there's uh, you know medication right. on the table. They must not have kids. Oh, there's a dog bone that was probably the wives. The, it doesn't make sense for the husband. Oh, wait, a blood trail. Into what is a bloody massacre. I mean, it, all <laughs> I she had to do was walk down the stairs. She does this detective <laughs> work to lead into a horror scene with grotesque on the wall. So really, it, it was neat to see. Boy, it didn't matter it, it, much. It, 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 you know, but they play the it off like the whole. It's it's like they play it off the whole, you know, uh, eidetic memory and stuff like that. This is more of being hyper intuitive for what yeah. she's doing, though, than having it you know, an ide- like eidetic right. memory because like. Well, she's not remembering everything. She's not recalling everything she's seen. She's being well, intuitive. And also, here's the work. thing, though. Maybe she's playing with the idea of everything she's seen as a detective that she's working it into this case, though. It doesn't really spell it out as much. Like if she thought, OK, I got this. Usually in this case, I've seen this. This happens or whatever. You're right. She's being more hyperintuitive than being a identic memory a type deal. But I like it. I actually like it too. Yeah. I actually, at least we're seeing something and she seems to be smart until then it doesn't matter because she goes into a crime scene uh, from hell and then ends up then from there, just hearing the motorcycle and running off. So really the detective work didn't mean much. And maybe it's going to be faster. Yeah. Maybe that, that slowed her down to the point that a couple people and a dog got killed, but you see grotesque (laughs) go off uh, looking like uh, freaking that speed demon. from the, yeah, it looks like from the runoffs, he goes off and she goes to catch him 
and he, he punches her right in her damn face and, yep. and then headbutts her. I mean, he is vicious with her. She and, gets a couple in. She gets yeah, a couple. Yeah, she does. That's the thing. That, is, not that vicious. She just has no defense. Well, she doesn't, but I'm saying it's pretty vicious to punch a, a girl in the face, but hey, we don't know grotesque is anyway. She does know, like, she's on the trail of this grotesque she knows about. She sees what's going on, and the whole deal with grotesque even mentions, like, ah, eh, these people are pieces of shit, and, uh, you know, all this. I'm the one who you know i'm not the monster yeah. everybody else is it seems like and, grotesque is against the rich they're feeding off yeah all he is and, and then uh, she and, it's and so she funny too on his bike yeah, that's the best part again she's being smart she does that and it's so funny while she's smiling with a broken nose it's bleeding mm. i'm like i don't know that you won this round there Batgirl, but yeah i like it i actually it was like thrill this devil not speed demon yeah thrill devil i i actually you like this to yeah. a way that is this isn't the greatest story. This little yeah. bit isn't the greatest, but it's better than anything we got from Hope Larson. I, I don't know if everybody would agree, but I did actually like it. I like the this. Bat this girl is very it. promising. This is yeah. put it this way. I would have hoped to turn the page and continued reading this story. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I so, so it did its job. It's yeah. just the biggest complaint is there's not enough of it. But that's sort of the point. Is it's what you're supposed yeah, to be right now? The t- the two Margaret Scott stories that we have are yeah. the best two. In this so which is, uh, I, agree. I, I really do look forward to the next yeah. Batgirl coming forward. And I'll also say the first two stories of her in this are way better than that Green Arrow story. That nonsense she wrote for that as a villain. This actually seems like this is a character she's suited for. And we may actually, uh, God forbid, if we get a Batgirl book that we all give an 8.5, uh, you know, as this goes on. Though, wouldn't that be the freaking Halloween? And then we'd be giving out the candy. The end all be all. <laughs> I'm telling you, for this book, it would be. That's yeah, double that what we give it sometimes. And now we get to the last story, which is Paul Dini's uh, story. Jim and Eric's favorite one. <laughs> it's Emmanuel Lupacino on art. Boring. Even that seems a little rushed. It, it doesn't seem as great. As, it, I doesn't, mean, I put, it doesn't seem like as great as she could do, although no, it is. I, I put her on a pedestal. And uh, yeah, is this amazing. is good. Yeah. It's better than a lot of other people's This is not her best work, but it's still damn good. Now, again, you have to go back to the point where this issue. Now, you would think of any of these was a inventory issue. It would have been this, that you would have had this laying around or whatever. This issue was delayed. This issue was delayed a couple weeks. It was supposed to come out a couple weeks ago, and it wasn't. It was delayed uh, because of something. They never said maybe that. Marguerite Benet's story was thrown in and and you weren't gonna I, I don't know what it was uh, but I wish that this story wasn't even in it I, I have no concern for this at all especially when you also again the layout of this book you should have ended with the story that's Marguerite Scott's story that will continue the Batgirl thing that would just be just easy layout 101 to have the that in the book yeah, we don't need this. It's just like tacked on, and then because it's at bet, the end, you it know just what I bet this was? On. I bet I bet this was they paid a bundle for this. Batgirl's yeah. about to change her costume and render this story useless. Let's yeah, get so it. They had to do it. it. Maybe now. that might be That's it. Yeah, we got exactly to print it what now. It was. And really, yeah. do you, there's not much to talk about. It's like I don't know. You want to I mean, talk I'm about still Reggie? Still getting Tullis. into it. I'll, I'll I'll talk about it. Uh, so uh, there was a character, March Harriet. This was uh, the Mad Hatter sidekick. She was a uh, what the hell's her power? She has like zappy ears, magic ears or something. Her whole <laughs> yeah, thing. She's a Playboy that. bunny. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. so she's got she's got a, a menagerie of of dudes in a uh, in animal costumes, and they've. Uh, all of a sudden, it's turning into, into the scene from The Shining. 
Yeah, this is. I see a little bit of a guy trying to give a bear a blowjob over there. Yeah, there you go. Uh, So they've uh, broken into a bank, and she's, uh, you know, got the vault open. She knocks Batgirl out pretty handily, but then when Batgirl comes to March Harriet, seems ready to give herself up. The uh, it's a a weird thing because I didn't even get the idea until the whole wraparound that she had passed out for all that long to get the dude inside the safe. The had this whole all right. Now I'm going to give up. And before, while we wait for the police to get here, I sit down. I'm going to tell you the old origin story of mm-hmm. March Harriet. Like, Let me tell you a yarn. <laughs> Let me and spin your story. story. No, I got to no, be honest. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. It brought everything down uh, in my mind. Uh, it just seemed to be attacked on thing that didn't matter, especially because the first three either tied up some things from the wedding issue or move forward to background continuing. And then you just have this yeah. thrown in and it's basically everybody loves Paul Dini. Well, let's get something out there. And yeah, but what'd you give it right? You like that show? Yeah, uh, overall, you, know. you know, I well, love that well, show. That particular story, I gave a 5.5 out of 10. I guess we're just going to okay. blast through it in the, in the yeah. end. No one cares what happens. We'll never see these characters no, again. It doesn't so, matter. Uh, I gave that one a 5.5 out of 10. As far as the other stories, the Marguerite Scott ones or Marguerite Scott's uh, stories, I thought them very promising. Definitely looking forward for the first time since Rebirth to a new issue of Batgirl. So in that way, it did its job. But of of course, I did an an average of all the scores uh, in this book like I usually would do. And I ended up with a 6 out of 10, which I think is fair. You know, I I bet if you cut out the Paul Dini, it might have been like a 6.5 or a yeah, 7. I'm going 6.5. So I'm going 6.5. Yeah. If it wasn't for Paul Dini, I definitely would have gone 7. Uh, and yeah, the, well. the whole deal where we got, got so confused with what stories were what. I don't know why they did that. It kind <laughs> of was weird. But no, I'm looking forward. If this was supposed to be uh, reading it and get a, a handle on what Marguerite Scott's going to do with uh, Becker. Also, we we didn't even mention really Paul Pelletier's art in that grotesque story is good. I'm looking yeah, forward to both of them yeah. being on it. Yeah, so I am actually really looking forward to that. And it looks like we might get a competent Batgirl, which is awesome, and one that's yes. going to fight, fight back, all that. You know, we Ooh. don't need Gadgets, every time. All that good stuff, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I want all that. I don't need to have her next boyfriend be her next villain on the couch. That, that's always what we get. This looks different. This does look very promising so i'm going six five but that includes the paul dini nonsense at the end uh that's just a throwaway uh what about you eric i'm going 6.5 as well i really enjoyed this whole thing you know i didn't care about barbara and dick sitting in bed together because it was a nice thing is i don't even think i realized it was a uh, different writer i just thought it was actually a continuation of that first story but i really enjoyed that first story the whole thing where they let the other one, while I thought it was kind of a weird thing that went on too long, because that's the thing, is, I thought it went on too long, because I thought it was part of the first <laughs> story, but I really like everything that Marguerite Scott brought to the table for this, and it makes me look fo- uh, forward to the future of Batgirl, yeah. and I like the art pretty much, but that Paul Dini thing, on at the end, I'm like, I don't really, like, how oversized do you have to be for an anniversary yeah, issue? Get Stop it! But no, yeah, I really. actually, 6.5, I like this issue of Batgirl, I look forward to what's coming next. Yep, I Ooh. am with you. And now we're going to move to the last issue that Keep we're talking that about. Keep positivity right, train yeah, of yeah. and right, guys? Yeah. Woo. Mine's going to go down a little this uh, next one. Maybe not well. so much, but tell us what it is, Reggie. Harley Quinn, number 48, written by Sam Humphreys, art by Allison Borges and Gabe El-Tayeb. Back from the beach and the wrecking ball's knocking. Petite Tina Shock got a run in my stocking. Haven't paid the mortgage since I murdered the mayor. 
I need cash fast and there ain't nothing to it. The deed needs doing it's on me to do it. When Harley's on the case, you know you get a silly savior. Merkin, nine to five. What a way to make a shivin'. Barely getting by. It's only taking life from living. Just look at my behind and then I slit you in the neck. But then you drank your own heart smoothie. What the heck? Boom. Yeah, it's it's a weird thing because Eric knows, and I told you, Reggie, yesterday, I'm a Lord Deathman fan. Uh, I think oh, I might yeah. be the only one. Uh, I think he's goofy. I don't the know about the thing, only one, but I, I no. definitely think you could probably get all the Lord Deathman fans like in your living room, probably. And, and that's the bit is I, I think most know. of them. I think most I of them are the those. Grant Morrison version. I'm the Jiro Kawatu version, uh, which is what Grant Morrison <laughs> – yeah, listen to me name dropping, but that is where wow. you get you've Grant been, Morrison. You've been reading comics most him. of your life, it sounds uh, yeah. like. <laughs> but that was where Grant Morrison ended up seeing that and That's actually right. getting the goofiness of the. And the Lord Lord Deathman is supposed to be goofy as shit. I mean, he's supposed to oh, talk yeah. in broken English. He's supposed, to, and when he does. He was hilarious. I'm telling you, when I did That's that Jiro Kawatu, yeah, when I did that Kawatu manga, uh, Bat manga, I would actually go into work. That's one of the things that I would read to Eric what he would say, and both of us would laugh because it was just hilarious. Yeah. And this isn't. This is actually him, and I just don't even know why. He even used them. He, he doesn't it even use them. It is weird to miss that as a note. Way. Like, why would you use them without that? Yeah, yeah the, there's the no real is interesting thing. thing with him. He's not that fun. Yeah, you get him actually being involved in a video game. But even that, it's just. I would, he's, I'm, I'm in an arcade cabinet heist thing going on he's doing right now. Yeah, yeah. It's just, though, it's just a weird thing. It, it, the way he is played out here and in a Harley book, boy, you have Lord Deathman and you think that he's zany in a detective comics or a Batman yeah. boy, him and Harley should be just crazy. He's not, he really isn't. And yeah. this is where Sam Humphries is continuing to kind of disappoint me a bit where when he went to apocalypse with Harley, it just didn't do enough for me it's almost caught between that he doesn't want to be too goofy because that would be ridiculous and then i don't know where this book lies it's almost what i say when we do plastic man it's almost in that where yeah he has his jokes but it doesn't seem to be as funny as it used to be and i can't say that's worse or whatever it's just odd there's some odd ideas that he has going on here because he ends up there and you have uh you know you have uh what's it called they're breaking down the building and then with that you just go and harley has to get a job and that's not that fun I mean, actually, the montage, the montage page of her getting all the dumb jobs is probably one of the more fun pages of the book, I think. But, you know, you you have to address somehow the fact that why is she getting these menial jobs when she has a fucking doctorate degree? She's a a four time neurologist. She's uh, she's got. I I mean, apparently she's running the show over at Sanctuary, right? She has quick money. Yeah, well, I'm uh, telling you, so that might be it, quick, but there get you go. it. There you go. Eric, Eric just answered it. Just yeah, answered the question. Like, how, how do we handle it? We just say, oh, I can't I can't waste time. I need money in 48 hours. Yeah, I can't yeah, waste okay. time applying for a doctor's job. I need so fast I'll money. So I'll be a short fact, order not addressing it as lazy as fuck, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, whatever. I mean, you know, not that that page was lighting my fire, but that to me, that probably is one of the funnier pages. And then a, a skywriter. 
<laughs> and the like best a, a I, jobs. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, and and also, and how how many times does an intern that gets coffee make money? That was just right there. It was just ridiculous that she's an intern and making no money. But yeah, it ends up that she it all is a setup. Those paid internships, get, but not not for yeah, those. I don't, getting I don't think coffee, for that. No, and basically, yeah. she ends up being able to get a job as a merc to make one million doubloons to kill Lord. Have we Death seen Man. this hidden treasure show before? Because it seems no, I so don't familiar. Think we have, but I, I no, do no, think never. that. It, yeah, the, I think that maybe the only thing that seems familiar to me is a couple times we've had Harley have LSD trips where she's a pirate, and I think it might come from that. <laughs> maybe but, said, maybe I'm just thinking of Cowboy Bebop with that Merc show. Maybe, maybe that's what it kind of is like. The whole You're right. Bounty hunting show they had on there with the yeah. whole like you know Wild Wild West theme to yeah, it. Like, yeah, yeah. Right, this is who's on. You know, this is who's hot today. You got to go out and yeah, find well, for this kind of party. Maybe he's even playing that's with what that. I was thinking of, yeah, there is even a manga look uh, to some of even the side characters as they go because as this is going on you have petite tina going around and oh my god a monster the police are opening fire i don't think that they should really shoot Poor her tina. in the back as she's running but no. she didn't do anything uh that is sort of fucked up it is fucked up uh but yeah she's it leads monster. to it leads to harley but she's you know she was given a, yeah, a she's holding a red balloon. Balloon. they had just came out of seeing it and like not yeah, on my watch yeah it's just a little over the top <laughs> uh but yeah then you have harley going undercover she's gonna go get lord Deathman. he ends up getting a pizza delivered with a picture of his I dad it too, it's, naked. it's lord Deathman, and he's wanted dead only dead and the thing yeah. is he can't die that's the problem but when she goes after him and we get to the next scene kind of thing where she like I never got the idea going forward that she was going to try to kill him until she rips his heart out and like you know, like has, acts like she's going to eat it out of nowhere. I'm like, this was a yeah, very weird so progression the for the top. story. Like, what the it hell doesn't make there? sense to me either. She's like, hey, look, boom shakalaka, I killed him. Here's his heart. What do we have to do there, Captain Crook? Oh, the client may need proof. So the proof is making a smoothie. That she's going to eat like a Bloody Mary? That makes no sense. She had the heart. And now she makes this. And then it's just grabbed out of her hand from Lord Deathman himself, who's drinking it. And ends up saying, surprise, nothing until Lord Deathman. And he's kind of grown his chest back and all that. But again, it's not that interesting to me. The the thing is, when she she shows the heart and then puts it in the blender, it's supposed to prove that he's dead. But it's like... What is that? Do you know what Lord Deathman's heart looks like on sight? That's yeah, really not a great and indicator. Why making a you know, smoothie makes it any different? Why that it, helps? I don't really yeah, understand. Yeah, help at all. And it's if just they would have watched Jason goes to hell. They, they should know this is exactly how he came back oh to my life. Goodness, yes, really, a smoothie, Eric. A, a smoothie is what happened. Is that what happened? I didn't the see that. The ended up eating the heart. That beating of it oh. hypnotized him, and he okay. then became Jason Voorhees. Jason himself. Oh my goodness! But yeah, th- there's not much to this. And I thought it was a mess. No, I I didn't really enjoy this. I I didn't find it. The first half of it a lot. We we glossed over a lot of funny stuff that wasn't for that wasn't really important to the story, like the guy from the music man showing up. Yeah, that actually you're right. There are some gags at the beginning. But But, yeah, halfway through it. As far as the story goes and 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 dropping the ball on Lord Deathman really is a big miss because yeah, I don't know this, why he's such a funny character and this yep. is the perfect book for that kind of shit. You know what I mean? I mean like it's it'd be him, great. Yeah, Harley not you, understanding him. I can think of a lot of funny say. jokes. What, what you can do right away is have him ordering his gang around and they have no idea what he's saying because mm-hmm. he does talk <laughs> in a cra- 
crazy Japanese English broken English type deal that never makes sense and always is over the top. He is a character that everything he says is an over the top statement that is crazy. And here it is. And it just it seems like a really big miss with him being in this with Harley. And yeah, then he shows up and starts talking to Harley and Harley would have no idea what he's saying. And yeah, you get things with bowling balls being thrown by Harley and stuff like that. But it's not really and just out of nowhere. What? That pizza, that's my naked father. I have never seen him naked. That that's his big I mean, thing. That is, Until that this moment, <laughs> my eyes. And then he falls over my chest. Oh no. And then even that, that, was, a, that was almost that was almost so stupid that it was funny. It was, though. It was but really, then really, the boss, it was so what the? And it's like boss, what the? Is he breathing? And I want them to be like, no, he he doesn't. You know, stuff like that. And like, Where have him a naked picture of Lord Deathman's father know. at the time of night I, and put, able to put it on a pizza. This. And then just shows up as a guy delivering pizza. She with actually a, has uh, naked pictures of everyone's dead father. And then so. she has on, you know, yeah, the big gag. Without fellas. The big gag is she has an apron that says, may I suggest the sausage with <laughs> a finger pointing down. That's ridiculous. Jim, oh, my what would you God. do if you saw that. a naked picture uh, of, of your my dead father? Dad? I'd vomit right there. And then I'd probably eat the now pizza. You, now, you have, you now you actually did see your father naked. Yeah, I've so seen I saw him naked reference. a couple of times. Here's what I would do. Cool. I'd be like... Oh, well, Good looking guy, I, my I call three pieces of pizza right off the bat and you guys don't touch it. And I'd be more concerned with the pizza and I'd be like, I don't give a shit about yep. my dad. And really, the guy's yeah. there posing like he wants to be in that picture. That's his own business. I don't care. It's you know not like I mean? he's tied he up or something. He paid to be in that picture. Yeah, well, look at him. He's looking like, look at me. I'm a pretty girl. Well, no. That's what he looks like. So destroy he, it. He's a but, saucy boy. He is a saucy fella. Extra anchovies and a lot of sausage. Uh, what did you give it, Reggie? Uh, I was obviously feeling very good about this when I gave the score. I think really because of the first part of the book and like some of the gags, the characterization seems right, but you're right that the story just isn't really like all the way there and like a, a, no. a major miss in not using Lord Deathman in a, in a way that's funny. Uh, I gave it a 7.5 out of 10. I'm giving it a podcast score of 6.5 out of 10. Yeah, I'm going to go down to a 5.5 for me. I think the art's fine. Uh, I'll sure. tell you, when I, I saw Lord... I think it's Lord, better than the last one, too. Yeah, Remember, yeah. we had those small panels yeah, and I stuff. Think, and you good. even get a gag where, you know... But everything seems like the gag with the comics. She goes, when she comes back, oh, I got comics delivered. Yeah, All right, you have the, you oh, have yeah, the yeah, DC checklist and stuff. You read those. They're kind of funny, but that's it. There's, like, no story connected with one or two gags that are out of nowhere. I mean, he, she goes in and this comic thing is just a gag. There's no reason. The, the uh, music man, it's funny. It's just a gag. It doesn't do it is, anything yeah. for the story. It never does uh, as what uh, Sam Humphreys has been giving us. So I think he needs to concentrate a bit more on a story and not come up with three gags and then write nonsense between them. So I, I'm going 5-5 five, five because of the art. And I'll tell you, I opened up and Lord Deathman's in it. And I was like, oh, my God, this is the best. This is going to be yeah, so good I because I love him so much uh, because of just the ridiculous nature of him. And then there's nothing to do with. And also, please, uh, the whole thing with Coach, it, it's already overplayed. Please, you know, th these gags with her and stuff like that just don't hit anymore. Just get rid of her and just go on with it. But, yeah, there you go. Five, five. What do you give it, Eric? I would give it a 5.5 5 out of 10 as well. And that's the whole oh. thing is that if, and the thing is, I, I'm a fan of Lord Deathman too, mostly from you interacting, like you said, reading about it at work. That's, that's oh, where I learned best. about the character yeah. and became a fan. I used but to be in character saying oh, it yeah, to Eric and making him giggle. 
But the thing <laughs> oh, is, okay. even if even if he was portrayed perfectly here, the story is so lackluster. I think I'd only even go up to a six if he was portrayed yeah, perfectly. I, I, That's how you. weak the story is right now and how uninterested I am in the title. You know, I'd love to be able to give it like, you know, I'm down to the standard Harley six. But even then, I'm like, 5.5. I'm just kind of bored with Sam Humphrey's and, run. And, it's and only really, one issue number four of his run. That's what I was just going to say. The weird thing is, is we just came off of this thing in Apocalypse. That is something we never and saw. Fun, and yeah. really, I don't say that lightly because we hear this all the time. Oh, my God. That guy did that. That's the friend. We've never seen this. And usually right. we have. We usually have yeah. seen it in other comics and whatnot. Harley going to Apocalypse. We've never seen. That was something that very, very interesting. And now it seems like he went to D.C. Hey, I want to put Harley in Apocalypse. Oh, my God. That sounds awesome. You're hired. And now he doesn't have anything to do because now it is just, hey, I'll be a merc to pay rent. I mean, really? That's your second story? <laughs> I mean, this is basic uh, hard. It's basic anything. Pay a yeah. mortgage. Yeah, pay the mortgage. But really, we've seen her struggling with the mortgage before. I, I mean, she That's had always, the gang of all the time. That yeah. All of the time. And so you're now back to the generic story after showing. Why haven't you know, Tony and Madame McCobb and doing anything while she's been yeah. gone? Where's yeah, all the why are Yeah, why aren't they working? There's a lot of other people that were there that can work, but yet they haven't. So we'll see. Uh, but yeah, that, that's that. I, I'm I'm just disappointed with it because I really did think that Sam Humphreys had something going because Reggie did point out he he has the voice of Harley really good. I mean, Mm. there's nothing wrong with Harley. Just has nothing for her to do already. And that's scary. But we're going to go off now to some more mail. And then we're going to be back with Chris and Reggie talking about what, Reggie? Uh, Cave Carson has an interstellar eye, number six, the number final issue. Number six, yeah, the final issue. Uh, somebody asked me today, hey, when I, I want to get into those young animal books. Where's the best place to start? I said, nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> they're all ending. Yeah, so, they're done. I tell that, yeah. So we're going to do that. We'll also have a bit with Josh, a bit with Jeremy, and then me and uh, Brandon talking about some other books. So we'll be back with that. Josh, a bit with Jeremy, and then me. Yo, it's mail call. It is the best. Podcast all week, even though Shay is such a freak, I've got to hear all the reviews and the mail with Jim. And I've got such a long way to go to make it to the end of the episode. First, I'll hear mail with Jim, now mail with Jim. All right, mail with Jim again. Oh, my goodness. We're back for some more mail. And we're going to start with Joey from the MCDC podcast, Eric, is what we're going to start with there. Hey, how's it going, Jim and Eric? It's been a while since I've written in. I've had a lot going on lately between work, family, and reading these books. I have gone into a deep depression. Well, maybe not work or the family. I think it's just from reading so many books that feel more like incoherent rambling. All of it works together to put you in a deep, dark hole, which you can't find out. That's true. He says that it's incoherent ramblings rather than Eisner-worthy material, Eric, Mm -hmm. is what he says. Like Batman 53, although I see what Tom King is trying to do in Humanize Batman Brew, and maybe in some moments he does. 
or does here? We see Bruce. I, I mean, uh, humanizing isn't making statements about the Bible. Humanizing isn't saying Batman, who you are also, is the worst to make well, yourself look more human. It's humanizing people now, Jim. You have no. to go to a bunch of strangers and tell them how sad you are. How bad I am. Uh, what I want humanizing would be uh, seeing him actually care about his kids, uh, seeing awesome. him care about Alfred. Maybe what everything you have in this trial, you just switch it to him at the mansion saying to Alfred, you know what, Alfred, I've been thinking. You know what? Batman is something I thought I needed to be. It was my escape. I looked at Batman as my God to become somebody who was more than just a human to take care of all these. But you know what, Alfred? It's not working, and I've been hurt lately. Him start crying and Alfred come over and hugging him, there's humanizing to me. That is 100 times better than this nonsense. of for- And everything for the trial had to be forced. You didn't have to force it. You Turn can have have a Bruce Wayne decide Batman as an escape, yeah. but in the yeah. end, he, all he needs Batman. to do, you, you don't need a trial because everything with the trial was forced. It was a prop. We never got to see really a trial. We barely got evidence. You get evidence that shouldn't even be in because of the fact that he bribed that to happen to. Because no, then by the end, as Anonymous told me, though, I'm, I'm a mouth breather, Eric. <gasps> My girlfriend got it for me, Eric. At the end, though, nothing makes sense to what you went. And really, all he wanted to do was that to have him wax poetic about Bible verses. That's it. There, there was nothing that progressed to that. That's what he wanted to do all along. And to me, it seems so goddamn forced and so ridiculous that it just made me shake my head. It was there where I thought, okay, this is, you know, Sean Penn deciding to do I Am Sam. He's going to be a retard for a goddamn, you know, an award. This was just written pretentiously just for awards. And then I see this should win awards. I want to jump off a building. You guys fell for it. (sighs) Yeah, I I actually sit there. And when they have people are like, oh, I'm an asshole. They call me and you assholes or whatever. I'm like. Are you being duped? I don't know what's going on because it seems like, you know, we've lifted the veil of some sort. I don't know. We see Bruce get a little emotional. He shows some vulnerability when he realizes he is broken all over again. But everything we see, he also had this when, you know, 30 issues ago, he told his mom that he was going to start fighting for people, not for their deaths. Then we add it again when he's in the button and it just keeps going to end up being nothing. At the end, when he breaks out the old black and gray suit, maybe this means we'll see him go back to the basics. No, it's, it's fan service. Hopefully, Batman will be my Batman so once I think again. he gets these I just to come on and work for him because, like, look, no matter what, I'll give you a great final page on your run so that you can sign, have this signed at a convention. Well, so here's the, with thing. the whole double date I, with the yeah, freaking Batman. Not even just that. Yeah, I, I see people like, oh, man, Tom King must be killing it because all these people want to do it. No, again, where's Rob Liefeld? This is Batman. People want to be on Batman. Batman's the number one book. It doesn't matter who's writing it, whatever. That's the number one book, and people want to be on the number one book. So it ju- I just hope it won't take – but Eric, I think Eric's right. He gives them softball pitches of these pages. I just hope it won't take another 50 issues to give me something worth celebrating. Yeah, I'm not celebrating. As I write this, I just finished reading Just League number six, and boy, do I feel like I've lost a few points of my IQ. I'm so frustrated with this book. I have no idea what the rules are. Dialogue is so clear. 
clunky and odd. I literally grasped my face and said out loud, what are you talking about? I like the dialogue. I didn't find anything wrong with the dialogue. Some of the situations are a little crazy. The house is dead silent. My eight-year-old gave me a look as if dad needs to be carted off to the sanctuary. And he slowly walks out of the room. I still don't know what's happening in the book. I have no idea what the totality is or what the last engines are. We do have some pretty good artwork and imagery, though. Pretty creepy watching Martian Manhunter's fingers reach into Superman's brain through his eyes. Please give me answers soon. This week, we get Pearl from the team of boss Jessica Jones, but Bendis said this one wouldn't be another Jessica Jones, and he's definitely right, because all we get is some very weird and confusing dialogue at times. Do you like tattoos? Then you'll like the Pearl. We, 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 do you like barbecue sauce? We ended up talking <laughs> about that like on Patreon uh, uh, with uh, Pete from NYC. And yeah, we were confused. Great art. I love the art. But I was, I didn't. But I was left feeling as if some scenes weren't very clear on what was happening. Scenes. Yeah, I, I don't even know what that book is about. Really figure out what was going on. Yeah, I don't know what that book is going for. This issue was not as strong as I anticipated it would be. It's, I said when we were doing on Patreon that this is a weird start for the uh, revamp of Jinx World or the re, you know, starting it up again because it really wasn't something that grabbed you out of the gates. It was pretty cool to see a different kind of book come out at DC, but I don't think this one would grace the mantle where my collection sits. Okay, it's Me? more of a dusty tote tucked away in the back of a closet. Well, enough talking about depressing books. Hopefully, I can be uplifted listening the rest of the podcast no we're pretty much right with you see you guys later and that is joey galvez thank you joey thanks joey uh and the next one is from tony tony says hello weird science get fresh just when i was digging the current batman story arc tom king gave me this shit so who the fuck killed those girls i I don't think this is the problem is i don't really think that they were killed i think they really did by coinky dink end up dying by aneurysms and then they you know vain or whoever did took advantage of this but Still, would have preferred the post-wedding story been where uh, either his friends or family gets to talk to him about what happened. That would have been nice. We kind of get a little bit of that in Batgirl. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mainly either Clark Dick or at least Damien. Imagine seeing the bat broken when Damien says, Father, she doesn't deserve you. The art was all right. Issue itself, eh, worse of this was the last issue in the story. So, fuck, that's a shitty ending. Yeah, and back to the thing, like I said, and I said it on the Patreon, if in fact Batman realizes, like he goes in and he knows that that coroner did an autopsy and the autopsy didn't show that frozen stuff right there. As a detective, he sees that there's a frozen brainstem. You're right, he should go right it. to that coroner and say to him, was that up, there buddy? when you looked? It was it because if it wasn't, you go right up to that corner. Then yeah, pull, pull let's a figure it out. His vape, blow in that yeah. corner's face. Yeah. What's up, bro? What's up there, bro? You see this before, you fucking douchebag, or what, bro? Yeah, he should have went and said, "Was that there? Did you check this brainstem? Was it frozen?" Then the, he's like, "No, it wasn't." Okay, well, it is now. Who has been in here since? Who's been eating my porridge? Since you looked and since I just came in, because if anybody had access to this body, we're going to go talk to them right now, not go off half cocked at Mr. What am Freeze. I? I'm the corner, not the security guard. Do some guard. detective off, work. Come on. Do, do detective work. Make it go from A to B to C. 
And not like Anonymous says I'm a goddamn shit face who's a mouth breather, who's an asshole. No, give me some, give me some detective work. Not, oh my god, I see this right now. Though he says while he's in the courtroom, in the deliberation room, the coroner was a good man. He does his job good. So why didn't he go and talk to him? Why didn't he see if this was the case before and not after, and then figure out what the real mystery is? Is that somebody tampered with the bodies? No. Instead, he goes off half cocked, like I said, goes after Mr. Freeze like a fucking asshole, and you going down, brah. He's there probably with his Zubaz pants on, a goddamn whole thing of a a gallon of water, and he's lifting weights and throwing them on the floor when he's done, Eric. That's a douchebag. Why don't we review Batman on the podcast? Why we don't is because we hate it, but when people bring it up, that's what happens. So Ah. see, they, they get to hear a little bit of it. Later, you'll get you'll all get to hear what Wrong Turn thought of it. Eric, oh. he has a review himself, but at this point, we'll save that for the end because I don't okay. have it loaded up right now. Good, that's at a good this reason. point, Bruce isn't much of a vigilante, but more of a criminal. Ding, ding, sound. There is a fine line between the two uh, that Bruce has crossed. Ted Mosby got dumped at the altar also. You don't see him breaking the law. Fuck you, five, and you just mentioned something that Eric has no idea what you're saying. That was how I met your mother. Justice League, Uh, all right issue. At some points asking myself, which I also think that Pauly P referenced earlier in his mail. At some points asking myself, what the fuck is going on? But hey, what's Scott Snyder? That's Scott Snyder for you. Really hate how cheat on black men are basically just a henchman. Wu-Tang Clan saw the uh, Justice League Atlantis crossover and wow Black Manta didn't even make it on the front cover digging the art eh, 5.5 only because of the art now I I think I'm one of the more positive ones in the Get Fresh Crow beep boop dancing Mike Uh, he's gonna throw shit at me I'm I'm probably sure for that Green Lantern's only thing that happened with Cyborg Superman is escape art was pretty good but really nothing happened is it too much to ask that Hank kills Simon no, I don't think I that like anybody would care anymore. You do, but would anybody care? Really, would anybody care if I Simon died? I am somebody, died? Jim. I don't think that you're anybody, number one. Well, you're nobody. And well, I don't think you would really care because he's not in any books coming up. He'll he'll come back anyway. He's the miracle worker. Give it a six only because the art was very good and like seeing Hal and Jessica together. DC, if you were listening, I swear, don't you dare make her fall for Hal. She falls for everyone. Don't make her a whore, he says. Oh, my goodness. And really enjoy the panels with Guy. I love Jessica. I like Jessica way more than Simon now. I think she's more interesting. Well, that is uh, it for my rant and raves this week. Uh, That's Walt Gator 93, and he says he is signing out, out, and out. Thank you, Tony. Thank you, Tony. And the next is Brandon. Brandon says, sup, fella. Sup, Brandon. Here we go. Just sitting here on a Friday night watching Josh Allen sling the pigskin before digging into my marble. Homework oh, Josh Allen. Yeah, who's Josh Allen there? You know Josh Allen. Yeah, he's the, quarterback. he's the uh, rookie quarterback for the Bills. At this point, I know no better way to refer to the Thor title. He's talking homework. That, that's not good for you, Eric. You have not been on that Thor train uh, at the moment. Are you on Are you on Thor's tip? Are you there, buddy boy? That, that anyway, I wanted to Thor's? No. I wanted to ask you a formal apology to one Eric Shea. Asking him football questions last week was mean. However, here is a loosely sports-related question for Eric he can answer. If you had a choice of one Transformer to fight in a 64 Transformer tournament, no combiners, it's a one-on-one battle, and you pick your pick had to win it all for the title, who are you going with and why? 
Six shot because he transforms into six different things and he is a badass. Oh my goodness, six shot! He's, really, he's fucking awesome and he can. He's transform. awesome. <laughs> he he ends up transforming and then he kills him with the mobiles and then it's it's awesome. And then he's a wolf and, and a then tank he kills him. And a plane he kills and him a gun. and then he's a wolf man and he he kills him good and, and swallows him and then gets on a four wheeler. There you go. Uh, I'd go with Faker. There. Oh, Faker. So me and then the, the robot, best crew. The evil robot of He-Man? Yeah, yeah, isn't he allowed? So me and the best What's crew. he transform into? He transforms into the love of my life. Oh. So me and the best crew are starting to prepare the menu for the first tailgate party of the season approaching shortly. Oh, the denim's getting ready, Eric. The denim's going to be flying soon. Obviously, drinks are our first priority. But Jim, what is your ideal going to the game tailgate spread you need to name three items one appetizer one main lunch dinner item and a side jesus christ well first off you're in buffalo but i would always have wings wings is a perfect deal no. um i know it's lame but usually people do appreciate a, a bowl of chips Eric, a little bit of potato chips but that, the main deal is brisket no, well, no. The main deal is going to be the beef on whack. That would oh, be okay. uh, especially that me and Brandon talk about that. I would even possibly have maybe the chips, maybe a uh, tortilla chip type thing, but with no, a buffalo on. chicken dip. And my side would probably be, I'm trying to think of some, uh, you know, I would go with, no, coleslaw is a, a lame thing by itself. I mean, I'd go, mashed potatoes seems very odd for yeah, a, a tailgate. So I'm going ambrosia salad, Eric. Everybody loves ambrosia You're gonna go salad. You're going to go ambrosia salad over coleslaw. That was my joke. I, I would prefer mashed potatoes. Because, uh, and also another item, I would probably go with Swedish meatballs. I don't even know if I have the full deal there, uh, but those would be some of my things. And if you if you have a grill and can cook burgers and and uh, hot dogs, then you're you're even better. Well, I brought the smoker. It's going to be 10 hours, oh, you but this, the this beef shoulder is going to be delicious. Uh, well, that's the thing. These Buffalo people, they start tailgating on Tuesday. <laughs> They had to shut down that goddamn – but they wouldn't let him tailgate as much. Too many people were dying. <laughs> Controversy alert. There's no reviewer on the roundup that goes by the name of Eric Lee and is throwing – or there is one there and is, throwing yeah. around 10 out of 10s on the latest Batman. Yep. Is that Eric operating under an alias trying what? to tell us something? I remember the first time that guy popped up and Eric was like, what the fuck does he think he's doing? Eric thought it was somebody off? fucking with him. He did. This <laughs> week and why – I'm crazy enough. I thought that I was doing reviews like, you know, with, I was blacking out. And other person oh, was coming out and doing it. Yeah. This week and why I hate LeBron James. LeBron James. And my, there's my soundboard, Eric. In his new house in L.A., he has a giant crown statue uh, in his own background. What a tool bag. He is the king. LeBron James. There you go, Eric. LeBron James. I'm going to do it, too. Books. Uh, you, if I had the money to have a big crown statue, I don't even yep. know what that means. I want it. I'm freaking, I'll rub against that thing every night. Books, Justice League. I always have to read this book very slowly and with a Red Bull in hand to make sure i getting everything that goes on. I'm not sure I under, totally understand it at the time, uh, at the moment, but I do enjoy the concepts at play and love the art and characters involved. My one beef right now is, is I find it weird Joker had a chainsaw in hand that didn't hurt Hawkgirl much with it. We talked about that a little. He's some only knocked her out with the chainsaw in his hand. Well, that's kind of what Lex told him to do. And like Eric said, for once, he actually followed the plan. Yeah. This might be the book I'd look forward to the most the moment besides Red Hood. I guess you could call me a Scott Snyder stan. Stan, Eric. A stan? Batman. I learned about stan. that. I don't know what that is. What is that? Get your decoder ring out. 
I don't need that. Batman. Believe it or not, I'm not using this spot to talk about how shitty Batman number 53 was and how much I hate Tom King on Batman. Instead, I've been reading through the Morrison Batman run where I'm currently past the nonsense of Final Crisis and the Batman and Robin, which has been great. I love it. I actually get that on Hoopla all the time. I never finish it, so I have to get it again the next month. But I'm getting through it, you know, slowly. I like it. Damien really starts to become an actual character around Dick as Batman and has a few killer lines he throws at Talia. I love it in those trades. Anyway, I wanted to see. I say he says saw. Anyway, I wanted to saw. I just finished. He sees saw the return of Bruce Wayne, and although it was bonkers, I enjoyed it and thought the Batman through time was more enjoyable than I expected it to be. Brandon doesn't come off as a guy who would like a Grant Morrison, right? No. Anybody from Buffalo. And I always heard that trade catching a little bit of hate, so I wanted to mention something positive about Batman this week and give that trade a shout out because I enjoyed it personally. You see what he's doing? He's going back to read things that he enjoys or at least trying out because he doesn't like Batman as much. That's what I'm doing on the site now. Yeah. Like a little little plug that I'm going back and redoing, and anybody can get involved. Just get I thought about me. doing it myself. And going back and doing some older issues. I actually did the uh, Detective Comics 38 from 1940 where Dick Grayson showed up, where Robin showed up, and I had a ball. I, yeah. It's it's classic. Who it knew made me laugh. then they made a perfect comic? Why continue oh, reading my comics goodness. after that? Yeah, I don't know, but I enjoyed it. And also, it was funny because <laughs> Simon mentioned something that I didn't mention in the review, and I kind of kicked myself, but he said in the Slack, it is funny that Robin debuted less than a year after yeah. Batman debuted when people seem to think it took years and years and that he ruined the darkness of the character. He was very quick to go. And in that, it describes like a slingshot. Like it describes a slingshot as a very queer instrument, Eric. And it made me chuckle. That's the way I use All it. All right. Go, uh, I fellas, go Bills. And that's Ooh-hoo. that for uh, Brandon and the mail. So, yeah, that's mail section number two. Done and done. done. We're going to go off to Chris, Reggie, Josh, Jeremy, and me and Brandon, who we just heard from talking about Injustice versus Masters of the Universe. Once in every lifetime, comes a love like this. segment on the weird science dc comics.com podcast my name is reggie my name is chris and we have a final issue for you today as we've been doing this entire month for the final issues of young animal volume two this one is cave carson has an interstellar eyed number six by john rivera michael avon oming and nick filardi so now that Team Carson has been captured by Bulldozer, the bounty hunter and former member of the Silver Age Team Carson, if you recall, they're being marched right down to Prince Ilium's dad who ordered their capture in the first place. Prince Ilium merely wanted to meet the stars of Cave Carson as an educational podcast, and who can blame him? Bulldozer mm-hmm. is keen to get his reward and take off with his lemur, Lena. Good name. Lemur, Lena sure. the lemur, right? Uh, the king tells Bulldozer that having served the crown... That should be his reward. Money is not... That's just a, you know, n- a nasty thing. So he yeah. sends, them all, sends them all off to see his son, <laughs> Prince Ilium. 
Uh, Chloe and Cave notice it looks like several large objects have been removed from the space recently because there are smudges left in the dust, you see. Therefore, they can tell. So this is a very, like, film noir detective type thing here. Uh, <laughs> they, they surmise that he might be pawning stuff off in order to pay for this army of bounty hunters that were searching for Cave Carson. Which, Chris, I think that's a pretty big assumption. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, kind of out of left field, right? You know, it's like, all right, the dust the dust might imply that furniture was moved. <laughs> How do you know it was pawned, though, really? That's that, that's a big leap. <laughs> for a specific reason, too. I know, for this one thing. It's like, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe capturing Cave Carson doesn't cost as much as you think. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, he wasn't just paying off gambling debt. He was, he was looking for Cave. <laughs> it, had to be, it had to be all about Cave in the end, right? <laughs> Uh, so Cave says he recognizes that look on the prince's face. It's the face of someone that sees no future. Or he might have gas. I don't know. One of the two. It's possible. Yeah. Yeah. People get that confused when they look at babies too. Exactly. Same strange. thing. Same exactly. <laughs> now, now, Prince Ilium, that's the uh, sentient jellyfish spooge thing. Uh, he's thrilled to see everyone, and uh, we actually only see a small piece of him here because the full, the full whole thing should uh, the jellyfish is just massive. You, yeah. you can't even comprehend it with our human eyes. Uh, now uh, he recognizes them all, even Bulldozer, who he says that he says that he died in episode number four. Now that raises some hackles between Bully and Cave. Chloe asks what ails Prince Ilium. Remember, we did learn that he was dying last issue. Um, I guess this is why his dad was paying uh, through the nose to get whatever he wants. Yeah, right? it's like a Make-A-Wish Foundation type scenario, right? <laughs> yes. you know, whatever you want, kid. Gotta die happy. Now, instead of answering Chloe, Prince Ilium asks Star Adam if he finished that song for him yet. Star Adam says, not yet, but it's almost done. He suggests that Prince Ilium tell his story, and then Star Adam might get inspired. Prince Ilium says that he and his dad were just hanging out at the end of the universe, and they got to meet various people who formed a circle of spaceships and junk around them. And so we have Planet Ilium. Mm. One day. Yeah, that's how, I guess that's how the, the big junk planet uh, became a came, thing. Came together, yeah. Now, one day, a meteor pierced Prince Ilium's uh, jelly. Yep, I guess. Uh, and, now, <laughs> and now he's awfully sick uh, in his tum-tum region. Uh, that's medically speaking, of that's course. That's right. That's a medical term, the uh, tum-tum. Uh, Prince Ilium... <laughs> boom, boom, <laughs> exactly. Ooh, I gotta make a boom-boom. Uh, Prince Ilium remembers how his father brought him the remains of Star Adams, who he then reassembled into the living version we see before us. So that's a reminder. Remember, he could restore dead matter into living beings uh, one day I wonder, well, come back I wonder if that'll come up we'll, we'll have to see <laughs> here in the final issue of Cave Carson uh, one day <laughs> while listening to Cave Carson's podcast with his dad Prince Ilium heard Cave answer one of his letters and the question he asked was whatever happened to the original team Carson which is how we heard a few issues back about Bulldozer being left behind by Cave so it's all coming together folks it's all getting tied back together uh, he excitedly said he thought that Cave could figure out how to get that meteor out of him, and Prince Ilium supposes that's where his dad got the idea to capture Team Carson in the first place. Cave asked to see some samples of the meteor lodge in Prince Ilium, and then he asked Bulldozer if he thinks he could whip up a sonic drill. But Bulldozer cuts him off, and he says he's not having any of this. He's going to go get drunk and split before Cave fouls everything up, and he does not use the word foul. Uh, mm-hmm. Cave appeals to Bulldozer, says Prince Ilium needs his help, but Bully asked, where was Cave's help when he spent 20 years as a coffee table in Zartruvian, in a Zartruvian Bordello, where he could see everything going on around him? Which I thought was pretty funny, considering. But obviously this yeah. is a uh, Han Solo 
Return of the Jedi type, you know, the frozen and carbonite type scenario, I'm thinking. Sure. Uh, he points out that Cave has never even asked him how he got free, and then Bulldozer calls Cave a loser and takes off. Jump ahead several hours where a bulldozer is drunk at a bar. A Cave Carson puppet shows on television. It's kind of like uh, it's like finger puppets with like tentacles sticking out the bottom. Yeah, it, it's uh, it, it actually reminds me of like the aliens from The Simpsons. You know those uh, the, yeah the two yeah, big with tentacle the guys under the heads, domes, huh? but they have Cave yeah. Carson like faces pasted on them. It's very <laughs> silly. Yeah, we we suppose this Cave Carson theme makes sense since you know the very planet is Cave's biggest fan. It's true, he so probably it stands controls, to reason. Probably controls a lot of the broadcasting. Yeah, <laughs> very possibly. Yeah. Uh, then Chloe shows up to talk to Bulldozer and maybe gets sloshed herself too. <laughs> uh, but first, we switch back to Cave Carson and Doctor Mark Barstow, who have come up with a plan. Now, a contained ecosystem that could break down the meteor inside Prince Helium is what they're devising. Uh, Cave reveals that he's feeling a little unsure of himself, uh, you know, being that bulldozer made him kind of feel like crap. Yeah. Uh, Mark says that Cave, you know, Mark says, you know, Cave rescued him, didn't he? Uh, but Cave points out that, yeah, he only saved one of the Mark Barstows out there, one of his dimensional variants, not the original mentor that he knew. Uh, that fellow, if you remember, took his own life. Now, Mark says he can't know why uh, that Dr. Barstow committed suicide, uh, but with a hug, he says it was not for a lack of a good friend. Now, back over to Chloe and Bulldozer. He tries to play the guilt card on Chloe, but she is not having it. Chloe says that growing up, her dad loved the bully all those years and kept him from being a better dad to her. Bulldozer asks if he's supposed to feel bad about this or something, and Chloe responds that if he ever calls her father a loser again, she'll kill his monkey and eat it in front of him. Okay, whoa, alright So, Bully calls after to say That it's not a monkey, it's a lemur So, now we're gonna try to cure Prince Ilium Uh, Cave and Barstow jammed a couple of pink crystals into a microphone And Star Adam's supposed to sing into it And that should break down the meteor Specifically, he should sing that song That somehow rips everyone's clothing off It's also a great time to debut The tune that Star Adam wrote for Prince Ilium That he finished somehow in the interim during like in the last 10 minutes of this issue i don't you know i don't know when he wrote inspiration struck i guess it just came over him (laughs) uh chloe plays the guitar for this cave is lowered into the body of prince ilium to find the best spot for ingress using his cybernetic eye naturally and the plan is he's going to plant a bomb to make sure the job is done the whole plan to be honest it seems like there's many too many points to it, right? You know, there's a ecosystem. It's a, it's a Dagwood sandwich. It yeah. really is. Like, like, how, what are we? There's a bomb. <laughs> there's, there's a sonic uh, vibration. I don't really understand. So suddenly, though, <laughs> everyone's attacked by Prince Ilium's antibodies, which are like man-sized monsters, since Prince Ilium himself is so huge. Now all looks lost, but then Bulldozer and Lana show up. Bulldozer makes nice with Cave. Uh, He admits that he was a worthless drunk when he first met Cave, and now he's an intergalactic bounty hunter. He also tells Cave the best place to plant that bomb. And so Cave plants the bomb, and they take off. Bulldozer hitches a ride on Cave's jetpack, since his own is depleted, uh, you know, from shooting these man-sized antibodies. Uh, However, due to flying debris, Cave has to let go and falls back into the explosion. Chloe loops a rope around herself and dives in to save her father, but she fails. <gasps> Cave Carson dies. With no regrets. You know, he's, he's over everything. Mm-hmm. But luckily, there's enough of him left over for Prince Ilium to remake him. Hey, isn't that convenient? Uh, Prince Ilium tells Cave's essence that he can... And, like, this is strange, too, like... 
So Cave is is still alive though, but only within Prince Ilium for a minute here. Uh, yeah. Because only they talk to each other. Uh, so Prince Ilium tells Cave's like essence that he can be remade any way he likes now. He doesn't need to be the same Cave Carson and Chloe. Meanwhile, in like not inside of uh, Prince Ilium. Yeah, like in like a in like an entertainment room, yeah, like it, a den or something. It really is like a den. <laughs> Uh, she's holding <laughs> Caves, her dad's cybernetic eye, lovingly, and she got it from Prince Ilium, who I guess rescued it when he exploded or something or other. So everyone's about to go, and the king is very grateful that his son was saved, and Chloe looks at the cybernetic eye. It sprouted little legs. And then this turns into a miniature baby, which rapidly ages into Cave Carson. Back on Earth, the gang's back all together, hearing this whole story and watching it on television somehow. Uh, Wild Dog is here, the Muldrugans, all your favorites from the first volume, they're all here. Uh, Cave says he came back as himself because he's finally happy being himself. Although Chloe points out that he's a little taller and thinner now. I know. Oh, we can't can't blame him. I can't blame him. I would do. Oh God, you kidding? I mean, I would. (laughs) I would not come back as myself. I got news for you. I would come back as I don't know Wolverine or something. But uh, there you go. Wild Dog says he would have put a gun in his chest. Like that's that's probably more where I would have done. So uh, that's a good idea too. They toast, and now it looks like Chloe's going underground to become the new queen of the Muldrugans. Which uh, good for her. That's nice. And uh, that wraps up. Although there's also a bit at the very end where, you know, Cave is getting a call from the Justice League, so there's some connectivity there, and now the respect is there, whatever. But, uh, yeah, that was the end, which was a nice ending. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that it was a happy ending, but it was sure. really very flat. You know, it really... Absolutely. The, the stakes that have been built over the issue and over even the series... Would just evaporated at the very end, you know. Uh, not that I need yeah. Cave to have been a martyr necessarily, but his death had no onus at all. He died and he came back. Everything's we, everything's great, you know. And it seemed to make <laughs> more sense to me if he would have passed it along to his daughter or something that had a legacy going on. Uh, what do you think of it? Uh, you know, it's hard enough to bring to have any kind of stakes when it's a when it's like a galaxy of the week or galaxy of the month type of a situation where it's like what everything's going to have sort of a clean ending you know yeah. with every every little planet leap so the stakes are really flaccid to begin with and this it was even below that um i mean he died and he came back was it even two pages later? No, it's barely. I, I mean, mean, it was just in a way he was alive immediately within Prince Ilium, right? So, sure, because <laughs> you know, yeah, like the next panel, it's like, oh, don't worry, we got him. In fact, <laughs> I all of his parts. In fact, I was I was kind of confused, and then I was like, and then I kind of figured it out when you see him walking through his memories and like what he can, you know, what he can have, and yeah, uh, and it's it's actually well rendered for what it is, like that. Oh, the art's great, yeah, and and just the way that that is shown him kind of going through that. It's not psychedelic. It's more like. Meander it kind of reminds me of like a family like fragmented. cartoon. Yeah, yeah, that's a very good way to put it. But uh, you know, it just it just took away the the whole impetus, the whole you know yeah. thing of it. You know, and uh, again, it's not like it's not like that's the only way it could have ended. But that sure would have been a lot more interesting than the one that we got. Uh, I was almost expecting. I was almost expecting them like the uh, like the ending of Quantum Leap, where it's like you know, Doctor Beckett never returned home. He kept leaping. I figured this was going to be like a okay, on to the next adventure, and then just we just don't see it. 
That, that's, that's what that's I was exactly. Yeah, I think that's what we were. We were talked about that, but we hoped it would yeah. just kind of end like, you know, so long. Cave Carson continues on through space, and you know, yep. come up with your own head cannon for that. And whether that, you know, whether it, there are a lot of ways it could have gone. Obviously, as far as who would be on the team or whatever, but uh, this just really just seemed lame, uh, to be honest with you. Yeah. Overall, a lot of the storytelling was great, and. When I think about the positives of this volume, there are a lot of things like uh, Mark Barstow became like a pretty interesting, if goofy, comic relief type character. And, uh, sure. you know, individual issues, there's really nothing wrong with them, but uh, this really did not do much. You know, I'll tell you, the first volume, as long as that story about the uh, w- the Whisperer, right? What was that thing called? The Whisperer? Yeah. The... As long as it was that, the whisperer, yeah. As yeah. long as that thing did go on, at the end, it was really cataclysmic, you know what I mean? It was like, sure. wow, this could be it uh, for everybody, you know? They, the way they were always fighting that giant monster and, like, having to, I don't know, run across its surface, it reminded me of like a Godzilla-type movie. But anyway, that's, uh, that's going on and on about it. Uh, I gave it on the site, I gave it, I was kind of in between a 6.5 and a 7, I gave it a 6.5. I think I'm going to stay there. I was like, uh, yeah, it's just like, eh, it's all right. Yeah, it's a very fair uh, fair score for it. Uh, I'd, I'd be right in that neighborhood too. It's just, uh, it, you know, we we invested six months. Yeah, you, you need a little bit. You know, overall, we've we've invested almost two years in sure, these characters. Sure, yeah, oh yeah. But it's just like, okay, it's just done now, and there was. It just didn't feel like it felt like just another issue. Uh, it just didn't feel like it wasn't, uh, you know, a jolly send off like you know the see you next see you in space somewhere. Right. And it didn't have any kind of finality at the same time. So it's in that like nebulous kind of okay. You know, would you buy a trade of this? Well, you know, it's interesting because no. it does apply. Uh, it does imply future adventures, like I say, all that stuff about Chloe's going to be the queen of the Muldrugs. Controlling and, Muldrug, yeah. And, and, you know, if Cave's getting call for advice from this from the JLA, that's something, obviously. But uh, you, you get the feeling this is all, it's just like, all right, let's go into our boring work-a-day lives, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, like, fun's over, now we just got to go, I got to do, like, IT work for the JLA, JLA Watchtower or something, so... <laughs> Uh, Carson has a mundane eye. <laughs> Maybe that's the next the next volume. Yeah, Cape <laughs> Carson has a blue collar eye. But uh, yeah, that there it is. That ends that one, and I would not get a trade of that to be honest with. Ah. Uh-huh. I don't know. You know what I mean? Half price, maybe. Yeah. I, you could. You might push maybe. me to get one half price because the art really is cool, and uh, sure. you know, it's it's these are a cool bunch of characters. You know, just because I want a little bit more out of them does not make this like a you know, avoid at all costs type of comic. It's definitely sure. not like that. It's just sort of like, eh, I just hope for more, didn't get it, and uh, maybe other people have lower hopes than I do, and that's good. <laughs> but anyway, we got, we got to have one more coming up, one last salvo from the Young Animal team. What's that, Chris? You know, if if two years ago you ever, I, I was ever going to say, Mother Panic, you're our only hope. Yeah. Really? <laughs> I never would have imagined it. Yeah. But, I'm, uh, next I'm week looking is, forward uh, to this, sure. Yes, yeah, it's Mother Panic Gotham AD number six to wrap up that series and the imprint. Um, but we have news. Uh, oh, boy. Wow. Now, found by some... <laughs> somebody looking in the uh, most recent issue of Eternity Girl that we discussed last week. Now, this is this appeared in the printed copy. It did not show up in our comps, so uh, we were not able to report 
report this last week, but we will report it today. It's a letter from Gerard Way, and it says, As we roll into the sixth issues of the original core books of the line, Young Animal is going to be winding down and gearing up for new releases for you next year. Oh? <laughs> Probably not. Wow. But, <laughs> he continues, Currently, Team Doom Patrol is working on its next arc of stories, and we're getting them in early so we can get them right. Patrol will return much bigger and weirder than ever when we land on issue 13. In the meantime, you have issue 12 to tide you over. No, we don't. Uh, which is a very special issue of Doom Patrol, giving the Reynolds family an adventure of their own, drawn by Dan McDade. Lots of childhood memories playing fantasy RPGs were tapped in making this issue, and the team is really proud of it. Isn't that great? Well, isn't that nice for the team? Uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely <laughs> it's definitely Gerard Way. Like you know, when I first I literally yeah. first saw this, I saw a snippet someone put up on Twitter. I don't know where it was really from or what, but uh, Chris was able to find that page in the printed edition of Eternity Girl. And I bet it's been in uh, it's in every issue this month of all the young adult Probably, comics. Yeah. I would I would guess, and uh, I will believe all this stuff when I see it, folks. I'm not holding my breath, and maybe not even then. <laughs> And not even that. I may not even believe it. I have no faith in, especially especially Doom Patrol. I have no yeah. faith in any kind of regular, you know, output or anything that's going to be he's, satisfying. He's talking about an issue two issues away. I know it's unbelievable. You know what I mean? It's like we haven't even seen this <laughs> mythical he might issue say twelve, to issue fifty. What a what yeah. a what a debacle! You know, really, this is you know how many sure. how many chances do you give this series to? Issue six was a Mike Allred. Now issues twelve yeah. is going to be a, like a little you know a side story. It's like just hang it up, dude. You know what I mean? Like you you you, you, you messed up. Yeah. You messed up. Just take it, take it like that. You messed up, and you know, regroup, come back to another another thing another day. But uh, whatever, they'll give him a hundred tries. I'm yeah. sure. That what do they care? Oh, at least, yeah, at least. But uh, that's all we got. Believe me, that's just sort of the news is really just sort of for information purposes. If those comics exist, we'll talk about them. But we have no plans of doing anything really special. (laughs) Trust me, we you know when we see them, we will react to them and not before. Uh, But I think that's all we got from this week, Chris. Got anything else for him? Oh, that'll do it. Well, until next time, folks, I want you to keep it young and animalistic. See ya. What's up, everyone? Josh Vermillion here. I want to welcome you guys back for another week of Vermillion's Visions. Now, I know I go through this every time, but you guys know what I like to do over here on Vermillion's Visions. I want to bring you guys a review of a trade, not from one of the big two, DC, Marvel. Try to go with some of the other companies. Ends up being a lot of image books, I know. I know, it's a lot of image, and this week it's going to be yet another book from Image Comics. It's going to be Postal Volume 1, the first four issues of the Postal series, Written by two of my two of my personal favorite writers, Brian Hill and Matt Hawkins, um, and got an art team of Isaac Goodhart, Betsy Gania, and Troy Pateri. Um, so I'm just gonna jump right into it here. I know I said last week that I had something a little bit different, a little bit 
bigger coming down the line for this week, but that's actually going to be pushed back just a little bit. Some, you know, things came up this week. Didn't really have the time to go into um, the the bigger thing like I wanted to, but that is going to be coming down the line here pretty soon. Um, but for now, just going to dive right into Postal. So it takes place in a small town called Eden, Wyoming. Uh, the population on the town sign is actually blacked out, which I thought was a little bit weird and a little bit strange, but it's blocked out or blacked out. Um, but it starts out with some some narration about the Garden of Eden and the, the serpent in the Garden of Eden. Uh, then turn the page and there is actually a preacher standing there in a church holding a gun. The preacher is talking about how Adam should have uh, hunted the serpent down in the garden. Um, you know, in the story of the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, uh, how Adam should have hunted the serpent down and killed it. And there's a man standing there looking all beat, beat to hell right in front of the congregation. And the preacher says that they have a serpent amongst them. And then he holds the gun up to the man's head. Um, so before we see what comes of that, though, we're going to flash back to 24 hours before this. And we get introduced to our main character here, Mark. And he is uh, the, the town mailman. He works at the post office. And that's where you get the, uh, the postal title. Um, and Mark has Asperger's syndrome. So he's a little bit different from the other people in the town. Mark likes everything a certain way in its place and how it should be. And Mark Mark sees things that, that not everybody sees. You know, he notices all the little things. Um, for instance, he, he goes to eat at a diner at noon. Uh, as he says, when lunch should be eaten, but can't eat his burger because the fries are touching the bun. And, you know, nothing can be touching for him to eat it. Uh, the chef that works there, he's not about to remake this burger. But then Mark's usual waitress... Uh, waitress named Maggie, she comes in and she does it the right way. She recooks the, the meal and she sits down to talk with Mark. So Mark seems to be closer with Maggie than he is with pretty much anybody else in the town. And he even remarks in the narration, uh, he wishes that she wanted to have sex with him, but uh, she, she do, he doesn't say that out loud. She told him to say things three times in his head before he says them out loud. So he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to say that to her. So as they're talking, a big Native American guy who they they literally call him Big Engine, uh, he walks in carrying some fish that he caught uh, that he wants them to, to cook up for him. Later on, Mark, uh, he goes out to see Big Engine at his camp. So when Mark was delivering the mail, um, he sometimes has to rewrite some letters that get damaged in the mail. Uh, so he rewrote a letter and he delivered it out to... Um, to one of the people in the town, and the guy had red mud on the tires of his truck, and Mark noticed that, um, and so he goes out to see Big Engine, and he wants to know where the the red mud would have came from, because in this letter, it was a letter from a doctor saying that he can't give this guy uh, any Sudafed anymore, um, and Mark thinks it's for his allergies, so Mark wants to, to bring some allergy medicine to this guy, so... Uh, Big Engine, he points points Mark out of town um, and says he'll find the clay they, out there, you know, out by the factory. Uh, and then for one page, we get a little bit of a peek at a little bit more about the town. So we're introduced to Mayor Schifron, who is, uh, it's actually Mark's mom is the mayor, but she is sitting in her office at her house uh, giving giving a talk to a man 
about how all of Eden's problems are dealt with internally, and people only come to Eden when they're on their last chance because Eden was formed out of a bunch of criminal, a bunch of past criminals looking for a for a restart. So there's no crime in Eden. They don't let they don't let people get away with any crime. There's nothing there. So this new guy that's coming in pretty much needs to watch himself because you know he may have a checkered past, but once he comes here, he that 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 shit gets left. So um, yeah, she's giving him that speech, and Mark is just kind of waiting out there for her. Um, so after she comes out and is talking to him, Mark uh, remarks through the narration that she he's pretty sure that, that his mom hates him a little bit. Um, and she does seem to be pretty short with him, and later on in the book she is kind of an asshole to Mark. But um, yeah, he, he, he realizes that, that she doesn't really like him. Uh, but he came to place came to her place to borrow the dirt bike, so he asks her for it, and then he, he takes off on the bike. And he heads out of town in the direction that Big Engine points him, and uh, he finds a place where the guy from earlier, his name's uh, Daniel Messersmith, is parked, and that's where he got the red mud on his tires. And he he peeks in through through a hole in the shed, and uh, he sees Daniel and some other people from the town inside. Uh, they're they're making meth. That's why he needed the uh, all, all of the allergy medicine, all of the Sudafed. They're ma- they're making meth in there. Um, so Mark is watching this through a hole, but he gets caught by one of the guys, and the guy is wearing a bag over his head, uh, but Mark is real good at picking people out, so he kind of knows who this guy is anyway, uh, since, like I said, he notices all the little things, but um, this guy catches Mark, and Mark takes off because the guy has a gun, and the guy uh, lets off a shot and actually hits Mark a little bit, so Mark goes to the one place where someone he thinks might be nice to him, the diner, to get help uh, from Maggie. So Mark is bleeding, uh, and it hit him in the shoulder, but it, it was it was a gun with, like, rock, rock salt um, instead of a shotgun shell. So he's, he's going to be fine, but, um, yeah, it, it still hurts just a little bit there. Uh, so Mark, he goes home, and he tells his mom that uh, and the, the sheriff about about this Daniel guy making the drugs, so Mayor Schifron tells the sheriff to call the reverend and arrange a town meeting, um, and that's kind of where we got the uh, the scene from the very beginning of the book. So at the meeting, the reverend the reverend vanquishes this serpent that is in their Eden, um, and when Mark walks outside, as soon as it's done, he freaks and uh, he yells for his mom to come out right away. When she gets out there, she's you know, she's like, what the hell is going on? There is a, uh, there's a woman out there wrapped in a sheet, um, laying dead on, on the sidewalk. Um, and the issue actually ends with the, with the town gathering around this, this dead body and Mark saying that he wants to figure out which of the 2,198 people in town did this. He wants to know how this happened. Um, so as the, as the, the next three issues, the rest of the trade progresses there, are definitely some big reveals in the mystery. It gets pretty deep in there. Um, it gives you little bits and pieces as you go along to kind of to kind of keep you wanting to read it. Um, but it, it is a pretty good mystery as to what is actually going on. Um, and I, I really enjoyed the story, although I think that this trade could have been a little bit longer. I mean, it's only four issues long, and it was pretty much all set up and kind of introducing you to this town and you know, setting up this mystery of what's going on, but it doesn't really resolve anything by the end. Um, so I think, I don't know, I guess I would have just liked a little bit more resolution and a little bit more from it. Um, but the, 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 the storytelling is, is 
so good. I mean, Brian Hill and Matt Hawkins are, like I said at the beginning, they're two of my favorite writers. So them together on a book, I, I'm definitely going to like it. And the art, the art is really good. It's clean art. And I especially liked um, the panel progression. It's nothing spectacular or over the top or groundbreaking, but it's just really clean. And I think uh, the panel progression, now I don't know if this was in the script to put the panels a certain way or if the art team, um, if they arrange their own panels, I don't know how, you know, Brian Hill and Matt Hawkins, how, you know, demanding and, and strict they are with their scripts. But uh, whoever came up with the panel progression and the way that it told the story did a really good job, whether that was those two or Isaac Goodhart or whoever. But yeah, it looked really good and it, it, it just added to the the good story that's already being told. Um, you know, the dialogue and the writing is all really good and then that just helps so much more when the art uh, can tell part of that story and the, yeah, like I said, the art was just looked really good. Um, like I said, nothing super spectacular in the art or the panel progression or over the top or like mind-blowing. It's just solid all the way through and I I really really liked it there was only like one panel that I thought was just a little bit off but other than that everything looked really good and I had a good time reading this like I said I do wish it would have been a little bit longer but I think it's as really well written and it's setting up a really cool story and you know I, I said it a couple of times I love Brian Hill's writing I love Matt Hawkins writing so I definitely want to uh, kind of continue this story and see where it goes from here. Uh, but that pretty much wraps things up for my review. I guess I haven't given a score yet. Um, for me, it's like a like a 8.2. We'll go at 8.2 out of 10. I was going to go 8.5, um, but just the fact that it's only four issues and you don't get a whole lot of progression, um, it's a lot of setup there. Um, that kind of drops it down a little bit. I don't want to go too low, so... I'm sitting at right about an 8.2 for it, but it definitely is a good book, and if you're willing to pick up multiple trades and keep reading it, I would say this is one that, that most people out there would enjoy, especially if you're a fan of Brian Hill or Matt Hawkins or both of them. Um, but yeah, that like I said, that pretty much wraps things up here, so I want to remind everybody to head over to patreon.com slash weirdscience, support if you can, get so many, so many wonderful extra shows. Um, yeah, definitely go support them. If anybody has any recommendations on books, uh, hit me up in the Slack chat or on Twitter and send over those recommendations for me uh, so that I can add those into the queue to to be next up on the docket for for the segment here. Um, and I am going to try to do the, the the little bit bigger thing that I that I had talked about last week. I'm going to try to do that for for next week. So hopefully. I'll find some time to to get that done and get that out there to you guys because I'm pretty excited about it once I when, once I'm able to to get going on it I'm pretty excited so yeah like I said that wraps things up here so I want to thank everybody so much for tuning in and listening to me go on and on um, so yeah that I'm gonna send it on back over to Jim and Eric thanks again guys. Hello, I hope you are doing well, whoever and wherever you are. Uh, my name is Jeremy, and I am here to talk to you about 
The Wildstorm issue number 16. So without any further ado, let's get straight into it. It is, of course, written by Warren Ellis. Art is by John Davis Hunt. Uh, the colours this time round are by Brian Bucciolato, not Steve. Uh, letters are by Simon Boland. The cover price is $3.99, and it is, of course, published by DC Comics. The expansion of the Wildstorm universe continues apace this issue as John Lynch's road trip brings him into contact with possibly the weirdest and creepiest Project Thunderbook alumnus yet. And elsewhere, Angie Speaker finds a new friend on the internet. Well, it's all about connecting people, isn't it? Let's dive in and see how they get on. I would start, actually, with Angie, uh, which I'm quite glad about, really. Uh, We've not seen Angie uh, for a while. It would appear that what she's doing uh, is... Uh, sort of trying to integrate the uh, the machine telepathy uh, that they uh, the wild Jacob Marlowe's wildcat uh, acquired from IO's Hightower facility way back in issue twelve, and she's now trying to sort of incorporate that technology into her her hard suit, her or, or she calls it a dry suit, which is a is something that is. Uh, again, it's IO Tech, and it's it's a suit that basically ex- extrudes from her skeletal sort of system, a skeletal structure, and uh, forms some kind of armor around her body. The machine telepathy, it would appear, um, and we we kind of see it in action uh, in the first few pages of this issue. Uh, the machine telepathy would seem to uh, allow her to control the suit's functions directly with thought, uh, as opposed to, I guess, pre-programmed instructions or whatever. Um, Whatever is the case, it makes the whole thing work uh, a lot more efficiently. And as we see later on in the issue, uh, that has sort of quite profound implications for the way uh, her body works now with the dry suit in it. Um, so in, in terms of, uh, of sort of the, the kind of original Wildstorm universe, this is much more, uh, this is much closer to the way, uh, her body works in the authority. Um, so it's, it's kind of an interesting sort of progression. It's quite an important progression as well. Uh, the artwork here is, it has to be said, pretty damned amazing. There's a double page spread here of sort of the internet, um, which is, it's almost, uh, impossible really to adequately describe. I think it's something that you're going to have to kind of see for yourself. It reminds me when I was a kid, and I don't know whether there are any, I don't know whether this was available in the States. Um, and I can't remember what it was called. Uh, but the, as when I was a kid, there was a, uh, there was a kind of a, a sketch, uh, set that you could get, which had kind of, um, uh, sort of these little plastic, uh, sort of flat cogs and you could put the pencil in these cogs and the cog would if you followed the cog around as it went round the inside of a larger cog it made these kind of in, uh, intricate circular patterns uh, and and intricate sort of curved patterns and it reminds me of this what what davis hunt has has, has done here uh, reminds me of that we, we sort of got got sort of parallel 
curving lines and also some parallel straight lines and what have you it, it's all very kind of it's beautiful is what it is it's, it's very kind of intricate and uh and impressive uh and you see sort of presumably kind of different nodes of information and that kind of thing it is it is pretty badass actually um so angie quite understandably is very excited about that and she uh, basically uh, catches the attention of Jenny Mae Sparks, who is still uh, sort of holed up with Shen. Now, there's no sign of Jack Hawksmoor here. I, I'm kind of assuming he's still hanging around. I, I don't know. Uh, it's not really an issue this this time around. Uh, the, the main focus of this is the conversation between Jenny and Angie, which takes place in... Uh, in kind of virtual space, I suppose. And it, it's, it's done pretty well. And, and it's kind of, I said this in the review on the site. It's actually quite touching that, that they, they strike up a kind of an instant rapport more or less straight away. Uh, it would seem that they kind of implicitly trust one another. There's, you know, Jenny offers to help Angie and her offers to get Angie out of, uh, out of Jacob Marlowe's building if, if she wants to go. Um, and there's, it's, it's just, it's, it's kind of nice, basically. Uh, cause normally in this series, when people meet one another for the first time or the first time in a long while or whatever, uh, it's usually quite tense and very often leads to violence. And that isn't the case here. It's, it's quite, it's just kind of nice. It's a it's a nice kind of genuine friendship that they've struck up, and and Ellis does a really good job of kind of presenting the characters of both girls here, um, in a really sort of naturalistic and unforced way, and I I kind of like that. It's it's good. Their dialogue's really 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 good. That's it's good writing. Uh, then we move on to. Uh, I suppose our uh, centerpiece of the issue, which is uh, John Lynch uh, meeting up with Gloria Spaulding, who in the original uh, Wildstorm continuity is the mother of the girl who eventually becomes Freefall in Gen 13. Now, there's an interesting... Uh, there's an interesting kind of reference here to that, uh, which is that um, Spaulding herself refers to herself as part of the 12th generation of these kind of implanted uh, creatures or implanted uh, heroes. Uh, now, Spaulding is essentially used as a uh, as an assassin. Or she was used as an assassin, I should say, by Project Thunderbook. So she's got these skills that are, are basically uh, kind of covert. It, it, she obviously is able to defy gravity, um, she is able to do essentially whatever the hell she likes, it would seem. Uh, one of the interesting things that, um, that comes out of this conversation, uh, there are a couple of things really. Um, one is that just like the other, uh, Project Thunderbook, uh, subjects we've, we've seen already, um, she has had this compulsion to have a child. Uh, but once she had the child, she can't be bothered having anything to do with it. Uh, so that, that seems to be a very, uh, that, that seems to be a kind of a recurring theme. And clearly there's, there's kind of a, an alien sort of reproductive compulsion at work here. Uh, and that's, that's quite interesting. The conversation between her and Lynch is, is kind of unsettling, kind of disturbing. Um, 
the artwork is great as well and the artwork goes along with that uh her hair is kind of it's not long but it's it's kind of long enough for it to kind of form strands that kind of stream out behind her because she clearly has some kind of control over gravity or whatever uh, and there's a nice double page spread actually of uh, sort of Lynch looking up at her in the center uh, top of the at the page and she's kind of it, it the effect is almost like she's kind of spinning around him high above him uh, sort of almost kind of constantly moving um while he stands stationary it's quite it's quite a nice double page spread uh, and again a little bit like last issue um the the page layout really adds a lot to that that that's that idea of kind of sen- that sensation of moving it's it's very good basically spalding says well i guess i'll have to disappear lynch obviously lynch has been going around basically kind of checking up on on the project thunderbook people um and clearly does feel a sense of kind of responsibility for them which is which is quite interesting um but she basically uh leaves and the whole house kind of collapses around lynch uh lynch just gets out in time the last we see of Spalding is of her kind of ascending into the clouds, and there's this this sort of um, this kind of gap in the clouds is is formed uh, presumably by her, and she kind of ascends into it and sort of disappears from view. It's a very uh, well, it's a very dramatic image. I, I, I would suggest it's probably the image of the of the issue actually. Um, then we're back to Angie again, and Angie's talking to Cole Cash. Uh, it's been a while since we've seen Cole. Uh, Cole explains to her how bullets are made, uh, which I'm pretty sure is something that, that she could have found out on the internet, um, which she has just accessed. But, but I, I get the fact that she feels a kind of a kinship with Grifter, because Grifter's, of, of all the wild cats, Grifter is the human one among them. Um, as Kanisha, Colt, and Emp uh, are not human. And I think that it's interesting that there's this kind of connection between the two of them here. Um, and basically, you see at the end that the last two images of the, of the issue is of uh, Angie... Uh, forming a kind of weird glowing metal glove over her right hand, which then sort of changes and becomes a gun. And she says, pull apart the bullet, then pull apart the gun. Let me scan it all. I'm done hiding. Uh, so that's kind of interesting. She's about to do something, which is which is fine. Um, I gave this an issue a 7.6, which is kind of low for me. I, I, I do like the Wild Storm. I, I'm, I'm having some concerns, though. Um, the, the concerns I'm having, as you've probably noticed from listening to this uh, very quick run-through of what happens in the book, there's, uh, there's not a lot that happens in this issue. What does happen, it's interesting from a, from a character point of view, but it doesn't move the overall plot forward uh, in as much as we have an overall plot. And I'll talk about that that's a little bit more in a minute. But it doesn't move it forward one iota, really. Um, Lynch is doing what he's done in the last three issues, which is gone and visit a Project Thunderbook member. 
uh, and he doesn't fight this one, uh, which is fine. Um, but the despite the kind of um, sort of underlying uh, discomfort of the conversation between him and Spalding, the, the, there's not an awful lot that really happens with that, nor is there a great deal of additional information that we don't already have or couldn't have worked out from... Um, you know, with with just a little bit of thought, and that concerns me a little. Uh, similarly, you've got a uh, that that centerpiece, that that central section of the uh, the book is bookended with uh, two you know, pretty good character interactions between Angie and someone else, which is fine. Um, but again, they're, they're fairly pleasant interactions. They're fairly, they're fairly friendly interactions. That's fine. I've got no, they're beautifully written, really, really well written. Um, but again, it's, it's not exactly riveting stuff. And I think, and I said in some of my review on the site, there's just a sense here that the series is spinning its wheels a little bit. When you tie in the fact that um, there's going to be a two-month delay between issues 18 and 19. Well, there would have been a one-month delay anyway. And I think the um, the demands on Davis Hunt's artwork, um, I, I don't really mind an extra month's delay, to be honest with you, an extra month's gap between between issue 18 and issue 19. That's that's fine. The series is, finish, is, is scheduled to finish with issue 24, there are two additional... I mean, we've obviously got Michael Cray, but that's finishing with issue 12. And that's only two issues away now. You've got two other titles that are meant to be coming out connected with, with this series, which is Wildcats and Zealot. And indeed, the ending to last issue, uh, where Zealot is essentially kind of cut loose by Skywatch Ground Division. Tulsi can't enter New York anymore, but she's... Now going to, you know, the whole of America is going to be her office kind of thing. Uh, that would appear to set that up, um, which is fine, except there's no sign of Zealot issue number one on the horizon. Similarly, are we are we just assuming then that now that Jacob McMarlow's Wildcat has done what it needs to do with the Hightower base, that everything else is is on the back burner as far as uh, the wildcats are concerned. That's that's a possibility. The focus does seem to be at the moment on building up a backstory for some kind of Gen Thirteen organization with John Lynch. You've got the ongoing kind of plot with Mark Slayton uh, and what's going on in his head and and what the Carabim are doing and that kind of thing. Um, and then you've also got some kind of uh, authority-style group being formed as well, with uh, with with Jenny and Shen uh, kind of collecting superpowered individuals. Uh, all of which is fine. I've got no issues with that particularly. Um, I just my worry is that that what you're going to get is you're going to get twenty four issues essentially. You're going to get twenty four issues of. Uh, of setup, twenty-four issues of uh, 
Warren Ellis doing an incredible job of setting up uh, the new Wildstorm universe, uh, doing a fantastic job of it, and then nothing else happening. You've got the Michael Cray series, obviously, but that's a very kind of self-contained thing. It's it, it's its own thing, very much. I just think this this is feeling like a, a series that is running out of steam. And that concerns me. It concerns me a great deal. Um, I said, I can't remember who I was talking to. It might have been Wheezy on the Slack chat. Hello, Wheezy. Hope you're okay. Um, because he's reading Wildstorm, enjoying it a great deal, which is which is good. Um, it's not selling very well, and I, and I think I suppose my my concern is 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 that there's no there's no kind of clear plot going on here at the moment there are things happening but but the 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 issues between skywatch and io seem to be kind of simmering down a little bit um wildcat doesn't seem to have a a particular purpose for or a particular idea for its next move um you've got uh, Jenny and Shen are definitely in recruitment mode at the moment, which is fine, and that's absolutely fine. But where's where's the focus? Where where is the focus for the overall plot? Where's the focus that 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 kind of ties those different different strands together? At the moment, it's just too diverse. It's too uh, dispersed, if that's the right the right word. Uh, it just concerns me a little bit. It's 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 not a bad issue. It's it's. It's a very enjoyable issue, but it's it's concerning me the the overall kind of uh, direction, uh, the vagueness of that direction is uh, concerning me a little. Maybe things will pick up next time. Who knows? Don't know. Uh, John Davis Hunt continues to do a fantastic job on the art. We do try and avoid uh, reviewing one hundred and one cliches around here, but I will say this: John Davis Hunt's art is worth the price of admission. Okay, there you go. I've said it. Thank you. Uh, I think that means... I don't know. What does that mean? It means I get uh, uh, I get a quote on a trade and I get an official membership certificate for the uh, official reviewers club. Is that how it works? I think so. Something along those lines. Anyway, uh, that's me done for this week. Uh, I hope you uh, have a great weekend. And uh, indeed, a, a great week too to go with it. Uh, I will see you next time. Uh, for what? I'm really not sure. I might do a, a, a JLA jamboree next week. Actually, I, I, I feel I feel <laughs> feel up for that. I hope you're up for that too. Any anyway, I will speak to you later. You take care. In the meantime, do check out the Patreon. If you're not supporting these amazing people through the Patreon then uh, you're missing out. You're missing out on so much good stuff. And, uh, yeah, check out the Patreon. Uh, check out the Slack chat. Check out the website. Immerse yourself in the world that is Weird Science DC Comics. Uh, and on that note, I will hand you back to the guys in the studio. Bye-bye. I don't have a blurb. You don't have a blurb for this, do you? I, I just have a uh, No, I didn't. It's written by Tim Seeley, art by Freddie Williams II and Jerry Caldwell. And I know that I know your score already for this. This is probably yeah. your 
week. You're you're very excited. Now, one thing yeah, I'm kind of a little ticked off is that I ended up tweeting out the review, and I tweeted out, and uh, this week there is an Injustice Two uh, book that came out as well. So as I'm going, yep. I'm got all this stuff. I, I, I'm telling you, when I'm tweeting things, I am trying to get them done very quickly. I had to go oh, make yeah. my half kid. attention. I accidentally put the cover for Injustice Two. So I put this up. <laughs> this is very quick, though. I did fire back. So all of a sudden, Tim Seeley writes, not enough He-Man on that cover. So I'm like, oh. <laughs> so I end up like tweeting out the whole. I, I ended up tweeting four pictures of He-Man on it. Then And then I just deleted it and put up the regular cover with the tweet again. And he didn't retweet it. I, you sat there. <laughs> You're throwing shade at me. You're talking to me about this and, and being a J- uh, and I retweeted. We, we got a Jim Sub two scenario going on here, huh? <laughs> I, was, I was so mad. So, uh, but yeah, you, you really liked it. Uh, you'll see. I'm not as big as I was the first issue with this, mainly because yeah. I think this is more of a you're getting down to nitty gritty uh, He-Man things now, like the things that you're going to be loving about what we see from He-Man. Are things that aren't really with me. Like start that. going over your head. They're deep. Yeah, deeper yeah. Cut. I, I, really, the best thing I have, and and most of my knowledge is from Eric just saying things and me barely listening. I mean, you do get triclops <laughs> and trap jaw. That's funny, though. I didn't yeah. really wreck. Didn't it? Didn't really hit as much as as the last well, issue. It, it, first of all, if, if Triclops didn't mention he he was Triclops himself, I would have never known because he I needs know. that thing on his head for me to pay yeah, any attention yeah. to Triclops. Yeah, and, and so basically, this is I mean, this is a full out now. He Man, especially, they're on earth or the injustice yeah. to earth or the injustice. That's part of what I like. I like the dual stories, kind of the dual threats going on. Um, and I think they're going to kind of loop back together and, and end yeah. up being one thing in the end. But but I like I, how they're they're being played separately right now. Yeah, I, I just the the point though of having He-Man off in the Injustice universe now, you kind of lose that you know flavor and the things that we found funny before, and they try to get it back with Cyborg, and it, it didn't. Hit yeah. Them. Well, but yeah, it's well, still- he doesn't have a, he doesn't have his hair anymore. If I'm not mistaken, I, yeah, yeah, does there, he? I, I was sad about that. Yeah, so you start off and you do have Hawk, right? Hawk's there talking to Stratos, and uh, yeah, she's you know flying around, and basically it leads to her running into parademons and pretty much yeah. the apocalyptic. This uh, to me is like kind of a continuation of what what we saw at the end of the first issue, uh, yes. very beginning. Yeah, um, well, and, and she's so picking I, up the tail end of it. And it's funny. I I thought actually that doing uh, dark side. Of, I thought they were heading to Earth for some reason, but it makes more sense that they were at it. Yeah. No, yeah. no. I, yeah, I got the idea. They were going to Eternia last issue. Okay. Yeah, I, I must have just missed that. But yeah, it's very quick. But you get the name drop of Stratos. He's there. He's talking to Hawk through like the com links, and then he kind of loses track of it. Uh, but yeah, that's actually kind of a first page cliffhanger. Because really that yeah. happened and we kind of leave that uh, to go off to Earth where you do have Batman then explaining to He-Man what's going on. What's going on in the Injustice universe. And, and I thought yeah. that this was good. And I thought that if Eric was reading it, uh, this would have been something, though, if you even played the game, you know the basics. You know the basics yeah. that Superman this is kind of filling in if you have no knowledge whatsoever about injustice too but even if you do have a little bit of knowledge it kind of fills you in about the ending um that you need to know 
uh, yep. where this story's picking up from Injustice Two. So, yeah, so and, and you know, kind of here. a little bit of uh, a little teeny recap of last issue where we did see and and gives you a little more info of this. You know, the the Brainiac tech uh, and yeah. the the crypto tech, whatever that's making the one, the-, thing, the one thing I'm still confused about. And I know injustice plays heavily in, you know, alternate realities and universes is that yeah. they do have a, another Batman hooked yeah, up to that, uh, you know, precog machine or whatever they're calling it at this point in time. Yeah, and it says um, and, and, and Anthony that- mentioned how he was a little confused about that too. Yeah, like they haven't mentioned where this Batman's come from yet. It's almost as if maybe they went to Earth, or our Earth, and grabbed that Batman because if they do say like we have the, they have the original, but it is odd. And Anthony's read yeah. all Justice. Like I, I read all of Year One and started Year Two, or not even, yeah, uh, Injustice Two, not Year Two. I read all the years of Injustice yeah. One, and so this. It is weird because I thought, well, maybe I do have a, a huge gap once Injustice Two started, yeah, and, and then Injustice. Two- they had two Batmans, but it ended up being Red Hood, and Red Hood's right here, so it's not like, yeah. It is a little odd, but with that, you do have basically, you know, He-Man learning about Superman, mainly to me because they're they're going to face off at some point. So he has to know, and they have to point out where Bat- he's like, you know, uh, Superman, he's Clark Kent. He was a reporter. He was this, and he's looking at it's a funny. A reporter? Here, computer tablet here and, and, but they're like this is clark kent he's a reporter but he hasn't been clark kent in a long time the brainiac tech has made him colder more calculating so it does set up the brainiac tech it also st- sets up that whole crypt crypt tech that the yeah are wearing and saying the i mean purple stuff they, we were we were wondering about last issue the huge yeah. thing of this does say that once you put that crypt tech on you're pretty much brainwashed so if you can get that yeah. off then you know you can say it's kind of a force deal but it's not this is the foreshadow well yeah it sets it up kind of for later yeah Yeah, so that you know what's going on and i I think that tim seeley that's the best thing that he does in this where it it, first off it does seem like this is made more for he-man fans to go into injustice which is odd because you would think there's more injustice people that would because the he-man it's really through he-man's point of view here of explaining what's going on and you know, yeah. and they're they're even playing like Batman off as like kind of the dad character, like he's being a jerk to He Man, like yeah. He Man's kind of like the teenager who's sneaking yeah, out yeah. and stuff like that. And he's just a huge dude, so you know they're like, "We're going to use you. You're going to be a soldier." And then he says to Tila, "Like I'm not used to this. Like I, I yeah. can't be a soldier." And and she has to be like, "You don't understand, Adam." War has casualties and just walks away. Uh, and then that's where, and then you, you bounce back to Eternia where you have uh, the Dark Smoke Prison and the Ice Mountains that comes into a big deal because Evil Lynn's there eh, looking all, she's smirking at things. They're telling her to be quiet. And, you know, she's like, yeah, many arms are saying lights out. Yep. Yeah. She isn't, she's up to, you know, no good. Well, in the meantime, you do have this pretty quick, th- quick thing with Trapjaw and, and Triclops. Uh, who end up pretty much being broken out by uh, Granny Goodness. And was Granny mm-hmm. Goodness involved with them before in the end? No. I, see, what, all, I, all I guess that's going on here is they're either under like some dark side mind control and you know just working with them, or they've just decided to team up because yeah, Evil Lynn is, is now on this splash page. Yeah, so it's yeah. got to be like kind of a, a quick skip forward in time. And, yeah, it, it's and, just uh, 
thing too when granny shows up where and it's kind of a joke like hey you know hey you know you you were put away like toys broken toys but I'm here, good children, to and I'm like I didn't get the connection of them before of why yeah. acting like that. But yeah, you like you said, she's probably under control, whatnot. Uh, and and this does bounce back and forth between you know the injustice world and Eternia, and it's pretty easy to distinguish between them just because the minute that you jump back and forth, you do get like a solid look of a character. Like we know He Man's yeah. in the universe so right away it goes back and he stops doing like injustice universe attorney he would he does spell out attorney but when you go back there's he-man and he's walking around with orca they want to go around because he-man wants to check out the scenes because his mom had talked yeah. about waterdale and all these things now unfortunately they're in bloodhaven which is you know miserable <laughs> they yeah, go not where you want to check it's like checking out baltimore yeah really it's like oh i want to see you know my mom sits there and like Oh my goodness, America is so great. You should check it out. And the two places, Baltimore and Detroit, you know, with uh, sorry. <laughs> but uh, yeah, with that though, you have He Man and Orko, and Orko's like, listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna disguise us. <laughs> he Man looks ridiculous. Give him a heart hoodie. <laughs> yeah, he's got a heart hoodie. He actually Orko looks backpack. Oh, it's so great. Like the no, backpack. Orko backpack. You see but it's a funny kind of thing that sets up here, is that Orko's magic does seem to work better. He even says it, yeah. uh, that in this Injustice Universe deal, his, his stuff works a lot better. It, it does work. And in fact, he ends up pretty much saving He-Man's bacon later because they yeah. go. And you end up seeing one of those Superman symbols that we were asking about yeah. last issue as uh, somebody tries Kinda to. like the cameras, I guess. I just think of them as a camera at this point. Yeah, and this girl uh, tries to kill herself. And that's, again, that's a precog, you know, uh, thing. You're not supposed to break a law. You're not supposed to break a law. She knows that they're going to be coming. And it's Bane at first. Bane comes. It's like, I'm here. Jury today is subject Bane. Your sentence, pain, sounds like Clubber Lang. And then Rocky Three <laughs> ends up trying to punch. Yeah, I, I actually kind of really like this moment because for, for a few minutes, it reminded me of like, you know, He-Man having an all-star Superman moment where he stops that girl from jumping off the building. Yep. Um <laughs> Yeah, and then it leads right into the fight you were mentioning. Yeah, and then it's Bane trying to pine, and He-Man just blocks it, and that, that just that ends up like, what the heck? Bane's all... It all looks awesome, too. It's a sweet splash page. Yeah, yeah, and then we get, you know, a big fight, uh, and what's-her-name shows up then, who we saw in... Copperhead. Copperhead. Yeah, Copperhead. Axe Orko, but that's where Orko uses his magic and ends up kind of freezing him because of their tech, and He-Man explains that. Basically, He-Man explains that since they're in a different universe, this cryptech is a logical thing. It's a logical armor. and yeah, it's technology, yeah. magic. It confuses it. That's basically <laughs> how he explains it. Basically, it Orko, such a good explanation. I liked I, it a lot. You're kind of retarded, and it confused everything, but it worked. And Orko's like, yeah. oh, I'll take it. Thanks, Orko, I guess, yeah. And I, like <laughs> I really it. like This was my favorite part of the book. This, to me, was like, Equivalent to the moment, not quite as funny, but equivalent to the moment of uh, He-Man's mom mentioning Fort Lauderdale yeah, last week. That this is the best Orko's part. crazy magic is fun, yeah, yeah and it works. And, and you know, it's so funny because uh, He-Man explains it. Or uh, thanks, I think, uh, but that ends <laughs> up kind of shutting down the armor. They take it off, uh, both Copperhead yeah. and Bane, and they're no longer they're no longer uh, what's it Under called? They're no Superman longer Superman spell. 
Yeah, it's, it's basically like the bad guys don't even want to deal with Superman, no. but he, he's forcing them to, you know, and, and when this this goes off, then uh, after the scene to show Superman knows like they have deserted him. They don't know why uh, I get the idea that Skeletor kind of knows what's going on. He's not spelling it out. He's like, I, I don't know what's going on. But in the meantime, you do get introduced to this girl who ended up Regina Taylor, who was trying to kill herself and trying to kill herself because basically she says she is a living crime everywhere she goes, causing trouble for everyone. And she just wanted to end it and ended up doing it where she even spelled it out when He-Man first caught her was the idea of you idiot. I had to do it. It was so hard for me to to try to kill myself without thinking about it beforehand because they'll get me that way. And yeah, you ruined stop it. me from doing it. Yeah. yeah he says that he's like, listen, no, no, no. I'm going to save this world. My mother's from this world. It's so funny because she's there. And I know it would be something that you would kind of say, okay, but it is weird to have just this barbarian. She even says, you look like a barbarian. Yes. My mom, I'm from many stars away. I'm like, she, why isn't she like, Boy, this and you sound crazy. Yeah, just crazy. Uh, but yeah, she's she's kind of happy about that. We do go back to Eternia with Cyborg and Starfire. Uh, they're going on a reanimated dragon uh, skeleton. Yeah. See, I used to. This thing used to just hold all your figures when you were a kid. Yeah. You could like bring them wherever you were going. Uh, it, it's a pretty cool shout out. Uh, wasn't really something in the cartoon I remember, no, but uh, I, I used to have it. It is kind of holding them, and they're heading off. Actually, I think yeah. I, do, I I think Eric showed me this at one point. But yeah, they're heading off. Yeah. Dark smoke, uh, where the you know there's been trouble. You have Stratos flying ahead. They're going, and when they get there, they see there's trouble. It's gone. It, it's just completely. Yeah, the gone. whole thing is gone. It, it, yeah. it, it, <laughs> I don't know how that quite happened, but they just took the whole building. They weren't freeing just the the prisoners. They just no, they took, took the, the whole, whole thing. And you have Mossman and. and uh, and uh, Swamp Thing, they're there. Oh my goodness, everything is is that that is Mossman, right? Or is that yeah, yeah, and uh, it's it's both the gr- connections to the I green, the one for each side. For some reason, I thought it was like a Beast Man or side. I did. Yeah, it does look like uh, kind of like the mutant Beast Boy going around yeah, right now. And uh, but yeah, then there's Cyborg. He's trying to figure. They're just trying to figure it out, but they have no idea where it went. So they are like, oh, back to <laughs> back to Gray Skull. Yeah. It's we what better they get, get back to the building that actually, you know, does something for us. Get yeah. get to, then, get home. Yeah, and it, this is a really quick read because then you go back, you see that the original Batman uh, that they had, the great original yeah, this, Batman, that yeah. is kind of the you know Oracle thing that's getting this pre cug stuff. He's kind of getting a little bit of punish that things happen, and also they have these two. They have Bane and Copperhead. They know they're gone. And they can't figure it out. Uh, and Superman and Wonder Woman are pissed, especially Superman. It's like, you know, what's going on? You know, Skeletor, is there some sort of artifact? And he's like, no, no, I have no idea. No idea at all. And I'm yeah. like, you are such a liar. Such you are such a little liar. Yeah, he really he, is. He goes off then and grabs a, a and, sword. And Wonder Woman even brings it up. She's like, can we just get rid of this dude? Yeah, like, he's that, a slimy. Like, and Superman's yeah, like, oh, hey, he's helped us out. He's waiting and he goes to this pool uh, where he's, you know, talking about Hordak and all this and about how great he was. And if it wasn't for a prince, (laughs) but he's there and he he gets the, you know, he's even like, I held the orb of knowledge and gazed into the nexus of realities. And now I end up here in this crazy deal. And he's like, poor, pathetic Skeletor who will stop at nothing to have the power again. uh, He has this, uh, this big sword. And yeah, see, I don't. 
the toys Skeletor always had a copy of the sword too. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know if he currently has a copy or if he's just like looking into the pond and getting a vision yeah. of, of holding yeah. He-Man's sword, which I yeah. think is yeah, more what it's like. That's what it looks like. It, almost like he has <laughs> the mystic uh, 3D printer that he's made it. Yeah. So yeah. he is going to run that through Wonder Woman. The first thing he does, he makes, <laughs> Wonder Woman hates him so much and he hates her so much. He's going to do that. Yeah. As we go back then, to Batman and and Tila and you know Harley Quinn, all of them there, uh, they're pissed and Batman's infuriated because He Man's gone and he's like, you know, you're supposed to be here watching, taking it out on Tila, yeah, taking it out on Tila, and then uh, he's like, nope, uh, don't worry about me. And even Tila, Tila has to remind us, like you said at the beginning, he's just a teen. I mean, this is like he's yeah. had a mom's home. He's never been here. You got to realize he might look huge. He looks like a huge barbarian, but he is just a little teenage guy who wants to, you know, go around and see things. And then that's when He-Man's like, no need to talk for me. Here I am. And he kind of ha- throws, he has the copperhead, you know, armor in. But the suit, yeah. And he has the Bane suit on. He looks badass. Yeah, he does look sweet. I really like it. It's weird, too, though, that wouldn't you think this would be a sort of connection? Like, is that? He is Orko and I have a plan. I swear to God that he might be controlled. It seems like he'd be mind controlled then, even though they yeah. wanted not to put on that suit. But Orko probably did short circuit the whole deal. Yeah, it's that's what not. I'm thinking. Like when, because they were engulfed in all that green stuff. It's not yeah. purple anymore. It's now yeah. green currently. It's weird that so the, why would Bane take it off then? Because it was changed. You know, you would have thought he just went, eh, fuck this club. Yeah. Deco. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really think about that. I was. I was more just like, yeah, it's not. It's not the purple stuff yeah. anymore, which kind of I mean, identifies the bad yeah. guys. Yeah, I. I yeah. just thought that he got the uh, the suits just to come back, so that because the what's it called, the copperhead's still purple. It's still the purple, and he has his on. That's the green. It's very yeah. odd. Bane is actually now that I'm looking back, Bane's suit is green as well. Well, I guess that's kind of just like the Venom green. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Why it's not controlled? Maybe it's that he's maybe because he doesn't have the gimp mask on. (laughs) First deal, maybe. But I I just thought that they were going to come back with these outfits to like kind of you know rework the thing and see how yeah, like pull the sensor off, yeah, and sneak in, and and pretty much know how to shut down all the rest of them. But it is a badass deal. This has to be continued. Uh, Yeah, I liked it. It's just this to me. it, It was more of a setup deal. And I like the humor in the first, but you're right. There was some humor with Orko. It was good. And I swear, I hope that Orko becomes a big, like, I hope that he becomes one of the most powerful wizards in, in this universe. <laughs> and then when he goes back to attorney, he's back to just stupid Orko. Even at yeah, one point, just you know, again. I did like the line too, because they, they get, they come out and they're in Bloodhaven. Like, I don't know. They call this Bloodhaven. And Orko looks at these two people who look so miserable. It's like, they, they look like man at arms when he's told that I have to work with them. <laughs> like, yeah. That was a great line. That was a good yeah. One. yeah, it's good still. I still like it. Uh, I would say if you're interested in either property, uh, it, it's it's a good deal to go and, you know, read. And But what did you give this one? Yeah, I, I gave it the same score. I gave issue one. I, I kept it at a nine. Like I, I found enough humor moments in it and, and enough action mixed in throughout. And, and, you know, the, the few moments I really enjoyed, like the splash pages and the, the He-Man versus Bane fight, you know, are, are just things I really look forward to when I pick up these He-Man crossovers, you know, wondering who he's going to take on next. And 
and then they got a few toy callbacks mixed in there and stuff yeah. like that. So yeah, that it's would- definitely tailored to me. It's it's more up my alley, and you know Eric should definitely pick it up and, and check it out and read it. Uh, I don't think he'd be at a nine. I think he, he'd pick it apart and be at like a seven point five or eight. Yeah. But that's still um, good for Eric. You know? I'm at an eight. I'm I'm between an eight and eight five. I'm I'm gonna go eight. Uh, because it just this seemed more tailored for a fan. I, I actually think that Eric would have been like an eight eight five. I, but you're right. He, yeah. He's a miserable guy. Uh, but yeah. Uh, but I'm still on. I, I'm still on board. Uh, with that, so yeah, I, I don't mind reading it at all. What they usually end up doing, kind of with these these He Man crossovers lately, is you almost get like too many stories in these six issues. Like they don't really drag out any part of the story. You kind of get two different resolutions yeah, throughout. And, and with Tim Seeley, jump the jumping back and forth does not allow it to really have any downtime. You're really going yeah. back even when you just see like you said he is very good too that when he goes back to attorney at that one point they are just traveling the dark smoke at but it has that thing for you with the toys with, with the you know the yeah. dragon know where they are right away yeah so it has there's always something that you can grab onto but if you're not as deep in as a nerd as you and Eric, then possibly it's just funny because again, though, I know these characters only through Eric, just sitting there lecturing me about them. And so when you say, Oh, I wouldn't have even known that was lockjaw or triclops or whatever. I wouldn't know. But once they say their names, then I'm like, okay, I kind of know that guy. Eric told me all about him, but I, a lot of them, I've never actually seen what they look yeah. like. Crazy. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, I liked it. So I, I wonder how many people, I, I don't know how many people are reading it in the Get Fresh crew. I actually, I think these things, uh, they usually sell kind of around the mid twenties. They don't do yeah. awful. Yeah. I, I think that dancing Mike's reading it, but I don't know. I wonder if Andrew's reading it at all since he is more of an injustice guy. Well, you said he must've been because he said he didn't, uh, he didn't understand that second Batman or was that just you asking about it? Or do you know? If no, he, that, that was, yeah. Andrew Jackson. Um, is uh, he, he, he just, he commented on the review that, that I did on the site. So I didn't even get a, yeah, it might be yeah. just uh, me, you, Andrew and, uh, Dancing Mike, but uh, well, maybe some other people can tell us if they are. Well, Dan- Dancing Mike, there weren't any like political shots this one. So I think Dancing yeah. Mike will be on board from here. Yeah, on I out. think, I, I, he still was. I think he said that he. It was an odd beginning with the political stuff, but it kind of got away from that right away. And he loves, you know, the, the, the he man stuff and things like that. So now here's Eric, and he's talking all about DC. Now here's Eric, and he's talking all about DC. will throw it down his reviews are strong and sound his scores are much better than gems you'll see he will tell us all about DC so tell us all about DC Eric Shea that's me Oh, Eric. <laughs> How's it going, baby? <laughs> How are you? How are you going there? How you doing there, buddy boy? Ooh, wait. 
Uh, we are continuing uh, the books now for the stretch run. We have three more books for the night and a very small podcast. And you better be uh, very careful, Eric, because uh, the new way we're recording, I want to mention there is a kick button. You're out of here, buddy. You're oh, out. No, not that. <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, you're out of here. And now you have to go and, and rest and watch movies. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> that is your punishment now. Uh, but we have three more books. And I, I can't say that these books are horrible. No. Uh, I actually think that this week is kind of like a down-the-middle week, and nothing really has got me that upset. That's going to be on this podcast. Yeah, we have some confusion. <laughs> we have some things that we have to, uh, you know, uh, go through. You got, got most of, corner on Patreon. No, you don't have say, to worry most about of all the that. Hate, yeah, most of the hate's gone. So we're going to start, and we're going to start with what is the end. The, the beginning this of the, the end. end. And this is the end of Batwoman number 18, Eric. Should I do the whole thing as Jim Morrison? Should I, I do think that? you should. Written by Margaret, written by Marguerite Benet. Do I'm it. Do that. Art by Fernando Blanco and John Rausch. Letters by D. Ron Bennett. Batwoman comes yeah. to a close, my friend, with a few victory laps, some mission statements, and a promise. Well, oh, I put two lips on your organ, <laughs> buddy boy. Uh, for- <laughs> the correct response is that's what Jess wants to know. That is true. That is true. The mission statements and a promise for the future. There's nothing here that is a must read. But it's not horrible. Uh, plus, with all the spread pages and lower page count, did you realize that it's like three pages less than we usually get? Well, that's that the they- weirdest part about this Batwoman issue. When we get to the end, I'm like, oh, that's a really good ending. And then it has this gigantic spread page that keeps going, what happened? Why do we yeah, need to do yeah. this? And um, it's not and then, like that's even shorter amount of pages. And I said, and then it's over very quickly. There, There is not a lot to this issue. And yes, it is going to do the victory lap that we always say. And kind of the, not a, just a victory lap. We say victory lap as if everything's great. This book doesn't end as if everything's great. But it's still what we call the victory lap where they show you what had come before. Uh, but yet, Marguerite Benet, for all of the things that we've dissed her on in the series so far... I actually don't mind the way she does it. You no. know, you have this story with Clockman, and it, it's it's a Clock minor King. story. Yeah, Clock King. I'm sorry. It, it's a, it even sounded weird when I said it. Uh, but I think Talkman, you could have combined Talkman and Clock King. Yeah, I almost said Talkman. So we'll go Talkman. But he ends up. You know, the story doesn't mean much. There isn't much to it. We have Karos, which we both said before we recorded, we don't really understand what's going on with it. And that's so, the weirdest part is uh, the whole idea of this drug, Karos, that's supposed to allow you to see a little bit in the future, which is going to give, yeah. you know, criminals the edge. You're going to be able to figure out. Even the idea she says, like, it doesn't work, or if it does, people are just going to sit around and, like, you know, yeah. contemplate what could be and never what actually be, move yeah. because they're just going to constantly keep taking and become addicted to the possibilities and that alone. And by the end... Even when, you know, uh, Batwoman gets dosed with the Karis, yeah, it seems like, you know, like, you know, she, we see some stuff from the past because we're going to – this is the victory lap. This is actually the victory yeah, lap. The, whole the, idea victory of, lap. the stuff that she's seeing through this drug, the, the past, we see Maggie Sawyer. We see, you know, Sophia. Yeah, the, like, yeah the and that's year. cool. We do see Maggie. It goes far yeah. that back. So that, that is pretty cool. And but even yeah, then, you like, you know, moves towards possibilities of the future with, you yeah. know, the idea of Renee Montoya and her getting together. And I don't know if that's the possibilities, you know, and this is actually working or – it's something she's been thinking about. She does well, have, you know, she does care for Renee Montoya yeah, and yeah. would like a relationship again. So, is it like, is it her only her mental perspective, you know, pushing towards this idea or is it the actual future? Who knows? Well, one of the things that she does say earlier, you know, later, whenever it is, is basically to, to Talkman, listen, you have these people, you're making them think they see the future, but the future's not set. We can change it and things like that. So maybe she just has that 
frame of mind. Uh, but it's weird. With Tuckman, the whole thing is, listen, we're here. He is it like if you take LSD up. and you know you're just going to freak out and no. have a bad trip? No, God, I don't want to. Yeah. There you go. Off you go. Uh, it seems that Clock King – he actually – he believes that this works. I, I mean there is no point because they even say, oh, look at you duping people. You're selling crap to the they, – he ends up pretty much on board with no, no, no. Th- this is real. And then they have to throw like, ah, eh, you also sold speed. It's funny. By the end, they're like, yeah, you're also still and, a and piece of crap. It keeps both sides though. Like you never yeah, have to find answers to the whole thing. Man, all I really want to know by the end is – how did Batwoman put on her costume so quick at the beginning yeah, of the set? Yeah, she, she put it on because it, it starts off where everybody was going to attack Batwoman. And then she just gets it. You have the robots. You have all that. But everything's kind of pushed aside. There, There is a weird deal because as Clock King is saying to uh, Kate, like, oh, you're, you're supposed to be better than the Batman. Like, you do. You go over the top. You'll kill all this stuff. It ends up wrapping around to a very weird thing about Renee Montoya about well look at her look she serves and protects and I'm like it was really odd kind of uh hey look how kick-ass Renee Montoya is and I guess that Marguerite Benet just wanted to do that before she's gone because I think that as if this would have continued you would have had them dating you would have had what we get here but out of nowhere she's like look at her she goes and, and she's protecting people she doesn't kill she's doing this it was just such an odd deal but, but it, then, it was a kind of cool spot at the one point where it seems okay. like the whole idea where she killed clayface that's about yeah. you know the rumors getting out and about it's, he heard it through the grapevine that this might have been a thing so it's like oh you kill people like you know what that sword cuts both ways you're trying to throw shade at me you should be worried that you know this kind of thing that yeah, i can yeah. kill people but and, and it, it for continues some reason, while i love this line of it you know that sword cuts both ways later on though you know, but I, Mr. Tuckman, I am not a cop. I am not yeah. the Batman. I am a huge jerk. Yeah, yeah. What is and, that? Like, why would you follow? Like, and then basically just knocks him through the the you know the clock face there, and, and she she's pretty brutal with him. But that's when Renee goes in with, and that's where he starts his hocus pocus nonsense. Like, listen, ladies, it's so funny. They're there. They're beating him up. He's there. Everything's smashed up. You saw Renee just take care of everybody else, and then he's like, by the way. I got some drugs here. You want some drugs? And they're like looking at him, but they do have well, like. Kate does think about it, you know, like, oh, I'll never mess up a mission again. And yeah. he actually says, like, oh, I could see crimes and, you know, this is pretty good. I can protect innocent. Kate's like, oh, I'll never have to go on a shit mission again and, you know, all this stuff. But. They end up t- thinking too much about it, and that's when Talkman and you you pointed out it's not very well played out in the art to me when he ends up crushing up the pills. You do see a little smoke coming you out. You see the little and dust. It's like when Chuckley threw the, like, the dust in Van Damme's face and blood Yeah, yeah. and it's weird when he does that because, first off, he thinks that you know he's going with the whole idea they work, so he's kind of giving them what should be the advantage <laughs> the to take like, What are you doing here? You yeah. are actually giving them so advantage. Weird. Take you down. Yeah, yeah. It's not like maybe he thinks they're going to OD. Maybe that's the case because all of a sudden, then Kate, you know, maybe she's he thinking knows of all they this don't stuff. Work. Yeah, I don't know. But <laughs> if they seem to do something, Kate starts going into like an LSD trip about all oh, this is the victory lap, even going as far back as Maggie Have Sawyer, a little future to the eyes. And, things, and then a little deal. Yeah. So they kind of break out of that, but then they start future, Scarecrow. Them. Yeah, really. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> and, yeah, they make fun of his face tattoo and stuff like that. Uh, 
But then as you're going, you, you end up getting taken down. And then you have this weird line where bo- it was bonkers to take the book, drug dealing robots, super psychic, time traveling, masquerade mayhem. Also, maybe lesbians. I'm like, what's, what's going on? What are we playing here? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on. So they're, they're there. And this is where I, you're I just getting- love this thing, too. This guy who was at the masquerade ball who's talking to Detective Bullock, who he can't be on the yeah. up and up. He has to be getting arrested. He's not a victim. He was there to get drugs to yep. see the yeah. future. Yeah, he was. It was bonkers, Detective Bullock. Yeah. Oh, my robots, super psychic time travel, masquerade mayhem, also maybe lesbians. <laughs> it's like, I, I don't get it. But yeah, book then you, yeah, book him. You have uh, Kate and Renee them walking, and this is where Renee's like, you know what? Maybe we can try this again. She says, you want to try again? Like, forget that. Screw that. Try again. How about you want to go on a first date? And they kind of oh, leave it open. Suck, Let's not do and that. It, they kind of <laughs> leave it open to what this would be. But then you go to now Kate kind of thinking about what could be and what was and what they. And again, I'm like, OK, well, I guess they're now, showing people saying spicy KBBQ. Is that a thing? Because like, I thought yeah, it was like Korean, Korean barbecue. barbecue. I know it's Korean barbecue, but is that I a never thing? heard of KBBQ. Neither have I. They say KBBQ. I think that that was my first job in Cleveland on the radio. Welcome to KBBQ. We play all the hits from the 80s, 90s, I'm and Man beyond. Man I'm playing all the hits. <laughs> hey there, I'm Man Man Warner, and tonight we're going to have a rock block of yes. There you go, Eric. Everybody what a worm loves, with the worm. Everybody loves yes, right? Starting with roundabout. There we go. Hit the deal. <laughs> now I'm off the smoke pot like all those guys deal with. They're, they're, she's That's thinking stereotyping. Back, hey. I don't care. But yeah, she's thinking back at all the times they had together. Uh, even a Thelma and Louise looks like they're about to go off the cliff. I'm like, oh, no. Uh, yeah. And then it goes to they're kind of together all of a sudden, but then they get called apart. And I think this is uh, Marguerite Panay showing a pretty cool deal of, you know, this is kind of their work interrupting. Now, the problem is Julia Pennyworth. I hope to God that she's talking about the British Broadcast Corporation because super villain on the BBC targeting you. I, I, she might be on some sites that you frequent, Eric. I'm I know not what that sure means. about the British Broadcasting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that that's what it must be. Yeah, I hope. You never know. Maybe I don't hope. I don't know. But they're like, hey, you want to do Maybe that? Maybe there's soon? lesbians. We don't know. Yeah, we don't know. That's what she says there. And it's like, you want to know? Bonkers. Hey, we got all the time in the world. And then we go to another spread page. And that was the perfect ending. We have yeah, all the time in the world. I'm like, okay, it's over. And I just turned the page because I have a habit of closing the book. And I'm like, yeah. well, oh, yeah. that's the end of that chapter. So I, I always turn the page down because I don't want to miss out on something like it. It's happened so many times in the past. Yep. And this giant spread page, yeah, this going in and out of like time and stuff she's dealt with. They'll have this dealt with victory yeah. lap that actually makes the book boring for how yeah. it's laid out. But like how this- dare you thwart Abedonia? Eric, uh, how dare you? But this is the problem. This is where, and I'm with you, this goes too far. Because before, we had these spread pages, what we call the victory deal, yeah. where everybody seems to go nuts for them. So I'm like, okay, you know what? At least it was not just like, a, uh, you know, Kate saying, you know what? I'm Kate Kane, and I've been through a lot. And then you get the spread page. He, she worked it into a way that it made sense in the story, kind of with the caros and stuff like that. It did get a little twisted, but at least there was a reason for it. At the end, now, now you're just laying it on too heavy now. Now you're going too far with these spread pages. But everybody's eating it up. This is, if you ask me right now, because there's the whole deal of what is the Marvel house style. What's right. the DC? 
This is the DC house style now. Every book has to have a spread page that shows a history of the characters so that you can fool everybody into going, oh my God, they really know the character. Well, yeah, I, I hope they do. Well, this I, is you weird. Know. It's almost like a weird recap of this series, though. Yeah, but this if- is the victory lap, it seems, kind of. I and don't I don't know. I'm telling you, this re- this really just took the whole thing down for me from what we were dealing it with. Did just a little. The final it gets, did. I'm like, I actually started skipping through because I'm like, we just have a uh, living yeah, if you can. I see Harley there. there. I'm like, yeah. what the heck? Uh, yeah. That does not mean they did not matter. All right. Yeah. All well, things uh, you're their season. All things may in their time leave you. All right. Okay. And then you end. On. Yeah. And then you end. And really. Do not forget not- to live. Gotcha, Batwoman. Mm-hmm. That's right. a great ending right Check. there. There's much still to be done. The Never villains the on the BBC. I'm off. All right. But with that, too. Um, I'm not, it didn't affect my score too much. It just kind of made me like, okay, now, now you're going too far. But as an ending, as an ending to a series that neither me, you, or even Dan, who reviews it on the site, really like, yeah. we've been liking it a little more. I actually don't mind this ending. And I'm, I'm actually going to give it a more positive score than I've had in a lot of these because I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. Now, nice. I don't think that the art is as good as it's been. Uh, I don't think that this seemed a little bit... Uh, rushed. I, I do think that Fernando Blanco, maybe they were told that it was ending. They had to redo some things to work this, but it didn't seem up to par with some of his. In fact, it, it has his style. I mean, it's it's definitely Fernando Blanco style, but by the end, I actually had to look to see if it was him or somebody kind of aping the style. And it, it shocked me that it was him because I think that he's really been on his game throughout this whole time when he's on it. And it just seemed a little bit off. Like it wasn't quite finished uh but yeah well, i'm gonna go seven out of the ten series though every kind of like issue every arc even the arc, yeah. everything always just felt a little bit off or rushed yeah. to get to the, to the finish line but and it was never solid enough this entire no, series and this was enough. close to it for a finale for an ending yeah. but it just did not you know exceed my expectations six, five, you're going right six, no, I'm, going, I'm going to a six i was going to go to oh, a six, okay. five that last page it became a little bit overblown for what they were doing because i'm like man this is actually a very solid ending yeah i thought the art was decent yeah. but I'm with you. not really enough here. And I just really did not care for the dialogue. Kate Kane, I'm like, it was just goofy at times. Yeah, I'm like, why are we doing goofy for our victory I'm just being positive, Eric. I'm sick of getting yelled at. No, and I'm really, sorry. I'm even going to point out because as people Very solid six on the site uh, were stupid or uh, fucking stupid, I heard, and we don't care about art. I will tell you one thing that I was impressed with, Fernando Blanco, where I'm going to accentuate the positive, Eric. There is a lot of crazy ways the dialogue goes on these spread pages and yet not once did i get lost because of the way he did it in kind of a circle the way it like serpentines through i didn't get lost at all he did a very good job you know everybody on the art team did a good job on those spread pages where it's not just like it's not traditional just here's the words here's the words here's you kind of had a pattern to it but i could follow it every time and i'm a dummy we were told I was told that, that that we were fucking dense. So there you go, Eric. At least I can follow it, even though I'm dumb. Good. Uh, but we're going to move on to the next book. Not time, which, dummy. Yeah, really. I'll catch on eventually, you know. Uh, but we're going to move on to the last two books are books in the New, uh, Age, New Age of DC Heroes. That, that's the other thing. I always call it the New Age of DC Heroes just because it kind of spells it out. But everybody spells it out different. There's number one wrong with this quote-unquote, not an imprint, but kind of an right. imprint. Uh, you just nobody knows what to call them. You know what I'm going to call them well, soon? Canceled. If you That's remember, back, back when them. they were first announced, the imprint was going to be called Dark Matter, and then they changed yeah, yeah. that pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, because they didn't want Dark Matter, Eric. Matter, uh, damage number eight. 
I don't even know what to say. Writer, uh, written by Robert Venditti, art by Tom Dernick, Diegenes Nieves, Trevor Scott and Alan Pesalacqua. We continue with damage, and while me and Eric were wary of the unknown soldier showing up, he's actually the best part of this book. I like the art in this issue, but there isn't much of a story and even less progression of what little we get. There's just not anything going on. We start like- out in a hot- uh, hospital bed, and we get to the hospital base- like basement on, yeah. a- on an entire issue that's about escaping. <laughs> and it was a direct route. It's not like yeah. they stopped anywhere. We went from oh, one yeah. to another, and that's the entire issue. And, and we're getting to the point where this is starting to show Robert Van Diddy's kind of, you know, the way he's been doing how in all these books is he likes to take his time. And yeah, not a lot's happening here. In fact, you go what through. What did you what, learn here except for Super Sniffer knows that, you know, uh, Colonel Jonas was here the day before visiting I mean, someone. And, and really, if you go by the timing that they say from this. Now, again, Damage does kind of come back a little teeny bit, but I'm going with that 10 minutes. This is 10 minutes we see because yeah, this is you know, 10 Jonas says, yeah, and t- Jonas says, oh no, we got to get to him 10 minutes until he can become damage again. And it, Why it, it did was we weird. wait so long? I know. I, I don't know because he's there in he's the been, bed. He, he was, uh, it was last issue was 24 hours ago. Colonel Jonas, what'd she do? Did she go to the riverboat accident and then they freaking had to come I all the guess. way back to well, where they she said was? That the only thing that they're saying the here super is that oh, Cataract couldn't su- figure stuff out because yeah. uh, there, there was, was too, too many cross-contamination because of yes, all the victims. Was, yeah. That's all that is explaining why they didn't get there earlier. Uh, I kind of think that if I know that damage is for 10 minutes away, I might kind of like lay low. Wait till he becomes damage again, and then wait it out, and then get him. I mean, this is what happens to him. So they don't. Why, do that, why do they guy, take so long to get to that room? Though they have know. a certain amount of time. No, they, and they they're taking, you know, going around the whole thing where we were on the uh, riverboat last time, and the whole idea was, you know, this is Mister Leash's crew. Colonel Jonas ordered them to hang back until they're done because you don't want him to become damaged yeah. out of nowhere and take yep, on a yeah. riverboat. Same thing with this. It's the same they thing. They let it happen, though. And they and, don't want yeah. him to become damaged in a hospital. But a for hospital. some reason, and they, Mr. Leash's crew, which is supposed to be, you know, the best of the best, that covert oh, team of hunters. They're they the do worst. not follow orders at all. No, they're the worst. They never follow orders. But yet, Colonel Jonas, you know, we don't even really, uh, Mr. Leash, like, what is his thing? Is, is Mr. Leash, like, Above Colonel Jonas, it seems well, Mr. like Mr. Leash, somebody, I think, is like a black ops kind of that's guy. That's what I'm Black ops, it's kind of some so, kind of Merc leader. I don't and know. And that's what's weird about it is it's almost as if she can't fire them, but she should because they're terrible. And and at this point, Cable she from knows, Mother, Kano from Mortal Kombat's the worst. She yeah, she she seems to know that he's in this hospital. So why even have them? But yeah, she basically says. Don't everything you do always ends up on the news, front page news. Don't let that happen again, again, again. (laughs) I mean, it just keeps happening. They go in now. This is the thing. Do you think that she's being mean to them? I mean, she lets them. This is as bad as you missing work, and then I get yelled at. They don't get yelled at. She just says. But when they go into this hospital, why am I not at work, Jim? I don't know. They go into the hospital and they start sniffing it out. Huh? Seems like Jonas was here before. Top I rocks, smell that disinfectant. I sit there. No. And, and while they're doing it, it seems as if this is like an Amanda Waller thing in Suicide Squad where they're trying to figure out 
something they can hold over Jonas because she's been so bad to them. She's been nothing but accommodating to these nubskulls to keep messing shit up. That's all they do. Also, they're supposed to be, hey, let's be inconspicuous. Let's the first thing that happens is Handyman just rips open the, 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 <laughs> the, the elevator. elevator. <laughs> and But before that, you do have in the room, you have that. Yes. And it's such a weird deal where you do have the unknown soldier. We were afraid that it was that. And Ethan's the same, like, oh, I thought I was supposed to go to the monument and all that. And he's like, no, no, it's me. And when he reveals himself, almost like a false face deal, he looks awesome. Yeah. I think that he looks great. I think the art in this is really that's, good. That's the one thing I like about Unknown Soldier. He's essentially Darkman for the military. Yeah, he's Darkman. Well, they go and they're and it's this whole thing of, okay, Ethan, let's go. Why? Because I said, tell me about things. No, get dressed. No, please. Okay, I got my pants on. Give me answers. I don't have answers. Oh, no. Handyman attacks. And now the unknown That's soldier. the best you- part. I, like, we don't have time for this. I need to know. Do you want to take the time? I want to take the time. Okay, <laughs> we'll take the time. And it's also funny. It's like, uh, we'll take the time. Also, the, these other people after us, they're not going to take the time, even though we've seen them take the time. Also, I, we, unknown soldier gets a little- Stand there and wait for unknown soldier to finish the story to go after Unno- them. I, yeah, an unknown soldier, so uh, uh, he's a little creepy. And yeah. I'm not saying as dark man look, it's hey, I got you these pants. Don't you like the pattern? Well, <laughs> I thought he was hitting on him. Actually, <laughs> I think they're already trying to play the joke. Like I'm telling you, we had this joke all the time with the Incredible Hulk and stuff like yeah. that about you know purple pants stuff like that. That he's they always are wearing. Trying those. to do this with the camo pants. Yeah. But I'm like, you haven't earned that yet. I know. No, you haven't earned crap. Uh, what do when, we know about Dad? He's got power man powers. Hey, the there you go. And he likes camouflage pants. I mean, who doesn't? I, do you ever wear? You ever see guys wearing the cutoff camouflage? You know, short. Not on purpose. That's that's not a good look. Uh, The handyman comes in. And this is the worst. Do you think unknown soldier is a – he might be unknown, but do you think he's a good soldier? Do you think that he's a crack shot maybe? Why, why does he shoot Handyman right in the only metal on his goddamn face? He, he shoots him. If ricochets up, I'm like, really? And then he's maybe like, he, he better. wasn't trying to kill Handyman. And he goes double time. He's got a hard head. No, no. You got him right in his crazy deal. And Handyman right reminds me. face. He actually reminds me a lot of the guy at the end of Weird Science. That one fucking guy. Microphone that, face? Yeah, microphone face. That's who he reminds me of. I'm like, really? You, you don't have to shoot the guy in the metal me handyman man like, doesn't want to get caught because he'd really hate to lose his teaching job that is true he really nah, would like to me yeah he would like a, he, i think he might have the teaching job though he's part he's part man part machine Aaron. but yeah they're he's getting go away and work for his employer willem and, and, and again here's the thing to me too why is ethan in this wheelchair because he is until he doesn't need to be you've wasted time wheeling him around just to go suppo- come on we have to go part. i think it's supposed to be inconspicuous but you're being led around by the invisible man yeah, because he yeah. just has a bandage up face yeah, so bandage up. yeah no they don't and, and really why at the point if we're really going to get into it why would unknown soldier have to reveal himself that way like he uh, ethan doesn't know either way he's hey, like hey kid, i'm the unknown I'm the soldier, unknown soldier. Yeah. i take my face off but it's a pain to put it back on yeah yeah here i'm gonna put my thing back on but he leaves it there for them to find too at that oh, point no. but i see ethan is kind of he's limping around and things like that the unknown soldier is like carrying him they get to their car and then you have Ethan. All right. Now that we were attacked by microphone face, uh, you need to tell me what's going on Kino now. For Mortal Kombat. Like, like really? Like why isn't it? What is wrong with 
Ethan, that he doesn't realize that once they put the car in drive and drive away, you can, you, you, can, you can still talk. I mean, I know they might be listening to the KBBQ radio uh, with Who a rock it? block of Steely hits. Dan. I mean, they're playing Steely Dan there. But <laughs> why, why do this now? Why stop him from starting well, the car? You know why? Because he's run from Atlanta to New Orleans to St. Louis. Yeah, he has. Staying ahead of Jonas yeah. long enough to learn the truth about him myself. It's time. All yeah, right, kid, yeah. it's your clock. Here's yeah. the story of you. And, and the best is, <laughs> as he's beginning this, you see Mr. Leash's gang and Jonas. They're already, they're already in the parking the garage. Car parking garage there, so they're already there. And then it's just like, hey, kid, I wasn't part of that program, but I heard about it, and I didn't like it because I'm a soldier. I, I'm the unknown soldier, but you know. You know me, the unknown soldier. Uh, but – I don't like a soldier that's just told to do something and not and have any nuke. part of it. Don't know. And you're a nuke. And it's all that. And he's like, listen, I tried. So, I'm the one who allowed you to wake up while you were in transport. I put an anti-sedative patch behind your ear. Delayed yeah. race until you were in the wonky. U.S. Yeah, he, uh, at, least, all of a sudden, at least this actually answers my big question does. for the first ep- uh, issue. Where it's like, why the heck did Ethan wake up? He was supposed to yeah. be knocked out. These yeah, are people. Yeah, it does make sense. Like, that actually wraps around to a point where I really appreciate them answering that question finally. And then you, you get the greatest thing because now all of a sudden you Jonas, Mr. Leash, they're on to him. But you already have uh, damage talking to Ethan in his head. So he's like, oh, you know, hey the best there, thing about Ethan. this. You know, hey, hey there, Davey. His name's Ethan. <laughs> My name isn't <laughs> Hello, Elvis. Uh, listen, I go by Ethan. Nobody likes Elvis. But he ends I up transforming into – Damage, but off panel with the craziest progression of faces. And with this the, this uh, progression of faces, I thought he had turned into damage, and Unknown Soldier was gasping at him killing Mr. Leash's yeah, crew. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 it's, it's just, just a even turning into damage. And if it's that crazy, I want to see it, number one. And it's a shame that this isn't like something that Combat millions and millions kid. of people. It, it changes it, you yeah. for- <laughs> I'm telling you, this would be the greatest bunch of memes. You'd have this with the, these looks. They, they are. Some I, I half expected him to throw up in his mouth from the <laughs> Like the kind of jokey looks we were getting from the Unknown Soldier. I, I actually thought that I actually saw a window into Jess's looks while you're undressing. I'm Aww. like, oh my goodness, poor Jess. This is what happened. Poor man. And then, yeah, he, became, he becomes damaged. He's all, you know, hulked out and then just yeah. is like, Jonas. Huh, well, waiting for your order, Colonel. That was Get handyman, down. you know. <laughs> Take him down. There you go. That's it. That's the you whole have a thing. manly voice, Colonel Jonas. Uh, yes. <laughs> Colonel Jonas, it's actually, this is how it goes. You have uh, handyman. Well, waiting for your order, Colonel. Colonel. He says, he, he says it very odd. Colonel, huh? Take him down. That's Jonas. And they have a weird group weird going on. In this book. Take him down there. Uh, my, my girlfriend got it for me. That's what he says there. Hey there, my, my, Colonel Jonas. <laughs> I'm about to kill you now. <laughs> well, well, waiting for your order, Colonel. <laughs> Take him down. Jonas. There you go. It's like theater of the mind, I don't boy. Like it. Oh, yeah. Where's the intermission of this thing? I don't know. I don't have that. I don't have that. But uh, this is just the, the biggest problem with this book is just nothing happens. We had some fun talking about microphone face. But so the thing is, head. we still had the guest star of the month, the yeah, Unknown Soldier. 
Uh, but I liked him, and he's that's fine. the problem. Is also, it seems like he's skedaddling. Like he's like, "All right, yeah, I'm out well, of here." I would, he just I would turn the key on and he's get out of there. Soldier, why isn't he fighting with them? But he's well, unknown, Jim. Well, that's true. Everything's unknown. What's unknown? He's a man when of is mystery. this? When is this book going to have any sort of progression? It's unknown. It's crazy. It is unknown. It's the battle of the unknowns. <laughs> There you go. Uh, I'm actually going to give it because of the art. I'm actually going to give it a six out of ten. Uh, it, it's just ridiculous. But it's it wasn't infuriating. No. I liked all the stuff, and and I always like a fight in an elevator. That's always fun. You get and some decent the, action. Yeah. And I'm talking the art's yeah, decent, it, it and, the, and that you actually had a wraparound that made sense to give you an answer to something from the first issue, which I really appreciate. Like Batwoman in my mind, it's a solid six. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. And that that is not a negative six. That's a pretty solid six. And we're going to finish off with the last book of the night. No, it's not. It just doesn't. There is no way that I can say like, oh, my God, you know, it's must read. It it isn't. There's just not enough going on. The next book, though, is New Challengers number four, written by Scott Snyder, Aaron Gillespie, really Aaron Gillespie, our team of V. Ken, Marion Sandu, Flore, and Denis Ribeiro. And I forgot to write up a blurb, Eric, so I'm going to make it up as we go. This New Challengers continues, and while it's a little bit confusing about Uh what their powers are and what's going on, I actually love the art, and for some reason, I'm liking this book a little bit more than when it started. Though it ends with a crazy cliffhanger. I'm still going, Eric. This is still my made-up blurb. We end with a crazy cliffhanger uh, that has me waiting for next issue. <laughs> oh yes, there you go. Uh, I'm just saying, out of nowhere though, we've had these little backgrounds for our characters each time. This yeah. time, it's, it's uh, for that like the last one to join the team, Bethany. That's where we get her background here. But out of nowhere, everybody on this team have become badass fighters, and I want to know what happened. Yeah, well, I mean, you do see Moses that Bethany was in Afghanistan. Moses is weird, and Moses seems to be a key that they know. You know, the bad guys know that he's something a little bit more special. Trina, but she's an herbal, like, like what, how do you say that? Herbologist. Herbologist. Yeah, yeah. yeah she's killing people. The only person who seems to be taking real damage are the two trained fighters. Bethany. She's and one of them. They're herbologists. Is what she is. There is that yeah, somebody like, who studies the movie Herbie. Yes, yes. Or a friend of my buddy, her. I think I am that. I am one of them there. I watched the Fully Loaded. That means I'm a herbiologist. There you go, Eric. There you go. Uh, the art's great. We always mention the V. Ken. Uh, we love his art, and I continue yeah. to love it. And I th- that's the best part, including when he has Crunch end up ripping the top head of a dinosaur up. It's disgusting. Who, who does, I'm telling you, it's really cool, but the point is, like, why does Crunch hey. – like, we have – we have zombie riders on top yeah. of raptors going around with swords and stuff like that. This yep. raptor goes with Crunch, and Crunch's <laughs> idea is, I'm going to punch this thing in its mouth. Yeah, its I'm going to let it bite me. It's going to bite me, and then I'm going to yank back yeah. and rip its head he off. Up, like, he wants it to like be they're super down. strong now, too. Yeah, there you go. Well, There's a lot crunch. of progression going crunch. on with the new challengers that I am not it's aware of. It's a dingbat, Eric. What do you expect? It's a dingbat. But yeah, this is Bethany's issue. So as this is all going on, you do get, and it's the progression of it. It's not just thrown at you at one point. It kind of progresses to show, number one, that she has the worst life. I think we think that we have it bad. Boy, she anytime something goes slightly good for her, 
It just turns horrible. Uh, but yeah, she was in Afghanistan. She got captured. Well, all these she, things. she had leukemia as a kid. She her had leukemia. leukemia was cured. And then there was a cave in what killed her father. Killed her And dad. then like when she was yeah. older then, she was in a car accident. This branch missed her by a second. Killed her best friend in the backseat. Oh, that's the and worst. Like, that, going to prom, I think, or graduation. Going to prom or graduation. Yeah, or something yeah. in high school. Ed. Yeah. Speared her. Speared her. Like the All edge. of a sudden, Bethany's the final destination. Yeah, I said the edge, Eric. He did the spear. Uh, it was uh. a little wrestling comment. You didn't even get a bite. Uh, but yeah, as this is going on, all of a sudden Moses, he, he's got something crazy you- going on with him where he ends up like, hey, uh, 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 don't disappear, all these things. But he, he has to end up fighting. Uh, these guys, these zombie warriors, and he just ends up like, I can't do this until he pulls the guy's head off. <laughs> he's <laughs> like sweeping the leg. He's ripping yeah, heads yeah. off. He I think he's head off. Head and beating another guy to death with it. I'm telling you, the next thing he knows, he, he's beating up Patrick Swayze at Roadhouse. I mean, he's doing everything there. Yeah. He can do whatever. Uh, but yeah, he seems to he's be He's going key. over the top and winning the freaking, you know, the, the right he championship. He is going to go over the top. And then after that, he's going to be in that robot movie. He's going to win that too. The robot over the top that you like uh, with Wolverine. Real steel. Yeah, real steel. He's going to beat them too. I mean, and then Rocky Four. He's going to beat uh, freaking Drago and Rocky at once, and then everybody will get along. go and they'll say, "Hey, what's the prediction for tonight?" Pain, and then it'll be his. He'll rip his head off. Oh my goodness! Turns yeah, out you, after you this. Get, Moses went on to become Clubber Lang. <laughs> yes, he did. Uh, yeah, so they end up beating these, you know, zombie warriors on dinosaurs. They go back and they, really they set up zombies. Yeah, I, I guess you can. You rip their heads the off. Yes. Yeah, the answer is yes. They go back and they're hanging out. And I love it, too. They're hanging out at the bonfire uh, with the littered with heads and dead bodies and, and stuff well you have crunch there and it's like hey buddy it's so funny it's like hey camping, I, I you think don't know if you if yeah. you do set up camp like that you do want to litter it with dead bodies stuff like that because if anybody else tries to jump you they're gonna see they might jump you but there's dinosaurs there i think the dinosaurs this is like hey if you want to get rid of bears just sh- throw all your food surrounding you uh, the bears will then be too hungry to get to he's like, camper eric shea yes oh yeah eric shea he's more of an indoorsy type uh, I said, I, I, I like it here. though. Yeah, Moses is like, hey, uh, Crunch, you, you, you cut there, huh? Oh, shit. <laughs> he's, he's, uh, his arm is like, now, it's, it's hamburger. If they didn't tell Crunch that, you know, his arm is hamburger and he's been ripped up from, you know, the inside of a raptor's mouth, yeah, do you no. think he would go full on Conan the Barbarian if they didn't? I think like- so. He rips yeah. his shirt off, uses part of oh, it yeah. to rip up his wound, takes the freaking, you know, like the shield, the All sword, the stuff, yeah. The, off like, the, the dead helmet heads. off a dead zombie guy and puts it on. All right. I finally feel like crunch time. Yeah. And he says, he's like, hey, everybody said that I should have been like a caveman. <laughs> he says that. It's actually pretty funny. But he's, hey, you know, look at me. Uh, my friends think I'm a caveman. Well, screw it. I guess I am. And like, oh, man. Yeah. What? And then Moses is like, hey, what's that uh, tattoo you have on your chest? What did you just That's not this issue, Moses. I'm telling you, I was ready for him to bash Moses upside the head. Listen, mind your own business there, Moses. Uh, But yeah, he kind of wipes dirt on it and is like, I don't want to talk about the- I think that's so the predator can't read his heat source. 
Yeah, well, the dink. Yeah, really. <laughs> Predators on the loose. <laughs> it's uh, guitarist. Weird stuff happens yeah, here. And here's the thing. Again, I, I would love if he can do a Predator book. It would look yeah. awesome. But, uh, yeah, he kind of, you know, goes, hey, I don't want to talk about them because we know there was problems. So we go back to Bethany and you're starting this whole idea of, hey, I grew up. I had leukemia. I got cured. My dad died. Then when, uh, you know, my, my friend, she got killed. Then I was in Afghanistan the day I got, you know, out of being a prisoner. My mom had a stroke. I'm like, nothing. Things going well for you. And she says, you know, I just want to die. And die- death is something that seems to not be able to take care of me. Uh, as this is going on, she is hurt, but isn't. Uh, this is the confusing part where she seems to be like, you know, she has a fever. She might be dying. They keep asking it. They get well, this she seems to be run through with a sword. And then they yeah, like, yeah. You know, they rub some, you know, herbal stuff on yeah, her. Like, stop the bleeding. You, you rub, you out rub some sand in it. Yeah. And that's what G.I. Jose says. <laughs> you rub some some sand on it and then it's okay. Uh, but yeah, you go and then she gets up and they're trying to figure out how they can go and attack these guys. In the meantime, we I gotta get that little that pinky bone or whatever kind of bone and it I is. I forgot that they were there and they had gone ahead. So they had to go find them. You do see where it seems like they have it. They they went to the place, uh, they're gonna get it, but that's when they show up and it's it's another battle royale here, and that's where Moses does kind of to come face to face with another one of these guys and says you're not going to melt this time like you did last he wants answers not really any answers they to make a giant kaiju uh you know rock monster type thing a shard out of shards i don't know it, it's pretty cool looking but the whole idea of it is very confusing we do see that Bethany again was about to have you know the the time of her life. She has her her husband. Oh, her she's fiance, home now, boyfriend. back from you know Afghanistan or Iraq, yeah. wherever the heck it was. And you know she's back. She's moved back to Seattle and she's about to yeah. start her life anew after you know putting the military behind yeah. her. Yeah, and then and, you know, and Green, Green Arrow and some goons have to jump in there. Yeah, and, Green Arrow. And I thought that this was going to be more of the tie-in to the metal deal, but this is more just goons, hired goons, and. Uh, I love the way that Green Arrow looks. He looks, he looks so awesome. awesome. In this. He looks so good. And he's there and these goons end up because Green Arrow's just littering them with arrows and that means their Uzis are going off in all certain different ways. Ends up killing Bethany's husband and now she goes nuts, picks up a gun. She's shooting people. Green Arrow's she's like, getting hey. shot while she's yeah, shooting yeah. people. It's and all she doesn't even know. It's she's awesome. freaking out. And you have uh, Green Arrow like, uh, lady, no, uh, you need to lie down. She's like, I, and that's when she died. That was how she ended up becoming a new challenger. In the meantime, while this is going on, well, she well, does change the, the frequency well, and ends the up teleporting them back to the to headquarters. And we, it's we're, weird. We're, we're at Skataris, and we have this guy who may or may not be the pro- professor, the professor clone that we yeah. saw for. The guy who looks like kind Seems of like, like a two-faced dude. Yep. He's like, I have acquired what I came for and located the final yeah, piece. I'll be en route momentarily. Herring the challengers is no longer important. Finish them and join me for the end game. Yeah. Which they eventually do after a big battle. But we have Bethany there. And, you know, since they have the bone, which is like a bone of some, you know, cosmic yeah, god yeah. out of the source wall, yep. they could use this to manipulate reality like Prof was telling us before. Yeah. And for some reason, you know, earlier in the issue, we're talking about where we've been gone from the mountain too long. Our timers are running out. And at yep. one point, Bethany's timer looks to be run out. Yep, and then it's full again because she used the frequency of the bone to make it full yeah, again. Yeah, and then she used the frequency to get them back to home. But now the mountain's not working, and they yeah. seem to be like running and, out of time. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know fire. what's going on. 
And even then, when they're going, they go off. You, you do see these bad guys, like you said, use the bone. They're making a portal to where they're going. And not their only spaceship. that, but there's, a, there's some kind of dark Bethany waiting in the freaking wings. Well, yeah, of and the that's mountain. they go. Yeah, they go back to Challengers Mountain, the headquarters. And when they get there, like you said, it is not refilling. I'm guessing that maybe this isn't truly like they may have jumped the multiverse into a dark multiverse. That this is the dark multiverse version of Bethany, and that's why it's not recharged because it's not the real yeah. Challenger's Mountain that for them. That's the only thing that I makes hate sense. Multiverse. I'm getting yeah. everything that I don't like. We got Skitaris, now we got the Dark Multiverse. I don't mind Skitaris anymore. I'm telling you, I don't mind. You take a left at Dinosaur Island, you get the Skitaris. But yeah, they're there and like, I don't know what's going on. What you know? We're not refilling what's... And then you have, why? Why are you here? And it's the zombie bethany and they're like bethany. oh my goodness yeah and uh I, yeah it's, she's a vampire Sarah. and <laughs> she she said she's she is and then it ends and we'll see we have two more issues left i don't mind it's not a, something that i hate anymore i just i'm a little confused but i'm telling you i don't know why uh, you know maybe it's v ken's art but even the i bethany, love his remember, green arrow and well, i actually really yeah, like to see uh, v I wish it was green on. arrow because I of wish. the little vignette we had of bethany's oh, backstory with that because uh, green arrow looks so cool yeah and and we get yeah you know, what's his name is it javi fernandez right yeah. now that you're such a big fan on green arrow uh, you know and, and i know that v ken would never throw shade but he knows what we're talking about he knows yeah. Uh, but yeah with that wink, wink, nudge nudge yeah, wink, wink. Wink. hey there buddy uh but no, uh, I actually like Bethany's story. I, I have no, it's been very annoyed. cool. I have been annoyed with these backstories. I said to you. Now also, I told you, oh, is this all we're going to get? We're just going to get these backstories. I actually, I guess I'm kind of like, well, I might as well get used to it. Yeah. Because uh, this actually did not anger me, this issue, like some of them did before. Uh, and I, again, I did love the art. I'm going to go again. This is the section of sixes. I almost go six, five actually because of some of the action and stuff like that. But because of the, we don't know what's going on with Moses, yeah. how all of a sudden, and how well, they the end up at the team. end. They seem to be superheroes yeah. out of nowhere because now that's like, it's weird. It's like they were told last issue. All right, prop. Well, like, you know, we're looking for bones. Bones. You say, now you're speaking my yeah. language. Now I can finally <laughs> cut loose. Listen, I'm a I'm a doctor, not a zombie. Is that or what you want to do? Or is it like, you know, oh, we met the old challenges. We really have to up our game if we're going to top that. Yeah, like, all of a sudden, top, we are fighting that. and ripping the head off of zombies and raptors. I'm like, yeah. things have certainly changed in the past I couple know. issues. Yeah, they have. Uh, but yeah, hey, I might even give a nudge, nudge, wink, wink, six, five anyway. I'll go six. I'm going to go six out of ten. Again, it's not an annoyed six. It, it's a standard deal, and I'm... I'm having a little bit, but boy, that green arrow looks good. I'm looking at him again. He's brat, brat, brapping everywhere. They're brapping him. Brat, brat, brap all over the place, Eric. And he shoots his arrows. And I like the armor. I don't know. I see a blam here too, so. Yeah. You and your blams. And a thwack. There's the arrow. Boosh. But yeah, I like it. Uh, What would you give it? I think I'm going to give this a 5.8 out of 10. I love the art. It's just... And the thing is, I actually I think I like the new challengers more than you do. And I've yeah. always liked the backstories that we've been getting. And I think Bethany's here is one of the I strongest. Think I like it's it a the lot. The progression yeah. of what we're doing. Like, 
I don't know who this two-faced guy is. What happened to Prof? Are we in the dark mode? Well, we have there's two just, issues. There's just what? so much thrown here that I don't think I is a good progression from where we left off. It's just, all right, we're going to guitars. Time to kick some ass. Seems to not ass. have a lot of direction, total. Yeah. You know, you're kind of going back and forth just but to be able to tell the But there's some strong moments to it, and the art's yeah. really good. But overall, I don't care for the story that's being told this issue. It, doesn't, oh. it feels so disjointed from everything oh, else. Oh, my goodness. Eric Shea doesn't like it. <laughs> I hear that I he's negative all the time. I see on the site that every Everybody's throwing shade at him. I'm going to jump on. I want to be with the cool kids, Eric, and then throw shade at you. But no, that, that, that I, I understand what you're saying. And maybe my six is your five, eight, right? I mean, no, no, your, your six is my four and a half. Holy moly. So my 10 would be your, you know, Math. six. That's what you're saying. There. <laughs> there you go. So now if you give us six, we're done, baby. Yeah, pack up the bags. Oh, we're out of here. Where's, two, where's the unknown soldier? I'm just alone. Yeah, well, that's it, Eric. Uh, we're going to go on now to talk about our book of the week. All right, and that's it. What is your book of the week? Funny enough, I think my book of the week this week is Batgirl. Yeah, Batgirl, indeed. Mine is Injustice versus Masters of the Universe number two. Maybe I should have read that. Man. Yeah, then I talked with Brandon, but here's what we're going to be talking about next week. If I can pull that up, hey, oh, we got not a pull lot of books again. There's not a lot of books. Uh, awesome. Action Comics th- number 1002, Batman Beyond number 23, Damage Annual number one, Detective Comics number 987 ends up Brian King's run there, Just League Dark number two, Raven Daughter of Darkness number oh, seven. Hell. Oh my goodness gracious. Was that delayed uh, for a Titans- while? Uh, no, I just think we've tried to forget about it. We have <laughs> Teen Titans number 21, The Flash number 53, Silencer number 8, The Terrifics number 7, and Wonder Woman number 53. Also coming out is Batman Kings of Fear. Uh, I don't think that we're going to be Kings talking fear, about huh? that. We'll see if somebody's reviewing that on the site. And also, what Reggie about the Queens of Chris. Fear, Jim? Oh, they don't care about that. Reggie uh-huh. and Chris, Mother Panic, Gotham AD number six is also going to be on the podcast, but me and you won't be talking about it. But that is it. That is it for the podcast. Not a very long one. Uh, but hey, sometimes length doesn't matter as long as you're not talking to the ladies, Eric. Uh, we're just going to get out of here. What do we say at the end? We're not going to play the wrong turn game? Oh, yeah, the wrong turn game. I forgot. I want to get the hell out of here. I'm done. <laughs> I have, I've mailed it in. Well, I guess we're going to have to play the theme song as well, and that, that'll extend things. Here we go. Hello, weird science. Ole, ole. The wolf man. Way cool. Freddy Cougar. Ole, ole. Wrong turn. Way cool. Wrong turn. That ain't right. Just do it. Just do it, Eric. And this is the wrong turn movie. This, this is an easy one. I, I think people will get this right away. But after that, we also have a little special thing that you reminded me by just saying wrong turn. I remembered something else. But so here it is. Here is wrong turn talking about a movie. I like how the freaking uh, rhino went after this um, girl, ate him in half, and he had one life left. 
and the plane blew up and everything else. Riding bikes and shit, and I drove down a big ass field, and people were going after him. I liked how they had the special moves. He likes the special moves. I like how the, uh, you know, she got bit, but then he and all that. But yes, that is an easy one. I'm sure people get right away. But also. Tom doesn't see gender. Uh, well, can you guess? Can you guess what this is? Raised Christian, then lost the parents. He put believing to the side. Traveled. Traveled, turning like. Uh, turned Batman to God. <laughs> Real cool showing the Joker. Penguin and the Scarecrow. Like monsters of the cities. Very costly right here. <laughs> What's wrong turns review of uh, Batman number 53? Uh, wrong turn reviewing Batman number <laughs> He's going to be a part of the show just yet. You can hear the 17 million edits I had to do to get that to be any sort of coherent. Uh, oh, wrong that turn. That was coherent? Review, no, no. I, I'm telling you to get it close to. It made no sense what he was saying, but there it is. There's his review. But isn't it just as good a review as one Eric Shea's review with him getting all the shade? It seems like Wrong Turn said it's classical. So he all liked the shade. It, right? I got a lot of praise for that as well. You only yeah, focus on the shade. Yeah, I think there was more uh, shade being thrown, and the shade—the shade was no. The shade was more. And the problem is, is the shade that was being thrown was not at me. Th- that stupid idiot thought that it was you talking the whole time because <laughs> kept talking about the review. And I'm like, I didn't even write this review. Oh, we do you have the same moron. picture for our profile. Yeah, yeah, you moron. And then the guy just basically insult after insult. He he never countered anything with a. Anything about the issue. It was just insults like a yeah. fucking jerk. But Eric, what do we say at the end? Everyone have a great week. Keep it weird. And we'll weird. see you in seven. See you in seven. Oh!